Hi, it's Greg Tupper, Managing Editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, and this is a special treat for you, valued Texas Football Today consumer. You see, for the last five years, Dave Campbell's Texas Football High School Football Insider Matt Stepp and I have hosted a podcast called Tepp and Step, in which we dive deep and nerd out on Texas high school football. We put a preview episode out each week during the season and a podcast about every month during the offseason. The podcast is part of our premium content at TexasFootball.com, available only to subscribers. But today, we want to give you a taste of what you may have been missing. Over the last month, Step and I have produced our five-part series previewing the entirety of Texas high school football, every region in every classification. Subscribers have been listening to it for weeks, but now you get to listen to it in its entirety for free. All six and a half hours of it. Don't worry, there's timestamps in the description. So yeah, we're giving away our premium content today. In exchange... If you like the podcast, we hope you'll consider subscribing to Dave Campbell's Texas Football at texasfootball.com slash subscribe. You get a year of exclusive online content like Tep and Step, three magazines mailed to you before they hit newsstands, and a year of access to Dave Campbell's Texan Live, our streaming service where you can watch thousands of live Texas high school events, including hundreds of live Texas high school football games. All that for $49.95 for the year. Yeah, it's a pretty good deal. So please consider subscribing to Dave Campbell's Texas Football and enjoy this punishingly long Texas high school football season preview on Tep and Step. Matt Step, this is the first of five preview episodes of Tep and Step leading up to week one of the 2023 Texas high school football season. Is that too much content? It's never enough. Tep and Step, your premium Texas high school football podcast from your friends at Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. I am the Tep Greg Tupper. And I am the Step, Matt Step. Thank you for being Dave Campbell's Texas football subscriber, and this is probably what you signed up for. Let's be real. Yeah, this is the nerddom that you've come to expect from us because... You know, coaching school's fun. Seven on seven's fun. It's it's the chips and salsa. If, if you signed up, I got to be honest. If you signed up just because you wanted the seven on seven preview episode of Tep and Step, we like sicko. God bless you. That's wonderful. No, this this is Greg Tepper. You know when you go to a Mexican restaurant and, and you order fajitas, I do. And the waiter or waitress is around the corner, and you can hear the sizzle of the fajitas. <laughs> The, the the fajitas are sizzling right now. I, we can hear. It's like it's not here yet. No, no. It's it's in the it's in the other room. Like they got to go through the little corridor because yeah. this is an old house that they yeah. built a yeah. uh, Mexican food restaurant in. Oh, but a, Mexican food in an old house yeah. is that's what Alicia's in Alp in Alpine is. Oh yes, it is yeah, old uh, house. But it's so it's in the other room. But you know it's coming. It's coming. You, you can, can you can hear it. Oh yeah, you can, sm- you can, you can even smell bit. the waft of the steak and Absolutely. the chicken. Absolutely. Yeah, oh, because because it's preview season here on Tep and Step. This. Is your Class 1A and Class 2A preview edition of Tep and Step. We do thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas football subscriber. We're going to be going region by region of both Class 1A and Class 2A today. Mm -hmm. The next episode will be Class 3A, then 4A, 
then 5A, then 6A. Yeah, but we're, we're going to record two episodes this week. Yes. We're going re- to be back on Thursday. We're, we're going to be back on our bullshit um, right. here uh, because it is football season around here. So we've got a lot to get to in this beefy, uh, punishingly long episode <laughs> of Tep and Step. <laughs> but we will start, as we always do, Matthew, with your Texas high school football fun fact of the week presented by Country Meats. Mm, sweet, clean Country Meats. Shout out to our friends at Country Meats. Have a team in need? Country Meats makes fundraising easy and lets you earn 50% profit. Reach your team's goals fast. Use discount code STEP10 at checkout for 10% off your first order at CountryMeats.com. That's promo code S-T-E-P-P-1-0 at checkout at CountryMeats.com. CountryMeats.com. We saw them at coaching school. We did. And, and they, I I got some Country Meats. You got some Country Meats? I got a handful of Country Meats. Can you can you smuggle that? Because I know you're going back up to Canada at some point. Can you smuggle those over the border? I smuggled Kit Kats in for Cluey at Mount Pleasant. Uh, and I can smuggle Country Meats for me and the lovely Mrs. Step. In Canada. And when I bring them up, I say, hey, these are not urban. No. These are country. These are country. These are country. Mates. These are the country mates. Uh, it's your Texas high school football fun fact of the week. Matt Step. we are going to be talking a lot about small schools today. Sure. Uh, it's the smallest 11-man classification and the smallest overall classification mm-hmm. with six-man. My question for you, Matt Step. who is the only UIL Texas high school football team to play in a state championship game in both the smallest 11-man classification and... And the largest 11-man classification. Ooh. Wow. That's a good one. That is a good I've one. I've had this one in the chamber. Man, <laughs> this is a good one. The only one to play in both the largest and the smallest. And I'm, I'm, I'm intentionally phrasing that in that way. Mm-hmm. We're talking 11-man, so not 6-man. Yeah, 11-man, yeah. because obviously the... The, some years B has been... Yes, yeah, exactly. Some years has been 2A, Before 1A. the divisions and stuff, yeah. Is it Katie? The answer is Katie. Boom! The Katie Let's Tigers go. played in their first ever state championship game in 1959 when they took down Sundown 16-6 to in the Class A state championship game. It would be another – let me see if I can do some quick math – 35 years, I think? Yeah. yeah. Katie went through some rough times as they grew. Went, uh, before they made it to another state championship game, this one... In the mid-80s? In fi- 1994. Oh, wow, mid-90s. In 5A Division One. So their first state championship game, they played against Sundown. Mm-hmm. And their second state championship game, they lost to Plano. Yeah. <laughs> what a... How, how what a weird side of Katie and Sundown lined up and played each other. Today. Katie Tigers and and the Sundown Roughnecks yeah, let's played get it on. played in a state championship game against one another. I mean I that one right. I was talking trash to the microphone, kind of like Bloomgren did at coaching school. When he was talking trash to the, to the arm wrestling yeah, machine. I know. I was, yeah. You can't see me. You and, did. Yeah. Man, you nailed it. That's Thank right. You. Thank you. The Katie Tigers, the only team to play in the smallest eleven man classification mm-hmm. state championship game and the largest. That is a fun fact. There you go. There's your Texas high school football fun fact of the week. All right, Matthew, it's time to get into preview season. We are going to go into uh, each classification, each division of each classification. We're going to go smallest to largest, all the way up the chain, and we're going to be talking uh, 1A all the way up to 6A. Now, for those who don't know, we are going to... Not today. Not all today, but... Not all today. Uh, For those who don't know, we're going to go region by region, 
uh, we're going to pick out, and at the end of every class, uh, every division, we're going to pick out our preseason regional champs and our preseason state champion. Uh, so we've got a we've got a little format here that we go mm-hmm. by here on the, on the preview show. Uh, for those some producing on the fly, there's a little producing that goes on. Um, you should know um, that Matt Step doesn't do six man. You're not a no, six man guy. Not a six man guy. Uh, you've 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 got there are things that you're into that other people are not, and there are mm-hmm. things that uh, that you're not into that other yeah. people are, and that's okay. We're all consenting adults here. It's different strokes for different <laughs> folks. So let's talk a little. So I will do the heavy lifting here on the six man front. So we're going to start with the smallest UIL classification, Class One A Division Two, and you may remember that One A Division Two was won in rather emphatic fashion by the Benjamin Mustangs last year. They brought home their first ever state championship wire to wire number one weren't they wire to wire number one i do see i remember that they are a fascinating story this year because benjamin is the uh starts the year as the number one team in dave campbell's texas football and there is plenty of reason to believe that they will in fact go back to back um specifically as of the time of this recording (laughs) they've still got that guy Mm-hmm. Grayson Rigdon. Grayson Rigdon, uh, of course, was the state championship game, I believe, dual MVP as a freshman at Strawn. He then transferred to Benjamin, and he and he was a state championship MVP at Benjamin, leading them both to state championships uh, at Strawn and at Benjamin his freshman and sophomore years, respectively. He is um, – I'm going to borrow a phrase from Mike Reiner who I believe he, he, he was talking about the, about LeBron James when he was really in his prime, saying that whoever has LeBron James is going to certainly be in the mix for a, a, an NBA championship. Agree. Grayson Rigdon is the LeBron James of six-man football. Whoever has Grayson Rigdon will be on the short list of contenders. Now— we're on the premium podcast, so I don't mind saying this. Yeah, you're, you're, we're you, amongst friends. You come for a little scuttlebutt. Here's the scuttlebutt. We have been hearing for months, months, rumors that Grayson Rigdon could be transferring, mm-hmm. that he could be moving. If you don't know, his dad is an assistant coach. Uh, he was an assistant coach on uh, on on the, the Strawn team in his freshman year in 2021. Mm-hmm. He was an assistant on the Benjamin team in 2022. Just, so basically— And with his older brothers, there's a his, he's bounced yes, around. He's, he's been at— mul- I mean, I, I, like, I'm not, not a yeah. six-man guy, but I know this. You know the Rigdon, the Rigdon name. Oh, yeah. And, and it's big in six-man football, and Grayson Rigdon's the best of the big bunch. Big and controversial. The other thing about because his dad is an assistant coach, he can basically— I'm not. I am not implying wrongdoing. I want to be very clear. But he can basically transfer with impunity. He can yeah, go. His dad gets hired. His dad gets hired. You can you can go along with your dad. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That's not to say again. I'm not accusing anybody of wrongdoing. That's just the, the simple fact. It's just of the reality of the situation. Take a, take a look at what's happening with Vandergrift. Vandergrift is getting Deuce Adams, the star quarterback from New Braunfels Canyon. The reason they're getting new, uh, him and his brother Eli Adams, both of which are really good players, is because. His dad is now an assistant coach on the Vandegrift team. Mm-hmm. That is that is a common thing that happens in Texas high school football. Right now, as of this recording on July 24th, Grayson Rigdon plays for Benjamin. For us, that is enough to make them the number one team in the state. Now, what's interesting is that he is one of only two returning starters from last year's team. They get really hit hard by graduation. Does his Benjamin team? Yeah. But, but they got Superman. They got Superman, and they that, that is enough for us. They've got that guy. They've got that guy. 
they look like the favorite on the left side of the bracket on Region 2. On the right side of the bracket, I look at Oglesby. Oglesby is a team that went 11-1 last year. Uh, they, they came up just short to Oakwood, but they bring back a ton. They lose just one player from last year's team, bring back 14 of their 15 lettermen. They're going to be in the mix. Balmeray in Region 1 is going to be in the mix as well. Vance Jones is a name that is, is legendary in six-man football. And he they, they were really – last year was supposed to be the year they took their lumps, and all they did was make it to the regional final – and go 11-2. and two. They're going to be in the mix as well. I would also lump Whit Harrell in on that short list on Region 1. Speaking of which, we'll go region by region. We mentioned Balmeray. Balmeray, of course, is going to be in that mix. I love what Whit Harrell brings back as well. Whit Harrell was the regional champion last year, made it to the state semifinals, but that was a close game, close low-scoring slugfest game with Balmeray. We expect it to be a really good one again this year. Uh, I would keep an eye on Klondike. Klondike was a team that was extremely good last year, 8-4, and four, uh, a district champion, and they bring back five starters on each side of the ball. Uh, the sleeper in this region would be a team like Groom, which went the weird 6-6. Six and six. They played a very difficult non-district schedule, but they bring back a ton of experience. That's hard to do in six-man because they still only take... Yeah, two only take two. They, so. so they went into district play at uh, they went into district play at two and five. Okay. Yeah, and then and then uh, finish six and six. Um, I would also keep an eye on Amherst. That's a team I'm pretty high on uh, coming off of last year, uh, an eight three year, and then maybe Silverton. The Owls are a team that I'm excited about. Amherst. That's a one of the rare six man teams east of thirty five. Uh, yes, very 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 rare. Um, Region two. We mentioned Benjamin. They are the team to beat, uh, and they do look, in my opinion, as long as they've got. Grace and Rigdon, they're going to be the team to beat in Region 2. If it's not them and they fall back to the pack, I think there's three teams that could – three, maybe four teams, maybe five teams that could really – like there is a there is a kind of gauntlet. There's a, there's a wood chipper waiting for them if they fall back to the pack. Jayton's going to be really good. I'm very high on Motley County last year. Uh, took their lumps but still made it to the playoffs. I think that culture is going to do wonders for them. Uh, Newcastle brings back every one of their starters. Lose just one of their play, one of their lettermen from last year. Throckmorton's a team with plenty of pedigree coming off of a run to the to the uh, the region or rather the area around. And then last year, and then I would also keep an eye on Strawn. Strawn is a team that Coach Dwayne Lee is one of the very best in, in the state. He's going to be in the mix, and, and and they they were very young last year, and they. They look like they're going to be on a, a bit of a revenge tour. So again, Strong's one of those teams that, I, like I said, I, I, yeah. they're always that, that's a that's the Alito six man. Basically, again, all of that is contingent on Benjamin falling back to the pack. If they fall back to the pack, the pack is dangerous. But Benjamin does look like the the, the team to beat in Region Two. On the other side of the bracket, we talked about Oglesby. Love what they bring back. I think they've got the requisite depth uh, to really make a run. They bring back. They lose just one player from last year's team uh, that that played Oakwood to essentially the final the final gun. Uh, o- Oakwood is probably the the chief challenger to them. Uh, they were the team that made it to the state semifinal uh, last year. They bring back eight starters total and have a ton of speed. Uh, if you're looking for a team to dream on, I'm pretty high on Iredell. Iredell finished five and six last year, but they bring back nine starters, and I think they're going to be big. They're going to have some beef up front, which can 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 be a real equalizer in the six man game. I'm really excited to see them. Uh, another team that I'm interested in is Bluffdale. They were a real darling of Dave Campbell's Texas football last year. Made a great run. You watched uh, them play last year. Eleven and two made it the regional final. Uh, and they're I think they're going to have a balanced offense, but they lose some of their star power from last year's team. The question is, can they replace that? Uh, but Oglesby and Oakwood look like the two teams that are going to be duking it out for regional supremacy in one A Division two Region three. If it's not them. 
maybe it's a team like Bluffdale, or maybe it's a team you can dream on like Iredell. And now in Region 4, you've got the team that made it to the state championship game last year, their first ever trip, the Lorraine Bulldogs. They are going to be, uh, they are going to be reloading a little bit. Uh, they are not going to be very deep, but they may, but I think that they will have an opportunity to again make the playoffs. But then I do think that they are going to be, uh, really challenged by a team like Cherokee. Cherokee is a team that, uh, the real surprise for us was when, uh, was when Lorraine beat Cherokee in the regional final. That was the real surprise. 24 to 6 game. I think Cherokee's going to be back in that mix as well. Uh, Richland Springs. Uh, it's death taxes in Richland Springs. Mm-hmm. They start the, even, but the, the question for them is going to be literally who coaches them. Jerry Burkhart is suspended for the next three seasons. Mm-hmm. We do not know, or three years. I think it's three years from the time it, it, it came down. So technically, I think it could. I think it would be three seasons. It came, it came down middle of the year, Middle didn't of it? the year, I want to say. So, so two and a half seasons. Yeah, two and a half seasons. But yeah. he will be, uh, but we do not know who's going to coach them this year, but they do have eight starters back from a team uh, that was eight and two last year uh, and made it to the, uh, the second round of the playoffs. And then if you're looking for a team to dream on in Region 4, I really like what Rising Stars got going. District champions a year ago, nine starters back. This is going to be a team that's got plenty, got, got a decent amount of depth uh, and I think that they're going to be pretty successful. I'm excited to see what Rising Star has to offer. So right now, sports gun to my head uh, in 1A Division 2. I'm going to go with Balmeray to win Region 1. I think that they, they, they avenge Whit Harrell uh, and get to a regional uh, – get to a state uh, – a regional uh, – rather, state semifinal. I'm still going to go with Benjamin. I do think they're in the deepest region, which makes that really interesting. And if the rumors of a transfer are true and Benjamin does fall back to the pack, then think then it's wide open in Region 2. But I will go with Benjamin right now. I'll go with Oglesby in Region 3. I think that they've got that depth, and I think that they're they're hungry to come back after uh, falling short to Oakwood. I think they get the better of Oakwood. And then in Region 4, I'm going to go with Lorraine, although I do think Cherokee is right behind them and lurks as well. As far as the state championship is concerned, I am going to go with Benjamin over Oglesby, but that is, again, a lot of this is contingent on one guy and where he ends up playing, what jersey he ends up wearing. So there you go. There's 1A Division 2. On to 1A Division 1 we go, and up here you may remember the defending state champs there, uh, back-to-back defending mm-hmm. state champs, the Westbrook Wildcats. And Coach Homer Matlock has built a real powerhouse there. I wrote this in the 2022 summer edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football. I talked about how this Westbrook team looked like, this Westbrook program looked like they had those hallmarks of a potential dynasty. Well, now they're back-to-back, and they start the year number one, mm-hmm. and there's a lot to like about this team. They are really, really talented on the on the top end. They're, they do have some, some big shoes to fill, and their depth is going to be uh, attested, but I think that that front-line talent is going to be very, very, very ex- explosive and fun to watch. It's been an incredible run for them the last few years. 2019, remember, they were 4-6, and six, and now they've gone back-to-back state champions and a chance to make it three in a row. They're going to be the favorites out of District 8 in Region 2. Let's go. Uh, they've got just one real quick note on Westbrook, Yeah. plus to give your voice a break. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I'm just looking at it, and from a number standpoint, Westbrook – Westbrook's got they even though they bring they have twelve Lettermen back, mm-hmm. which is a lot for that's us. Lot. And considering they only have three starters back, that's show that shows like they're probably carrying 
20, 25 kids. I remember when they ran out there and for probably the state have a, I think they have a JV team, too. Yeah. Like, they've got numbers. I, I think when they ran out there for the state championship game, I want to say you're right. Yeah, they do have a JV team. The JV team that went 7-2. and two. So they've got some depth there. Yeah. Uh, but this is uh, – I think that this senior this senior class is the one that Homer Matlock's been really excited about. Uh, on the other side of the bracket, Region two, uh, Region uh, 3, and, and the favorite to come out of Region 3, in my opinion, although Region 3, it's kind of co-favorites. And we'll get to it in a moment, but Gordon and Abbott are going to duke it out for Region 3. And in my opinion, they're going to duke it out for a place at AT&T Stadium. Gordon and Abbott are going to be really fun to watch. Those are really the, the contenders. Happy and Jonesboro round out our top five. When you go over to Region 1, Region One's the region we haven't mentioned. They do not have the only region without a team in the top five. Is that right? Oh, no. Happy. I mentioned them. Huh. Happy starts the year uh, as the favorite in Region 1. They won the region last year, a state semifinalist, and then they gave Westbrook a real run, 40-30 to 30 in the state semifinals. Uh, they bring back half their starters from last year's team. Uh, they are a team that I know they're, they're really excited about the youth movement that's coming up, especially this junior class and this freshman class. I think they're really excited about that. I think Happy strikes me as a team that this could be the year before the year. Happy, Depending on how realignment goes for them, I do think that this could be the year before the year, but I do think they're the favorite. Uh, the team right behind them is probably Knox City. Now, the reason Knox City's here is they were pretty good last year, you know, made to the second round of the playoffs uh, before they got trounced by Happy, 50 to nothing. Mm-hmm. However, they bring back every starter. They bring back 19 of their 20 lettermen. That is insane. That's crazy. So Knox City is going to be in that mix as well, simply from an experience perspective. I love what they bring back there. Uh, Follett is in that mix as well, another program that really needs no introduction in the six-man ranks. And the the, the team that I kind of latched onto last year, and I'm excited to see what they do kind of as a repeat, is Nazareth, the Swifts. Mighty Swifts. Who had a a great year last year, a 10-win season. I need to look up the last time they had a 10-win season. It had been a minute. They do have a couple of pieces to to replace, but I think that Nazareth, uh, this is a big year to prove they have staying power there mm-hmm. do the Swifts uh, there in, in Nazareth. Big basketball school. Oh, yeah. Really good at basketball. Big uh, girls basketball, right? Yeah. And very good at boys, yeah. too. Yeah, their, their girls basketball program is a dynasty unlike any other they, any sport in Texas. They, they are athletic. On to Region 2. That's where Westbrook lives. They're going to be the favorite out of Region 2. The, the, the chief challenger to them is probably Rankin. And, and there's been maybe no team as consistently excellent over the last four years as Rankin. They have uh, had f- uh, double-digit win seasons each of the last four years. And a quick scan shows that I believe they're the only team in 1A Division. No, that's not true. The only other team to do that is Jonesboro in 1A Division 2. Mm-hmm. There's only been two teams that have double-digit win seasons in the last two last four years. Uh, Rankin is one of them, and they're going to be in the mix. They're going to have speed. They're going to have athleticism, but they are going to be real, relatively young. They've only got five starters back from last year's team. Buena Vista was a team we kind of fell in love with last year, uh, a team that really took their, uh, their, their lumps early in the season, uh, went into district play uh, at at uh, let's see, they finished seven and five, and then went three and zero in district. Carry the four, uh, th- so they they went in there with a, uh, a, a a three and four record into the play into the into the uh, district play, but ended up getting hot in district play and running to the second round of the playoffs before they ran into Westbrook. They've got eight starters back. I'm excited what they what to see what they have, and then I would keep an eye on Whiteface. Whiteface is a team that kind of came out of nowhere, a nine and three team a year ago, and it was it was really a breakout season for them. Uh, it feels like that's been building to something. You go back, they've gone like three and seven, four and six, two and seven, five and five, and then last year nine and three. Another question as to whether or not they have that staying power. There are also two teams that had uncharacteristic 
uncharacteristically poor seasons last year that have plenty of pedigree that you have to keep your eye on, and that's Borden County and Garden City, mm-hmm. two teams that uh, two teams that. Uh, Borden County missed the playoffs, and I believe it snapped a long playoff streak for them. They missed the playoffs, but they're going to be hungry to come back. They've got all but one starter back from last year's team. And then Garden City. Garden City is a team that uh, that did make the playoffs last year. They have a ton of rebuilding to do, just one starter back on each side of the ball. How much? Uh, again, a lot of this is dependent on on Westbrook and can anybody dethrone Westbrook. But there is again a, a deep crop of teams that it wouldn't be a surprise if they made a run, especially Borden County and Garden City, simply because of the pedigree that they've got. Over in Region Three, we talked about Gordon. The Longhorns are going to have tons of speed. They've got nine. Uh, uh, they've got. 11 starters back from last year's team. Uh, they're a team that made it to the, uh, the the regional final last year where they came up short to Abbott. Abbott is going to be the team to keep an eye on there as well. Abbott's an interesting story. Terry Crawford, the longtime coach, our friend mm-hmm. Terry Crawford, announced that this is going to be his last year. He okay. announced that he is re- he is retiring at the end of the year. I believe he's going into ministry. I think he's been he's been he's ah, going to be like the pastor yeah. of the local church. Okay, which. Suits him. He's it, a good. He's a good talker. Yeah, he, he's tight. He's tight with the like upstairs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I believe I haven't had this confirmed, but I know that his son Kyle is going to be the odds-on favorite to uh, to take over for him. So, but they would love to send him out uh, with a state championship. Of course, they made it to the state championship game last year. They do have that title back in 2015. Uh, how does Abbott kind of replace some of the playmakers they've got? They need to find a quarterback, but you remember they, they, they lost their starting running back in, a, I want to say, the third round of the playoffs, and they just turned into turned to Mason Hell, and he took them the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. Um They've got depth. They've got depth of talent. The question is going to be, in a lot of ways, can they find that quarterback? And then what happens when they match up with an angry Gordon team that really wants another uh, another shot at them? I would also lump uh, Union Hill into this mix as well, a team to keep an eye on. And then maybe a little farther down the road, uh, Blum would be a team to keep an eye on, whose defense is always going to be sturdy, but they have a lot of replacement to do. They lost nine lettermen from last year's team, which in the six-man ranks is a ton. Yeah, that's a lot. And then down in Region 4, the, the longtime power here in Region 4 has been Jonesboro. We mentioned uh, Rankin and Jonesboro, the only two teams in 1A Division 2 who have won four, or 1A Division 1, rather, that have won four uh, double-digit games in each of the last four seasons. Coach Eddie Gallegos, one of the very best coaches in six-man football, and he's going to have another good uh, squad here. Five starters back on offense. They lose just three lettermen from last year's team. May is going to be in that mix as well. Now, May is a team that has great pedigree, but last year was was disappointing. They ran the ran Erion County in the first round of the playoffs, but Erion County, of course, was the team that won the region. Kind of surprisingly, they they won the region, but they have a ton of replacing to do. They their their speed's going to be good, but they are going to be young and they're going to be kind of smallish. So a lot of it's going to be dependent on how well they hold up in the trenches and how well those youngsters kind of develop. If the Hornets are to make another run, Medina is another team I'm high on. Medina was a team that came up just short in the second round to Jonesboro, gave them everything that they. Won. Wanted, but they're going to have a lot of skill position guys there as well, just Medina. Mm-hmm. So Jonesboro, May, Medina, and Erion County is the way we have it right now. Those are the, those teams are four of the top 11. That is the most tightly packed region. I think if you were to have a party crasher in, this, in a region, this would be the one where it is because these are tightly packed. Is it a team like Leverett's Chapel, who has a ton of defensive experience coming down? Is it a team like Chester, who I think could have a, could make a run? I think 1A Division One Region 4 is going to be really fun, especially when we get to the playoffs. Sure. So we take a look at 1A Division One as a whole. 
Uh, right now, Region 1, I'm going to go with Happy, although I do think Knox City is going to be in the mix. The question is, like, can they make up 50 points worth it's of a difference? a big spread to make up. Exactly. In one year. I would love to, I would love to see it, but I think that Happy's got to be your favorite. I'm going to go with Westbrook in Region 2, but again, I think that it is tighter than it was last year because of some of the playmakers they need to replace. I'm going to go with Abbott in Region 3. I think Abbott gets it done again over Gordon, but it's going to be another tight game. Uh, I think Abbott finds a way through. And then Region 4, I'm going to go with Jonesboro to win the region as well. And for a state championship game, I'm going to go for a complete repeat. I like Westbrook to take down Abbott in a state championship game in 1A Division 1. So there you have it. 1A Class 1. Craig Tepper's 1A Opus. There we go. That's right. There's your there's your 20-minute rant on six-man football. I hope you enjoyed that. All right. We are now going to expand the field. We're going to make it a little mm-hmm. bit wider. We're going to make it a little bit longer. We're going to make the uh, we're going to make the goalposts a little bit taller. Throw five more guys in the field. Throw a few more guys on the field. Yeah. Let's talk 11-man, and let's talk the smallest 11-man division, 1A or 2A Division 2. Let's now, do it. The defending 2A Division 2 state champs, are the Albany Lions. Mm-hmm. Of course, what a great story they were with uh, Danny Faith finally getting that long-awaited state championship. They start the year number one in Dave Campbell's Texas football. Matt Stepp, agree or disagree with your own magazine? <laughs> disagree. <laughs> All right. Disagree. Okay. You, you're, you're, you're you want my state champion pick now? No, 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 okay. no, 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 no. Okay. We have Albany number one. Yes. Part of that, I think, is when we put together the rankings – we take a look at a number of factors, and the 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 number one factor you will see that that outweighs most things is how have you been recently. And say this about Albany, and say this about Denny Faith. There are a few teams that have been as consistently excellent, no doubt. Over geez, over the last quarter century, yeah, as Albany, they're they're you can almost book them for the third round every year, every year, yeah. and they bring back a couple of their key pieces. I think that they are going to be in the mix once again. And um, I don't know. I, like, the question is going to be, like, last year has to feel so emotional, right? The co- Like, the Denny Faith wasn't saying it. He was like, I just want to win a state championship for my guys. But the players afterwards were like, we want to win one for Coach Faith. Yeah. We want to go and do it. They finally did it. Now they bring back Adam Hill, Zane Wagner, Wyatt Windham. They bring back a good amount of that yeah, team. Six on both sides of the ball. Six. This is This has... In many ways, all the hallmarks of a team that's going to repeat. Yeah. And yet, here we go. It's a Matt Step hater. Clearly, I hate your favorite team. <laughs> Clear. I, it's hard to repeat. And I think they're, the Div- Division Two as a whole, I think there's other teams that have improved. And, I, you know, I just... And sometimes I like, to, I like to go out on a limb a little bit okay. and kind of go against the status quo at times. There's some, there's times where I do go I go with the flow. But in this case, I think there is at least one team that I think can get past Albany this year. Okay. So I would I would also say, and, and let me try this on for size, the power in Division Two, in my opinion, pretty clearly lies west of 35. Yes. Like, you look up and down our, re, our, 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 our top 10, right? Albany, west of 35. Mm-hmm. Mart, right on 35. Right on 35, but technically east of 35. Technically east. New home, west. Mm-hmm. Wellington, west. Bremont, east. Collinsville, west. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, and that's probably... And that, so, so what well, you're talking which, about... Which 35? Oh, I guess that's... Ah, oh, good point. I think 35E. I think they're... They, are they... Do they split the 35s? I, I'm checking now. I know I know the general vicinity where Collinsville is. But. So we were talking about five of the top six 
west of 35, which could make, and we talked about this a lot with Mart, that that Region 3, Region yeah, 4. East of 35. Collinsville's east. Never mind. Four, four of the top five. Um, we talk about, the, like, re, the, the left side of the bracket, it does feel a little tilted, at least towards the top, but I do think maybe the depth at re, in Region 3 and Region 4 is better than it has been in quite a while. Yeah, I mean, especially in Region 3. I mean, Mart's just, yeah. you just literally pencil them into the, f- the fifth round, and probably they're not going to have a game closer than 50 points. Yeah. And they're, they're they're still the heavy heavy favorites to get to the fifth round. I do think the region region three has improved a little a little bit. Maybe Mart has to play their starters for a, 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 three quarters. I mean, it's been to that point. You look at Mart's yeah. playoff scores in region three; it's been just it's demolition. Been, it's been it's yeah. been it's been bloodbath. You could say maybe has hurt Mart the past couple yeah. of years because they're not getting tested. Yeah. Whereas you come out of the left side of the bracket, if you can stay healthy, you've run a gauntlet. Absolutely. All right, Matthew, let's go to Region 1, to A Division 2, Region 1, where, again, let me ask you a question. Sure. Do you draw the contender line at two teams or three teams? Because I think that's the real question in Region 3, or Region 1, rather. Two teams. You draw two teams? You're a hater. You know why? I know. I, I, the, 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 <laughs> listen. Me more. <laughs> Sunray. My boys. <laughs> on paper. I love this. Ten team. starters back on both sides of the ball from a 9-3 and three team, including Armando Lujan. The state's leading passer. Yeah. I, I don't have any doubts that Sunray is going to be able to put up points on, on any team they play. Mm-hmm. I, I do have questions about their defense. That especially. is fair. <laughs> now, they, should they be better? Yeah, they bring back 10 starters. They'll be better. But there's still two teams in Region 1 that I think play a little defense and can can keep up with them. Wellington's especially a challenging matchup because of how they operate offensively and mm-hmm. just can play keep away. I think New Home would just be like, all right, Sunray, you want to go toe-to-toe? Let's roll it out. Let, let's yeah. First one to 60 wins. So uh, and I think New Home is just a little bit better in the trenches on both sides of the ball than Sunray. That, so Sunray, I think Sunray is clearly the third best team in this region, but I think there's a gap between Wellington and New Home and the rest of the field. I really it's, – it's, it's weird to be saying this about this, saying this about this team because I think they are at least a little bit off our radar last year. But, dude, New Home is – they're ready for prime time. If, yeah. you are, if this is a team that you haven't heard of, Coach John Ward has got this team cooking. State they, semifinals state last year. State semifinals last year, and that was not a – well, okay. A, I don't think it was a fluke. They're a really good team. And B, there's a good argument they're better this year. Bring back seven on both sides of the ball. Logan Addison is that dude. To, like, he is your classic two-way, two-way badass, mm-hmm. right? Where he's like the best linebacker on the field in every game he plays, and he's also the best running back on the field in every game yeah. that he plays. They bring back Caleb Cook, uh, the, the six foot three, hundred eighty good looking dude, yeah. as, who was awesome as a sophomore last year. Uh, they're going to be really good. Brazos Beck, who was the guy we were talking all about last year before, like these other guys started emerging. Mm-hmm. They've still got him back for his senior year. I don't know, man. This new home team looks like they are ready for their close. Yeah, and this here's the thing about new home. This is their last year in Division Two. Mm-hmm. They've got Division One numbers now, so we're talking Division One numbers in the football program, and especially in the trenches. I think that makes a difference. This, this is a, this is a Division One team that's still in Division yeah. Two right now. A lot of growth in that part of Lubbock. They're they're moving up next realignment, so they're a team that that I'm very very high on. The 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 team that has been the real power in Region One for a lot of for the last you know for 
kind of time immemorial has been Wellington. And they ain't going away. They're going to be really good as well. Greg Prophet and his boys. Carson Tarver, their quarterback, mm-hmm. has been very good. Their, their defense looks like it's going to be pretty good. And, and having that quarterback back in that wing T offense, I think is so important. Like, they're not going to throw the ball a million times, guys. But A, they can throw it because they've got him. And B, he's such an operator back there that – I think that Wellington has an opportunity. I think Wellington looks really good. And when you add in six starters back on defense, if you want to pencil them as the favorite in Region 1, I think you're within your rights, too. Sure. Those are the two teams. Then you get into Sunray. Me and Moore. I, I, I'm just I'm an, un, I'm an unabashed, unafraid, unembarrassed Sunray stand. I, I think Sunray is a year. I, I think next, in 2024, I think Sunray's regional, regional title a regional okay. title. Armando Lujan is just going to be a junior. It's going to be a junior. And a lot of these kids are going to be juniors. So I, I think they're a year away If there's a true regional yeah. contention. If there's a sleeper here, I think you could talk me into like – I'll say this. The coaches have been really high on Clarendon. Um, now, I, I know that Clarendon loses some key pieces. And they lost a Division One yeah, player, Jamari Davis, yeah, they and lost, their coach. They lost their coach, and they lost Jamari Davis. That's a lot. But the coaches are not afraid. I mean, first of all, they're bringing in a ball coaching dude in Aaron Wampler. True. If you don't know Aaron Wampler, he was the head coach at Boys Ranch, which is the hardest coaching job in the state. One of them, yeah, I mean, sure. on the very short list. And he for took sure. them to the stinking playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, Aaron Wampler is a ball, ball coaching dude. I, I'm, I'm buying a small bit. I'm buying some stock in Clarendon, just a little bit, just a little bit, because I do think that that... I, I that, think they're the fourth best team. They're, they're probably the fourth best yeah. team in the region. I, that's, that, that might be fair. Um, but anyway, it's probably New Home or Wellington to, in Region 1. Down in Region 2. Region 2 is where Albany lives. We talked about mm-hmm. Albany. We talked about how, how good they are, what a great story was. However, there is a team that I think could really challenge... A couple teams within their, their own region that could really challenge them. We talked about Collinsville. Let's talk a little bit more about Collinsville because I'm, I'm ready to sound the alarm that Collinsville might be that team. Sixteen starters back from a regional. You know, last year was their was their breakout year. They get all the way to the regional finals. Albany put it to them last year. Yes, but they've and kind of like with New Home, Albany put it to New Home in the semifinals. But now they've been there. They know what it's like to play in this environment. I think they're going to be a year. They bring a ton back. And they got they got that experience. They've got they got that quarterback Logan Jenkins. Yeah. Man, he's he's fun to watch. He was a th- almost a thirty five hundred yard passer last year. He's a dude. They've got like he's got like his four top receivers back. Yeah, like the whole the skill talent at back. Collinsville is elite. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's a matter of that, and where Albany dominated them. They, they just couldn't stop. They just could not yeah. match up in the trenches yeah. against Albany. And they got bullied. That's the question. Can they match up in the trenches? Um, Wink is fascinating for. A variety of reasons. Mostly, what happens when you bring back 17 starters from a 12-win team, but also lose not debatably your very best player? Yeah, it's <laughs> and talking to Coach Gibson about it. You know, he he says we got a lot back, but we got a lot we got a lot of questions because because. You know, his son meant so much to that team last year. He was. Both, Cannon Gibson was all, so important on to both them. sides of the ball. And, and you look at Wink. I mean, they 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 played Albany tougher than anyone this side of Mart in the playoffs last year. So they they were they were a very very strong team last year. So 
it's going to be interesting to see. It's going to be an interesting case study to see how how much that one guy at this level to a Division two means to the team. I'm pretty high on Winthorst. I was going to say they, I, they they look like they're doing that thing again. I, I would have been really high on Archer City had they not been hurt by some off season uh, transfers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I mean, Archer City on paper looks great, and they've but they've lost two really key players um, this off season. That's in, at this at this level when you lose your two best players, it's going to really hurt you. Winthorst is that team that you're just like, uh, like are we are we gonna do it again? Where we're and like they, we we're like, ah, don't worry about Winthorst. They do they best sh- when they're we're kinda like I don't worry yeah, about Yeah, don't worry about them. Well they, we are officially they're on our radar. I'll yeah. say that. And and they gave Collinsville everything they wanted in that second round of the play second round, third round, whatever it was, uh, the playoffs. Uh keep an third eye third round, yeah. Keep an eye on, on, on them as well. All right. Over to region three. We talked we kind of teased it. Mart has been the Division three or Region three, just murder, murder machine. Murder yeah, machine. Murder machine. I mean, yeah. they have not been challenged in Region three. I think we did the math at some point that like they had not played. I mean, you you start talking. I'm gonna see if I can find the last one score game they played in Region. Three. <laughs> but you're, you're probably got to go. I mean, I don't think they've played. I mean, you may have to go back to their days in Region two. Might be. You know, it's it's just been utter domination. Yeah. I think. And Mart brings back 13 starters from a state finalist team. And you got to start wondering with Mart a little bit. They're, they've lost the last two state title games. Last year, Hurts, they, they were kind of universally the favorite, but I think it hurts yeah. less because I think when the game started and we, we went through about a quarter, we were like, man, we think Mart's in trouble. I think Mart just got beat by a better team. Yeah. The, the Winthorpe lost in 2020 is the one that I think really sticks in the 20, in 2016 they lost in the regional semifinals to Crawford and that's the last yeah, time they, they were played. division one at that time yeah and that's that's the last time they played a regional playoff game closer than I'm seeing like 22 points yeah it's just been, it's been they've had dominant. they've not been challenged in in in, in the region and, and let me, I'll just say this I don't think they're going to get challenged this year. I do think the the region is better um, yeah you know, those Price two, Carlisle those two teams can exist yeah. right the region can be better. Yeah, I think the gap will be closed. Yes. But I still think Mart is still they, head and shoulders above above the rest of the region. You know, Sims Bowie on paper looks great. I mean, they bring back 19 starters. Uh, you know, Price Carlisle brings a ton back. Tenaha brings a ton back. So I, I, I do think, you know, Love Lady brings quite a bit back. But, again, those teams were so far behind Mart. I don't – and Mart brings enough back where I don't think that gap has closed significantly. Mart brings back J.D. Bell, their running back. They bring back their quarterback, Jonah Ross. They bring back Monty Swanner, who was such a monster on, up front for them. Um, Abram Ross, the linebacker spot. Uh, DeMontrell Medlock. Oh, they, they, got, they got a Medlock. They got a ton of dudes. They got a ton of dudes. They do lose Brandon Lundy, who is the big receiver on the outside. But this is a team that is out for some revenge because I think that – I think that there has been some – chatting around 2A Division 2 of like, oh, like, like when's the last time Mart did anything? Mm-hmm. Like, which is crazy because they played the state championship game last year. They played the state champion. No, they played in the semifinal the year before. Mm-hmm. They played the title game the year before that. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. It's the, Mart, the bar is so high for them. The Mart, the, yeah, the, the bar is so high. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, it's, it's hard to talk about Region 3 because Mart does feel like the favorite and they have dominated. I agree that I think the gap is closing a little bit. <laughs> um if you're looking for a sleeper that maybe you haven't thought about in a while, uh, I will buy a small bit of stock in Deweyville. 
I think Deweyville okay. has got an opportunity to make some noise. They got eight starters back on each side of the ball uh, from a team that I think went eight and four. Yeah, eight year. and four area area around. Yeah, playoffs. they were yeah. they were a good team last year. They bring back a, a fair amount. Um, and and yeah, I I think that you know they they run that slot T. You know how you feel about the slot T. Mm-hmm. Um, and and they've got that guy in CJ Milton who's kind of that that that. Two way that running back linebacker in a slot mm-hmm. T offense. Mm-hmm. That's so that yeah. tells you everything you need to know. A two hundred and five pound running back at two A Division two. And then over to Region Four. Now you want to talk about the fireworks factory. Yeah. Region four, here's a take. Region four is the most competitive it has been in eight years. It's been, it's been pretty a competitive minute because for the most part it's been like Falls City or like maybe Burton. Yeah, Burton. Yeah. Bur- when Burton t- with, ticks up. Yeah. When Burton ticks up. But it's like it's only those two teams. Mm-hmm. I think this is six deep. Yeah. Like I love this region. I think I think we're gonna get to the third round of the playoffs. Heck, sec- we're gonna have a couple second round matchups, yeah. but especially when we get to the third round of the playoffs, you're gonna have some absolute Slam bang affairs here. I'm really excited about. Well, and this. There's three of them in in District 13. Yeah. Now there's questions on a couple. Yeah. Granger loses a ton. Uh-huh. They only bring back three on both sides of the ball. But Stephen Brosh, 40 under 40 coach, has done a heck of a job there at Granger. Got them to a regional final last year. Um, did a great job. Um, Chilton, you know, yeah, 12 and one lost to Burton seven to nothing. I think in the regional That's a right. seven nothing game seven nothing. But they bring back seven and seven. They have the fewest questions to me. Yes. Bremont, on paper, would have been the favorite to win, in my opinion, the region. But Braylon Wortham transferring to College Station. Yes. That, that, that He was their guy. Like, he was their everything last year yeah. on both sides of the ball, 6'3", 190. He's now at College Station. Yeah. Huge loss for Bremont and a nice addition for College Station. Yes. Uh, so – that that really knocks Bremont down a, a, a peg in my book. You got Burton, the re, the, yeah. the, the the defending regional champion. It's not like they don't they bring back fourteen yeah. starters, eight and six. I, I think Jason Hody's squad is 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 the team to beat. I think Fall City's going to be improved yeah. with with what they bring back. You can't count out Sabinall, who had a breakthrough year last year and played Fall City pretty. I think they lost to Fall City in the second round. Mm-hmm. Gave Fall City a pretty good game. So um, this is a deep region, a, a good region. Uh, um, it's better than it has been. You know, in the past, it's been Fall City or Burton. I think with the addition. Of those teams in District 13, it's made the region a lot more competitive. I think that's right. I think that, that we've kind of been waiting for the regional final of, of Region 4 for a while. But I think that the, the depth in the region is so much improved that you're going to have a really fun playoff push here. And, and yeah, I think those top six teams, Bremont uh, in some order, Burton, Chilton, Bremont, Fall City, Granger, Sabinal, mm-hmm. those are six quality teams that I think would be within at least two scores of one another, but like would be, re- I think would be a really fun matchup, any of those six. Um, and I think it's, I think you're right. And, and I'll tell you, you're, that District 13, those are going to be some high stakes mm-hmm. because of the improved depth. Those are going to be some high stakes district games because seating is going to matter. Absolutely. In a big way. Absolutely. So that's going to be, so region four is going to be a lot of fun. All right. Matt Step. Let's go region by region. Give me your regional champions and your state championship pick. Uh, region one, give me New Home. Okay. Region two, give me Albany. Okay. Region three, give me Mart. Mm-hmm. And in region four, give me Chilton. Mm, okay. All right. And your state championship game. 
New Home Over Mart. What? Gonna go New Home. That's my wow. that's my that's, sleeper. That's your your darling. Yeah, I'm I'm big New Home guy this year. Give me the new. I think New Home's gonna pull the upset on Albany in the semifinals. Wow. And carry it in the state state championship game and knock off Mart. I'm gonna go with. Oh, I hate picking against Wellington. Um, I'm gonna go with New Home in Region One. I'm going to go with Albany in Region 2. I'll go with Martin Region 3. I'm going to go with Burton in Region 4. Okay. I'm going to go with Burton in Region Same 4. Same four semifinals. Same four semifinals. Okay. Same state championship game. Okay. Same state championship result. We're just we're Xeroxing it. Just running it back. We're running it back. Same four semifinalists. I like Albany over Mart in a closer game, but the thing that impressed me the most last year was Albany was not faster than Mart, but they were as fast. They were fast enough. Yeah, they were fast enough. And then they were they were winning up front in a, in a big enough way yes. that I think that that's what what did it. And if they were to meet again, I think Albany goes back to back. Okay, but I do love your your chaos pick of state champion New Home. Chaos, love that. All right. New Hall's playing six-man not that long ago. That's no, yeah. They're growing that fast. They are growing. To 2A Division One, Matthew, where you may remember that the team that won the 2A Division One state, champion la- state championship last year was another first-time state champion. The big country was dominant in it 2A. It was. And the Holly Bearcats, Mitch Abel's squad, goes 16-0. and They romp. To a state championship victory, um, fifty-four to twenty-eight in a mm. game that honestly wasn't that close in the second. Yeah, it was a they, it was dominant. They took control of that game, and yet they and and to be clear, there is a lot to like about this team. I think Holly has some dudes coming back that are going to be worth the price of admission. Deontay Ramon is back, mm-hmm. right? Uh, who's the other? Who's the other Chandler team? Myers. Chandler Myers. They are going to have a couple of weapons that. A lot of the uh, a lot of the other teams don't have. However, they also have some questions. I think, especially on the defensive side, their defense got hit hard by graduation, and they are going to need to some young guys to step yep. up. They, they lost seven starters on defense. They need some young guys to step up in a hurry. The the depth is not there like it was last no, year. No, no, no. Their depth is not as good. No. Uh, a lot more younger guys are going to be relying. I think line's going to be okay, and the receiver and the the, 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 the skill position talent yeah. is excellent. Quarterback Keegan Abel's yes. coach's kid. He's going to be fine taking over at quarterback. Yes. I, I think the big loss here is Austin Compton. Yes. The running back. He was such a difference maker. They were when, So he got he, he didn't play in the state championship game uh, in 2021. Yeah. They got there, but they, they, they were – they were you could tell they were a different ball club yes. with him, you know, two hundred and ten pound running back battering battering you, and then you had those two guys outside and they had a couple of other kind of slot. He was guys. he was such a hammer for them. Yeah. So I don't get me wrong, I think Hawley's still the favorite in region one. And we'll but we'll talk there it's there the gap's closed mm-hmm. uh with with some other good teams in this region. Region one's very good in two A Division One. There are two teams above them in our rankings because they are number three. Mm-hmm. The two teams above them, number two, is Timpson. Mm-hmm. The Timpson Bears, the uh, the state semifinals from a year ago, um, and they are loaded. They bring back 19 starters. Yeah. Uh, one of those starters 
I think he counts on both sides. Yeah, because he plays both sides. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Uh, is uh, the reigning Mr. Texas Football Player of the Year, Terry Bussey. Now, quick update. Terry Bussey was injured in the offseason. Yes, he tore his meniscus. He tore his meniscus. Mm-hmm. From what we have gathered here at our news gathering agency, Tep and Step News Network, mm-hmm. uh, the hope is that he will be ready to go week one. They ex- I actually have an update. Okay, we go I to spoke. Master. I spoke to Coach Thurwanger at coaching school oh, about yeah? Terry Bussey. And? And rehab has gone well. He's a, He is ahead of schedule. The quote that he gave me was interesting was, Terry... He said he he said that Terry feels better now than he has in any time of his high school career. I think I think this knee issue has kind of been nagging mm-hmm. since like middle school, mm. but it's not been bad enough to where you know he can yeah, play he through it. Well, because the other thing and the other thing about him and and when you're at two a two a, you're playing football. Are you going straight to basketball? And then immediately to basketball, and then immediately to track. Yeah, and then it's football off season. Like yeah. he so, probably has not. This is the first time he's probably stopped. Yeah. In five years? Probably. And so, <laughs> you know, I think that's bad news. Now, I'm, I'm going to be interested to see how they handle Bussy and his workload, especially in, against a tough non – Timpson plays a good non-district schedule. Uh-huh. They're opening with Burkeville. I think they play – Beckville. Beckville, not Burke. Burkeville's in 6A. Beckville. They would beat Burkeville. They would. And they'll probably beat Beckville. We were at that game last year. We were. Um, I think they play Dangerfield. Like, they play a really good – Yeah. Non-district schedule. I'll be interested to see how they manage uh, Bussy because the, you know they've played 15 games three straight years. Now, here's the thing: we're going to talk a lot about Terry Bussy because Terry Bussy, the official stance of Tep and Step, is awesome. He he is awesome. He's not the only player they got. No, they got another guy, another Division One guy. They got Vosky Howard, yeah. who would be the who would be the superstar on any other team in two A, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Maybe with the exception of a couple, like Refurio's got Ernest Campbell. But, like, J.J. Garner, Tyler Lane, they have got dudes. Like, this is not a one-man show. Absolutely they had not. 19 starters back from last year's team. That was, that was a field goal away from playing in the state championship. Yeah, I mean, they took, they took Refurio to the mat. I mean, it was a great game. Refurio pulled it out late, but that was a, that was a you know, toss-up game in the semifinals. But they are not number one, Matthew, because that's the team that lost the state championship mm-hmm. last year, the Refurio Bobcats. Refurio... Um, brings back Refurio last year, kind of, kind of uncharacteristic, not uncharacteristic, but 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 strange of um, Jason Herring. I always think of Refurio as having a ton of juniors and seniors. Seems like every year they've got a ton of juniors and seniors. This year, like last year, there's a real argument to be made that Refurio was a year early, that they arrived a year early. Yeah, and remember we we were. There were a lot of people, and I think probably us included, were were, were throwing some dirt on Refurio. Okay. Remember they got they got blown out by uh, Hitchcock in the season opener. Yeah. Now Hitchcock. Hitchcock turned out to be a really good team in three A Division One, two divisions ahead of them. But there were some there were some concerns about Refurio. Yeah, there were. Well, the concerns led them to AT and T Stadium, where it didn't go well. To be clear, it did not go well, and um, Jason Herring let the and they beat Shiner twice last year. Uh, they sure did. They beat uh, they beat <laughs> they beat uh, um, Doug Doug uh, not Doug Brooks. Dalton Brooks Dalton twice. Brooks twice. Yeah. Um, and then they beat Terry Bussey. Mm-hmm. Um, then I think they just ran into a better team. Like they Holly did. was a more complete team. They I don't were. think there's really now. Refurio also put the ball on the ground. Five they, times. they didn't help themselves. No, they didn't. But, but they're the better. Now they are experienced. They've got seventeen starters mm-hmm. back. They are they are the fastest team in two A Division One. 
Top to bottom, yeah. Top to bottom. They also have the single fastest player in <laughs> Ernest Campbell. That's not debatable, by the way. No, it's he ran ten two two in the hundred. Yes, uh, just commit to A and M. They are loaded, and so that top three is going to be fun. I do think that's, with all due respect to some of the teams we'll talk about, I do think that's where it stops. I yeah. think when you take a two eight one, and and then it's the field, mm-hmm. in my opinion. We'll go to region one. Region one is the uh, is where Holly lives, mm-hmm. and we are. I'm, I'm a believer in Holly. I think that they've got they've got the the skill talent coming back. You mentioned you think the gap is closed. Mm-hmm. Who among the, the the field in Region One has you thinking as the the biggest threat to Holly? Uh, I really like Sonora. Mm-hmm. You know. Jaime Boutron, the quarterback's back. They bring back 16 starters from a team that went 10-3, and lost to Hawley in the regional semifinals last year. I think they're primed to take a big step forward this year. Don't know if they're ready to challenge Hawley, especially in the trenches, but I think uh, Sonora's a team to keep an eye on. Stratford's going to be in the mix. Yes. You know They've got uh, Bryce Braden back, the, the massive quarterback linebacker there at Stratford. They lost to Cisco in a real dogfight in the second round last year. They went 11-1. They bring back five and five. They should be they should be in the mix. Um, in, in in Holly's own district, you would think, oh, Cisco is the team to watch out for. Watch out for Stanford. Mm-hmm. Stanford's got a really really good junior class. Now the question for Stanford, they bring back eight starters on both sides of the ball, eighteen lettermen. They only graduated nine seniors. But Stanford Stanford had a late coaching change. Mm-hmm. Britt Hart left, went to Granbury to be an assistant coach. I think he's the offensive coordinator at Granbury. They bring back Wayne Hutchison, who was the coach when they went to three straight state championship games uh, about 10 years ago and won two of them. But Hutchison runs a vastly different offense than what Britt Hart runs. So I'm interested to see how Stanford adjusts from going to, from the wing tee to a more power spread offense. But Stanford, I think, is a real sleeper to keep an eye on because of the talent they have coming back. I think District 1 is going to be a lot of fun. Stratford, Panhandle, Farwell. That that top good three, trio there, yeah. that's a really mm-hmm. nice trio of teams mm-hmm. that I think are going to challenge one another. That um, again, I think Stratford's the favorite, but like it wouldn't be a stunner if Panhandle beat them. It wouldn't be a stunner if Farwell beat them. Like those teams are close enough. I think Re- District One's going to be going to be fun. Um, New Deal's interesting. New Deal went nine and four last year. They were their district champions. I do think that they are the beneficiary of a um, a weak district. At least compared to them, yes. I think they're they're pretty clearly the best team in District Two, but they bring back enough to have me intrigued. That they've like, I've got some concerns about depth. I've got some concerns about size, but Mm -hmm. they they bring back enough. And oh, Claude Mathis is calling me. I wonder what he wants. Um, That I think, like they got a sophomore quarterback that uh, in, in Dallas Summer that I am interested to see if he's able to take that next step. They had a freshman quarterback last year, mm-hmm. took his lumps, interested in that. In, Consider me interested in New Deal. That's where I'm at. I, I, I'm interested in the rest of the district. I think the rest of the district yeah. is all improved. Look at what Post has coming back. Post they, struggled last year. They bring back everyone. Second year of a head coach. Not saying Post is going to be a regional title contender or anything, but I think Post is going to be a lot better. Floyd Davis should be a lot better. That district's going to be fun. I think to watch. Sundown's going to be better too. Yeah, it's, like, it's, all, a, good, it's a better all those, district. All than those teams think. kind of had dis- ugly records, but I think that the, the the tide is rising. They're all they all bring back a ton. To Region Two we go. Region Two is the one region we haven't touched on yet. There's mm-hmm. no region. I also think it is the region with the biggest split between the top two teams mm-hmm. and the rest of the field. The top two teams, in some order, are Crawford and Toller. Correct. Those are the two teams. 
That's it. Like, yeah. those are the two teams that I would be honestly pretty surprised if anyone else won that region. Yeah, the gap between those two and everybody else last year was pretty pretty wide. Now, that gap's narrowed because yes. Toller and Crawford were hit hard by graduation. Toller, I think, will bounce back better from that than Crawford will because Toller's got numbers. Toller's probably this is they're probably their two A swans on. They're probably headed to three A mm-hmm. in the next realignment. And Toller brings back their their best player in Peyton Brown, the running back. He's a bad dude. Yeah. Do you know he's run for Coach? Put this on his questionnaire. He's run for forty one th- Pick, pickles. Even by the way, by pickle, by pickle. She's waving. Um, she, she waved. She ran for uh, Peyton Brown has run for forty one hundred yards and seventy seven touchdowns his last two years. Yeah, it's crazy. He's, he's just a junior. He's put up huge numbers. He's going to put up one hundred and fifty touchdowns in his career. Yeah, I mean six two two twenty. He's a big dude. Hard hard to, hard to slow down. And, and but Crawford, like Crawford, had the answer last year because like because Crawford. That's what's so interesting about this region, especially about those two teams, is. If you put them together, they are both two teams that want to play the exact same way, which is we want to run the ball at you, and we want to knock your freaking lights out. Yeah. And Crawford was good enough last year to to slow Peyton Brown down enough, and Toller didn't have an answer. They didn't have a plan B. Yeah. yeah that was the difference. Last year, Hawley, when they played Crawford in the semifinals, Hawley had a plan B and plan C. Toller didn't. Yeah. So that, that was the difference. Now, Crawford was hit really hard. I think they bring back seven starters total, three on offense, yeah. four on defense. They lose Breck Chambers, who was yeah. such – he was such like a, a – such a leader for that team. Yeah. Um, I think that's, that's going to be big. But they, 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 they do get back Brady Ward, who missed most of last year with an injury. That will help them a lot. And that will help that them. I still think it, it puts them one, two. I, I, think yeah. this is, I, think, I, I think the gap – you know, you, you know, Marlin maybe. They won the region 2021, but they got – just dominated, handled so easily by Toller. It's hard for me to think. That was Marlin. like a fifty-point game. <laughs> yeah, I'll do the team. This, if you're looking for a sleeper, watch out for Axtell. Mm. Craig Horn in his second year got them going late in the year. They went. They ended up. They ended up going eight and three. Lost in the first round, of, uh, second round of the playoffs. They bring back seven starters on both sides of the ball. That's that's kind of my. If you're looking for like a, a team to dream on, uh, Axtell is kind of that team to dream on. My sleeper falls in that same category. It's Hamilton. Bulldogs uh, got hot late. They did. They went seven. They had a seven and six record last. Snuck year. into the playoffs, but but got hot late. Um, and they bring back a lot. Second year under coach Brian Marwitz. Um, they have a ton coming back, and especially they're going to be pretty good up front. And I think that look, they're going to have to deal with Toller. I'm not mm-hmm. here telling you they're going to beat Toller. What I'm saying is. I think they're the second best team in that district. Okay, and got them over Coleman. I think I've got them over Coleman. Okay. I really like like they're the team to dream on, in my opinion. Is is, is Hamilton? Um, okay, on to Region Three, and uh, why don't we just do? I mean, no, I can't say that. I was going to say, why don't we just book uh, a, a a return uh, visit for Timpson and Beckville in the in the <laughs> regional final? They mean I think I'm doing the math in my no like, Timpson. Uh, it was Timpson and Cooper last yes, year Timpson in the regional Cooper final. Last year. I was I was in Linda. I was yeah, at that game. Beckville got beat by Joaquin. Yeah, um, Cooper turned around and beat Joaquin. Yes, they did. Um, okay, so we talked about Timpson. We've gone on about Timpson. Beckville week one is going to be a really interesting measuring stick. Mm-hmm. Uh, you remember last year we were there. They took it to they took it to them. Yeah, they jumped um, on them early, and, and Beckville kind of couldn't, couldn't couldn't respond. But yeah. Beckville's loaded. Like they are bringing back a ton. Bring back nine and nine, including Jacoby Williams. Yeah, who's that guy? They also got is a he committed to Texas Tech. Is he a Texas I Tech commit? Correct. Okay, um, he is going to be a three year captain for them. They've also got a quarterback they like, Kalen Castles, who's back. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
they, they get Will Boggs back from injury. This is a really good team that, again, if they weren't in the same region as Tempson, we would be saying all the things we say about Tempson about Beckville. Hey, look at this team. They've got an unbelievable. Te- they've got an unbelievable uh, uh, individual playmaker. Uh, hey, look at this team. They're much more than just that individual playmaker. Mm-hmm. But Beckville does live in the same region as them. I do think that that gap has closed a little bit, maybe. But I also think that Timpson's probably gotten a little better. And and oh the yeah, experience it's hard got. to not be better with nineteen starters. Back. I mean, that's the thing is that. For Beck, like for Beckville, it's got to be frustrating. Like I, I really do because it's these like, are their best teams I've ever had, and Timson's just been Timson's beaten them. In, Timson beat them in the regional final in, in twenty 2020 twenty and twenty one. Timson's just on that same trajectory. Yeah, like they they're 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 both really good. Timson's a little bit better, and they've just been like they're they're peaking and troughing at the same yeah, time. Yeah, and that's what's so interesting. Uh, but they, those are far from the only two teams in this, this region. This is a loaded region. This region's really good. Five of the top 12, six of the top 15 are mm-hmm. here, including, would you like some Cooper stock? They were great last year, 13-1. and one. Uh, They bring back most. Now, they, they took some heavy defensive losses, but that they had a three-headed monster at running back with three guys over 1,000 yards. I think they bring back... Two of the three, all three. Uh, believe two. Uh, Cannon Ingram's back. He was a fifteen hundred. He was a fifteen hundred rusher. Uh, Markel Smith is back. He was a thousand yard rusher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, two of the three. Yeah, and well, then yeah, two of the three. The Finney kid was like eight ninety five. Finney was eight. Yeah, Finney kid ran for almost a thousand. Like they are loaded, and that that flex bone pistol offense. It's it's, tough, and it's tough to stop. It's tough to stop. They, they gave Timpson fits for about a half. Yes. In, the, in that regional final, they they were they gave Timpson a lot. A, a team that I love in this district is Honeygrove. Yes. You want to talk? Yes. They've got a kid. Um, the the Morris kid, uh, Rylan Morris, mm-hmm. sophomore. Burner. Yeah. The, he's probably the second fastest kid in the state behind Ernest Campbell. Honeygrove brings back 21 starters from a 9-3 and three team. Honeygrove is going to be really good. We didn't even mention Centerville. Centerville was a team that was a 10-win team a year ago, mm-hmm. regional semifinalist. They bring back 12 starters, and they're going to be really good up front. They're going to be yeah. really good up front, which is which may, in fact, be a coin of the realm around here. Um and then, does not even mention a team like Garrison? I love Garrison pushed Timpson last yeah. year. They gave Timpson all they wanted in district play. Them and them and Joaquin both pushed Timpson. And Joaquin was gutted by graduation. Yeah, uh, there's a typo in the magazine. Yeah. They, they did not bring back 114 Letterman. I can assure you of that. How sure are you? I'm, but the other, so here's the other. There are almost 207. Well, if they bring back 114 Letterman, man, we got a who Joaquin? Yeah. yeah, somebody called UIL. There's also an error. Let me just continue to call him a foul here because somebody emailed me. They said because I believe we've got Garrison. We've got Garrison two Joaquin. Three in that district, right? Yeah. We have it. We have them transposed in the rankings, in the state rankings. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Garrison. Garrison is supposed to be 15th, and Joaquin is supposed to be unranked, technically, I think, like 26th or yeah, so, yeah. like right off the rank. Ga- so Garrison's going to be... Our, there's our calling your own foul. Yeah, Gar- Garrison's going to be really good. This region is... is like, like Centerville and Cork and Camden there in District 12, Like we're not even talking about them this year because uh, the, the rest of the region is it so is. strong. It really... So if to get into our computer rankings, you have got 13 of the top 50 here. Okay, including you've got you've got uh, nine of the top thirty. That's I crazy. mean, it's a really really good region. So then, what's so interesting, Matthew? I'm old enough to remember when Region Three was a snooze fest, and Region Four was what everybody wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. I'm old. We were, might have been doing this podcast yeah, when that happened, not that long ago. Yeah. And now Region Three is the deep, dangerous. Oh man, mm-hmm. which of these teams is going to have an opportunity to play for a state championship? And Region Four feels like 
I mean, it's a little it, bit of a snooze fest. Doesn't it feel like fait accompli? Doesn't it feel? Would it be? Let me ask you a question. Would it shock you if anyone other than Refurio won Region Four? Yes, it would. This year, because like now, the, the now can anybody get past Refurio to get? You know, can Region Three get past Refurio? Re, region Three is unquestionably deeper. Correct. But is, only one of them plays it. Plays in the semifinal, and they got to get past Refurio. And yeah, so we'll see. But yeah, I, I would be I'd be stunned if anyone this side of Refurio won Region, region Four. It's because you know it's just the timing of things. Shiner is going to hit a down spot. They 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 lost a ton, um, that, including that, Dalton Brooks. Yeah, they bring back a lot. They'll be good up front. They'll be solid. You know, twenty two Letterman, but they don't have they don't have a guy that can take the top off a of defense. No. They're going to be a very plotting team yeah. this year, and I I just don't think Shiner's going to have enough fire power to get past Refurio. And it used to be like a three-headed monster. It used to be Shiner, Refurio, and Mason, right? Mm-hmm. Mason has just kind of... They haven't been bad. They're good. They're good last year. Nine and three, yeah. like, by all measures. But, like, they have not been that state championship caliber team. Like, they played... Like, like they played Shiner in the second round of the playoffs, and, like, we were just, like, we didn't even notice. It. Yeah, Shiner's like, going to roll Shiner's them. Shiner's going to roll them. And, mm-hmm. and they did. They beat them by 24 or something. Yeah. Um, the team that I'm interested in, and again, Refurio's the favorite. We've talked about that. Refurio's the favorite. But Three Rivers, Three Rivers brings back 20 starters mm-hmm. from a team that went into, that played at the second round of the playoffs. They got a kid named Derek Lancaster that at this level is really underrated, really, really good player. Um, he, he had 20, 21 touchdown catches last year at the 2A level. That's, for a receiver, that's impressive. I, there was I'll a, say this. Yeah. It would not shock me if Three Rivers upset Shiner this year and finished second in district. I'm not going to pick it, yeah. But it wouldn't. I wouldn't be like, oh my god, Shiner lost to, to Three Rivers. No, it, it, that wouldn't shock me at all. What's so interesting is that we are pretty down on Flatonia, even though they made it to the regional semifinals last mm-hmm. year. Now they got throttled by Shiner, and then they kind of got throttled by graduation. They lose a lot of their skill guys. And lost like, their coach too. Lost their coach. That's going to be a big question. But mm-hmm. Flatonia, if you're talking about recent success, they've been that team. They were they're really good last been year. Kind of, you can book them to the third round, right? But this year does feel like they've got a lot to replace, including the guy with the headset. A little bit, a little bit of yeah. retooling. This, this might be a chance for a, you know a team like Thorndale or, or yeah. Hearn to to jump up and, and, and get past them. Even, even that district, keep an eye on Weimer this year. Yeah. They're, they're, they're going to be a lot better. They bring back ten starters on both sides of the ball. Second year under head coach Wade Griffin. That Brazos Valley, like kind of Greater Brazos Valley, they'll district be better. Is gonna I'm be not saying Weimer is going to be you know it's regional be a fun district. But I, I could see Weimer jumping up and getting third or fourth in that yeah. district. So now Matthew, we've reached the. Uh, the, the critical moment yes. where you have to tell me who you think is going to win each region sure. and then win the state championship at 2A Division One. All right. In Region 1, I'm going to go with Hawley. Okay. In region 2, I'm going to go Toller. Okay. Region 3, I'm going to go Timpson. Okay. In region 4, I'm going to go Refurio. Okay. And your state championship? I think – and maybe I, – I picked this matchup last year. It didn't happen. I got half of it right. Uh, I think Timpson gets it done. Wow. Region three breaks through. Eventually, region three is going to beat region four, and why not the best player in region in the state, Terry Bussey, leading, finally leading to. I mean, this is. Uh, remember when Longview won it? We said it was a take it to their effing grave year. This is yeah. this is the take it to your effing grave year for Timpson. It's it's now or never. It really is. There's not. There, Timpson will be good after Terry Bussey leaves, but this is this is it. They're never going to have a transcendent talent like no. this. No. Refurio seems to always churn it out. Yeah. You know, and I think this is the year. So give me Timpson over Hawley in a classic state championship game. Region one, I'm going to go with Winters. Okay. I'm going to go with Hawley. 
Shout out the Blizzards, though. Hope yeah. you guys bounce back this year. Pretty keen coach there at one point. Region 2, I am going to go with Toller. Although it makes me nervous to pick against Crawford, like because we think they're going to get to a regional final, it makes me nervous to pick against them in a, in a mm, regional mm, final because they're so good. the The longer they stay in the playoffs, the, the they harder get. they are to get out. Yeah, so that's what, the only thing that makes me nervous. But I will take Toller. I'm going to go with Timpson in Region Three, and I'm going to go with Refurio in Region Four, and I am going to go with the Jason Herring Revenge Tour on a Wednesday night. I think that uh, I think that I'm going to go with Refurio to beat Hawley in a state championship, okay. although it also wouldn't surprise me if Toller ends up there. We're going to hear Jason Herring complain all week about playing on Wednesday night. I know. <laughs> I know we are. We're going to hear it all week. Um, but that's why I like. I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Refurio getting a little bit of revenge on uh, Hawley because I think the moment won't be too big for them. Okay. But there You're you going go. back-to-back repeat matchups in 2A. Now you got a, re, the re, results reversed in 1, but you got yeah, the same I do. same four teams playing. I do. I'm okay. boring. What can I say? Now I've got some got some heat coming in some of these. You got some takes in the other classification? Okay. The all right. All right. But that's a podcast for another day. Oh, what a tease. What a pro. That's going to do it for us on this punishingly long episode of Tough and Stuff. We do thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas football subscriber. Step, thanks for your courage. Thank you. Talk to you next time soon on your podcast feed Thursday. Thursday. Matt Stepp, we're back for more on the season preview editions of Tep and Step. Are you tired of me yet? I'm never tired of high school football. That that wasn't the question. <laughs> Tep and Step. Your premium Texas high school football podcast from your friends at Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. I am the Tep Greg Tepper. And I'm the Step, Matt Step. Thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas Football subscriber. We love you very much. And we do thank you for listening to our previous episode of the 2A and 1A preview. Just a couple of days ago. You're getting a double dose of Tep and Step. And I'll tell you this, we're sacrificing today. This we are Texas high school football heroes. You have just returned. You're wearing a tie right now. I'm wearing a tie right now. You just came from Lone Star Conference Media Man, Days, and now you're doing Tap and Step. I'm putting up with you for a second time this week. Exactly right. You came into the office for a second time yeah. this week. I mean, I braved the heat. You in, did. In 360. The elements. Yeah. It's a grind. Uh, We're, you know, I, I think I need a gold star for I that. don't want to toss around the word hero, but I think you're the greatest hero that this country's ever known. It's, it's I got to be in the discussion. Many people are saying, you yeah, know, it's true. Like well, we, we just listen to the people. Check check X. This is this is <laughs> or t- whatever it's X called. X. I okay. A moment on Elon Musk. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's something that's never been uttered on Tap and Step. He like he's so desperate to make X happen. Like he tried to name like his PayPal thing X. He's done SpaceX. Like he's got a model X. It's very clear that early on in his life, he thought that the letter X was rad. And he's like, Mm -hmm. I am going to shoehorn that into everything. X is a pretty cool letter. It's, it is a top five cool letter. Yeah. 
But one day we need to rank the letters. <laughs> <laughs> the, Let's rank the, the letters. Dumbest, the dumbest episode of Tepe. All right, we're going to do that in the, the 2024 offseason. Put that down for January's episode. January episode. Actually, no, no, no. It's realignment year. Uh, so we'll be busy in February. April. April. April Tep and Step. April. Remind the- us, fair listeners, that we're going to rank yeah. the letters 1 through 26. Just going to say this now. A- April is typically most years our biggest mail in episode. Yeah. I mean, just going to pull the curtain back. Oh, we'd be, I think people know this by now. April's kind of our mail in episode. So, so we'll yeah. rank the letters. This One, is only top five. Though. This is your class 3A preview edition of Tep and Step. We do thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas football subscriber. Coming up here in just a minute, we're going to go region by region in class 3A and tell you exactly how the season's going to play out so like you don't even need to watch the, the, the games and just check in with us in december and yeah just, we'll tell you we were 100 percent correct and so give us everything. our flowers then yeah. uh so we will get into that but first matthew we will start as we always do with your texas high school football fun fact of the week presented by meat force one ah yes country meats. shout out meat force one we love meat shout out one. country meats Twelve delicious flavors. Uh, special shout out to our sponsor, Country Meats. They handcraft delicious, healthier snacks that help groups and teams easily raise money. With as the aforementioned twelve delicious flavors mm-hmm. to choose from, reach your fundraising goals fast and order yours at CountryMeats.com. Use the promo code STEP ten to get ten percent off your first order. That's discount code S T E P P one zero at checkout at CountryMeats.com. CountryMeats.com. They're going to let us fly in the Jets. Soon. Yeah. Look for Meat Force One to fly into McKinney week one on Thursday. <laughs> for a what, long... is, what, is, what a terrible use of Meat for, it's Force One. literally a 15-minute drive to, up the road. Yeah, to fly from the Dave Campbell's offices in Louisville to McKinney. Yeah. It'll be a, a six-second flight. Ter- yeah. It's going to have to well, – that was like you when you had your um, flight from Alliance to DFW. I did, yeah. When you I'm, spent more time looping around it really to was, get the yeah. altitude. It was, it was amazing. Yeah. Um, Anyway, your Texas High School Fun Fact of the Week, Matthew, is inspired by Matt Stepp. Because I was looking for one, and he goes, I actually don't know the answer to this. So here's the question. Matt Stepp, what current you which, – which 3A program currently in 3A mm-hmm. has the most state championships? It's, I, I'm going with one, or, one of two well, – I have two answers. Uh-huh. I'll tell you my answer. Okay. And then I'll tell you what the other one was in case okay. I miss it. But uh, I'm going to go Dangerfield. Okay. Um, if it was my second choice, would have been Breckenridge. Matt Stepp, you're right on both. Okay, they are tied okay. at six state championships: yeah. Dangerfield, 1968, 1983, 1985, I actually 2000. Didn't, I, I figured it was one of those two, but I just didn't know which which one had the most. 08090010, um, and then Breckenridge, 1929, 1951, 52, 54, 58, and 59. Breckenridge Breckenridge was rolling in the 50s. They were cooking. So you know the story of supposedly the story about Breck. So the UIL at one point to pull out the curtain a little bit had uh, used to be back in the day you had a one year you had to sit out one year if you transferred. Yes, I remember this. They, they I know, don't remember it, but I know yeah, that is a, it was in the. I think it overturned in the early '80s, late '70s. Mm-hmm. The big re- one of the big rumored reasons why old timers have told me is that because of Breckenridge would happen to just have oil field jobs for really mm-hmm. good high school football players to move in to help the, during the '50s, and that's what kind of just you know, wrecking shop. Yeah, I mean, so they the UIL won. put that put that rule in, and you had to sit out a year, and then eventually they've, now they, now we have our current PAPF system. They have. I mean, they won half of the championships in the '50s. Yeah, you know they, what I mean? They were rolling. They were, they were kicking ass Speaking and taking names. Speaking of Breckenridge, talk to Coach Pierce 
during seven on seven. Mm-hmm. He wants to get us. They have one of the number one. They have a, Buckaroo Stadium, one of the cool cooler stadium. stadium. They have a new scoreboard now. He has in, intimated that he might schedule a Thursday game in 2024 and try to convince the Dave Campbell's crew to come out in 2024. Just saying. I'm I'm looking up the how how long it would take us from here. Hour and a half, two hours. Right now, and this is with traffic, and it's we're recording at four o'clock. Two and a half hours. Two and a half hours. So if you don't know, Breckenridge is pretty much directly. I don't know if this is going to be helpful to people, but it's like directly north of Cisco. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like yeah, directly north of Cisco and Eastland and Ra- like Ranger. Actually, that's a great way to put it. Mm-hmm. Everyone who's driven on twenty or and then ten uh, or really twenty at that point. Um, everyone who's driven on that. Goes through Ranger, mm-hmm. probably eats at the Dairy Queen and Ranger, mm-hmm. um, and this is um, so it's it's basically directly due north of Ranger. It's, it's the very eastern fringes of the big country. It's, it's yeah. basically Ranger's what people consider the halfway point between Fort Worth and Abilene. Yes. Breckenridge is due north of that. Yeah, Breckenridge is the kind of team that, and this is not directed at anybody in particular. This is just a media phenomenon. But this is the kind of thing that when they're good, the Abilene team. TV stations will cover them. And oh, when yeah. they're not, they'll totally. Yeah, they're, they're, we'll, just, we'll, just, we'll stick with Cisco. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. Anyway, that is your Texas high school football fun fact of the week. All right, Matthew, the reviews are in for our 2A and 1A preview, and everyone loves it. Mm-hmm. Literally mm-hmm. unanimous praise. Yeah. Everyone loves it. Hey, Pickle's leaving now. Bye, Pickle. Bye, Ashley. Bye, Pickle. Bye. Pickle, wave to us. We're on the air. Pickle. Pickle. Bye. 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 She's wearing a San Elizario shirt today. She is. That's uh, that's a that's how you know she's an OG. Yeah. Um. Anyway, we will not be talking about San Elizario today because they're no. a four A team. Uh, we will be talking about all the three A teams today because this is your three A preview edition of Tep and Step. We are going to go region by region in each of the two divisions. Where, as is tradition around here, we go smallest to largest. So we'll start in one in three A division two. Now, Matt, Step, do you remember who won the three A division two state championship last year? I do. Who's that? Gunner. It was the Gunner Tigers. And the Gunner Tigers really, with all due respect to Poth, who they beat in the state championship mm-hmm, game, mm-hmm. they, in my mind, won the state championship in the semifinal with that comeback win over Canadian. Is that fair to say? Uh, yeah. That, yeah. Th- those, I think it's fair to say that last year in 2022, mm-hmm. those were the two best teams in 3A Division Two, mm-hmm. and they were the two best teams in 3A Division Two. by the difference between number two and number three was yes. fairly significant. So when I look at this, uh, I will say that right now, we, you say that in the same way, Gunner and Canadian, the two best teams in 2022 and 3A Division Two. It's, it's I think it's a discussion of Gunner, Canadian, and the field. Yes, in 2022. Uh, yeah, for, in 2022 for sure. I think there's a, here's there's my a question. For, okay, so yeah. 2023, yeah. Uh-huh. we have Canadian one, Gunner two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it, do you view it the same way? Yes. Okay. Uh, I, I do. I do view it the same way. If, if you get if if you were a Vegas mm-hmm. gambling and guy, you would never gamble in high school. No, but if you said you got to choose one or the other, mm-hmm. Gunner Canadian or the field, yeah. I'd probably choose Gunner or Canadian. I think that's probably fair. I mean, the last time the last time one of them lost in a state championship game um, was in 2021 Gunner when lost Gunner to lost Franklin. to Franklin. But Franklin's not the D1, yeah. right? Um, these are the two. I don't think there's any doubt that these are the two preeminent teams in three. Absolutely, two. and especially you take a look at the consistency that they've had. They have met. 
how many times they met in the, in the semifinals now? Is it five of the last six years or six of the last seven it, years? It's one of those. Um, let's see. I'll pull that up. Uh, yeah, so they have played in the semifinals one, two, three, four, five, six of the last, six seven, of the last years. seven years. And that was only because Lubbock Roosevelt um, upset Canadian in 2021. Yeah, right? and that was probably Canadian's weakest team. Weakest. Yeah. Now, so, and we'll get to these regions as we go. I would contend to you that I don't know that it's necessarily a walkover this year. That I do think that that second, let's call it the second tier of three A Division two teams, mm-hmm. especially a couple up near the top, I think they have an opportunity to to get to that level. Now they wouldn't see them until a, ch- a title game, and that is probably the challenge. Is then you got to beat them forty eight minutes at eighteen. Yeah, but you only got to beat one of them. Only got to beat one of them because I think I think the way the the statewide, I think the depth is more in th- region three and region four. I agree. And you're gonna have to if you can get out of there, then you just gotta beat either one of them. You don't have mm-hmm. to beat both of them. You don't mm-hmm. have to beat Gunner and Canadian. You just have to beat one of them. Yeah. And so I think that's that's the interesting thing. I do think the gap between the whoever you have number two, Gunner mm-hmm. or Canadian, and number three, four, five, and six has narrowed uh, considerably this year. So I also think here's a here's a take. Like there was one of the talks that that came out of um, one of the talks that came out coaching school in the UIL press conference was somebody asked, maybe it was you, maybe it was another member of the Leering Press, asked about rotating the semifinals. And instead of having it always be Region 1 versus Region 2 and Region 3 versus Region 4, me. I asked that question. Wrote it, you did. Yes. It's a good question, wasn't it? It is a good question. Uh, they're, not, they're not doing that right now, by no, the way. That's, not. It's, it's, not, it's not imminent or anything like that. Three Division Two is probably the best argument for it, simply because mm-hmm. you can more or less pencil in Canadian Gunner into a semifinal every single year, and yes. 2023 is no different yeah. this year. Yeah, I think Three Division Two and Two A Division One are kind of the poster ch- children yeah. for that in a lot of ways. So let's take a look at uh, let's go region by region. We will start with Region One, and Region One is Canadian's region. That's mm-hmm. where they've 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 dominated that region. They've won the region in six of the last seven seasons. Um, no, I'm sorry, seven of the last. Oh wow, no, Canadian has won their region. Now, admittedly, this may not all be. They were two A. They, they were two years. They were two A. Do you know they have played in at least the regional final? In, in nine of the last ten seasons. Yeah, because those last couple of years in two A, crazy. Or twenty fifteen two A team. Yeah. might have been the best two A team in the history of state state. Yeah, that uh, the Air Canada team with uh, Braden. Is that right? Was that what? Oh, the, it was Braden? the quarterback? They were just ridiculous. That dude rocked. They. They went to Houston and just, which that's, that's another story, but the whole Refurio, Jason Herring, and the drive to AT&T Stadium. Canadian, Canadian goes like 12 hours to Houston and beats Refurio by 40. So, uh, Tanner Schaefer. Yep, Tanner Schaefer. That, that, dude, was, that dude rocked. Yeah, that was an unbelievable Dude rocked, and, and, yeah. he, and he rocks. Tanner Schaefer rocks. He does rock. Okay, so Canadian starts the year as a favorite in Region 1. Now, they are a team that is particularly interesting this year because of who will not be there. Correct. Uh, coach Chris Ketting is no longer the head coach. Um, he stepped down due to medical reasons, um, and they promoted their offensive coordinator. Defense coordinator. Defense coordinator. Yeah. I, I say offense because it's, it's the quarterback, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but and, uh, Andy Cavalier, their mm-hmm, defense coordinator. Mm-hmm. Here, you know, I'm sitting here July 27th. He has not coached a game for Canadian. He's undefeated. He's undefeated. Mm-hmm. Also winless. Um, I would... Total good news, bad news scenario. I there. would propose <laughs> to you that I do not necessarily – I think Chris Ketting is an incredible football coach, but I view this in the same way that I view uh, the coaching change at Alito, which is the machine's going to keep rolling in my mm-hmm. mind. 
In North Shore? Yeah, in North Shore, same way. So I I think the first year mm-hmm. post-coaching change, you're going to see status quo. I don't think the story will be told for Andy Cavalier, Robbie Jones at Alito, Willie Gaston at North Shore until years two and three when that the influence of the previous head coach begins to wear off. Mm-hmm. Then I think we'll really know how, how – but I think for looking at 2023, I think Canadian's going to be really good. Mm-hmm. I think Cason Cavalier at quarterback. He's a stud, man. He's a stud. Cam- Cameron Cavalier. Oh, it's, a, it's, a Cameron, different, it's a different Cavalier. Cavalier. Yeah, there's a case. There was a C Cavalier yeah. uh, at quarterback for Canadian. Yes. Cameron Cavalier is going to be tremendous. Canadian brings a lot back. And I, I think because of that, and I still think – and I think Andy Cavalier has been a huge part of that program for a while. Um, I, I think they're going to be just fine. And I, I think Canadian right now is deserving of that number one seat, uh, number they, one ranking. They are – one of the underrated things I think about Canadian this year um, is they're they're going to have a full season, as long as he stays healthy, of Luke Flowers, their running back. You remember mm-hmm. he missed the first six games of the year. Yeah. And then – really came on and was a real difference maker for them down the stretch. Um, if there is the challengers to Canadian are interesting because I do like wall. Wall's got a ton coming back. They do. Wall's got more back than Canadian. Has They've got back. 17 starters back, but they got to make up a, I mean, Canadian beat them by 30 last year. 35. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. They destroyed him. So that's a big gap to make up. I think the gap's closed. I think yeah. wall, I, I think wall and Canadian are to me the clearly the two best teams in regional one. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Walls closed the gap that much, That's, but I do think they're going to be an improved team and clearly, clearly the second best team in Region One. Childress is interesting to me too. Um, Childress is, is a team that I think you know it's going to be a second year under their under their Bohelm. owner Bohelm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mentioned this on TFT. Childress is one of those programs that I think, quite frankly, by their own doing, they have made that a pressure pack job. Because of what happened with their previous coach. Yeah. And so I think for Bo Helm, they've got a good team coming back. they got 15 starters back from last year's team. Um, Four-year start at running back in Darion Mathis. Absolutely. I think their defense is going to be good. What was their record last year? Seven and five. They bring back all five offensive linemen, too. Yeah. Like, they are – there's a lot to, to like about this team. Yeah. However – Seven and five ain't gonna cut it though. Seven and five ain't gonna cut it, and not when you ran the guy, last guy out who went ten and one, right. and had gone to the regional final a couple of times. I mean, yeah, Sims had done a great mm-hmm. job there at Childers. So he, you, you've, you, you, I agree, you, you've, you've made that job really pressure packed because mm-hmm. you got rid of the guy who had done really well. So it's gonna be interesting, and they're in the same district, Canadian. Mm-hmm. So other teams that I think like I'm, I'm, I'm interested in. Idaloo is a team that I'm interested in. Although kind of always in the, yeah, Idaloo and New Deal, the yeah. two green and gold Lubbock schools are in their respective classifications are always just kind of lurking. Yeah, they're gonna be fast, but like they also lost to Wall by thirty in the regional semifinals last yeah. year. So this that's the thing about this is that like barring something unforeseen, Region One feels pretty well stratified. It's like you've got Canadian at the top. Wall with maybe Childress in that second tier, and then you've kind of got these other teams that are like. You were usually in the second or third round of the playoffs, like Idaloo, like Abernathy, right? And then you've got maybe some teams that could up and get you. Maybe Spearman puts together. Maybe Friona, I think, a nice a nice sleeper there in Region 1. But it does feel particularly well stratified in Region 1 that, that you've got teams at the top. To up, I think a healthy two to three team second tier of like contenders that if if everything goes Kablooia Canadian, they could challenge them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But like that's all contingent on them kind of falling back to the pack. Agree. On to region two. And region two is where Gunner lives. Now Gunner, the defending state champs, fifteen and 0 mm-hmm. they are one of the things that I think is interesting about this Gunner team is that they bring back, I think, 
a lot of the worker bee types on this team, right? They bring back Braden Hinton, who I thought was such a star off the edge on the defensive side. They bring back their quarterback, mm-hmm. Walker Overman. Um, He's not very big, but that dude can throw the football. Man. He is 5'7", 150. But he can but spin he can, it. He can spin it, and he yeah. can run, too. Yeah. He's a playmaker, and he operates that offense really yes. well. But they lose. They had the receiver that just committed to Stephen F. Austin. Cannon Limber. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, but they lose. I think the real, I'll say this, I think the real heartbeat of their team, which is Ethan Sloan and Ashton yeah. Bennett. Yeah. Those, those were their two guys. Yes. Now, They've had those guys before, and they've found replacements mm-hmm, for them. Mm-hmm. The guy you need to know this year is Colin Peacock. Colin Peacock was, because I did prep for the Gunner Poth title game. and He's a safety, right? Safety. Everyone's telling me he's the best player Gunner's ever had. Because he, he's actually got like some, like he's Gunner's got, had some division one He has an OU guys. offer. Yeah, he's got like a power, he's got yeah. power five off. Yes, yeah. he has an OU offer. Yeah. He's a stud, and I think this is the breakout year for him. I think last year as a sophomore, I want to say he's battled through some injuries too, mm-hmm. but like Colin Peacock is going to announce his arrival this year. This do you, is, do you think they use him on offense some this year? I I wouldn't be surprised because I think he's their most dynamic playmaker. Yeah, you and Gunner finds yeah. a way. Like Sloan, they use Sloan on both sides of the ball yeah. the last couple of years, so I wouldn't be surprised if they you know say, hey, you're you're our best guy. We're gonna we got some packages for you, but like they don't have. They have to replace not only like the running game and the linebackers that they're losing, but also like the leadership that they're getting from those. So that's the questions for them. Now let's 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 not beat around the bush. They're the favorite in region two, and I think they are the clear, heavy, going away favorite in region two. Agree. The second best team is probably Holiday. Now, Holiday, first of all, lost by twenty four to Gunner mm-hmm. in the top, in the in the regional final last year. They are going through their own coaching change mm-hmm. uh, with Frank Johnson out and Kyle Atwood, Kyle Atwood from, from, Alice. from Allison. That's right, because he was living with our friend. Uh, <laughs> he was living with Grant Freeman Grant for Freeman. a little while. Yeah. And I, I think that's a that's a big transition mm-hmm. schematic-wise, too. Kyle, mm-hmm. Kyle Atwood's from that Brent Davis tree, mm-hmm. where Frank Johnson was a little more old-school, I-formation, that kind yes. of thing. So it's going to be a, a – a, a, Holiday's going to look a lot different offensively. They will. They're going to be a different-looking ball club, and that's going to be – interesting to watch now they are also the, the the next best team in that in that region i think depends on who you think because i think there's i think i think gunner, again pretty well stratified maybe differently i think there's gunner i think there's you still didn't saw holiday i think is the second best team right now they're yeah. back 12 starters from last year's team they got questions though they got questions they got some questions I then think you've got this group of about five teams mm-hmm. that you can put in any order and if you want to jump – if you want to say Holiday falls back to the pack and this actually becomes this group of six, mm-hmm. I'd be willing to hear it. In some order, in some order, Comanche, Bells, Scurry Rosser, Jacksboro, and Palmer. Yeah. Those are mm-hmm. those are the teams that kind of make up those lurking. Like, yeah. are they ready for their close-up? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what – it'll be interesting to see which of those – I've got – I've installed Comanche as my number two team in the region. Okay. I think Comanche is going to play in the regional final against okay. Gunner. My own personal picks. Mm-hmm. But I really like Jacksboro. Jacksboro is interesting to me. Jacksboro's Keep got a lot. on Jacksboro. they got a receiver named Kaleem Howard. Mm-hmm. He's got a couple of offers. he got an SFA offer. I know that Colby Carthos all over him. A mm-hmm. three-sport star. Keep an eye on Jacksboro. They're interesting. I am I'm also intrigued in um, Scurry Rosser. 
Coaching change there, J.D. Caffey taking over there at Scurry Rosser, a team that had a nice year last year and brings back a decent amount. They've got kind of their bulldog guy in Ralph Miller, who was a two-way star for them. Scurry Rosser, I'm buying a little bit of, but they do they do lose Bryce Chambers and, and Rowdy Miller, who are really important to them. When I look at this, again, much like Region 1, Region 2 of 3 Division 2 does feel particularly well stratified. And mm-hmm. like somebody's got somebody's to give Gunner a bloody nose before I'm willing to consider them not the favorite in that mm-hmm. region. Mm-hmm. Holiday deserves, in my opinion, to start the year as the second best team. But there is a real healthy crop of teams yeah. waiting for them to stub their toe. Yeah. And that's that poor, I think is, poor holiday's been perpetually thirteen and one the past four years or so. Yeah. They just can't well, beat Gunner. Well and the other thing about this is that those those teams that we mentioned, like yeah, Gunner's in like Bells is in Gunner's district, right? Mm-hmm. But the rest of them are not in either Gunner or Holiday's district. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's Comanche and Jacksboro in District Five. I think Bells made a really good case for being one of the better teams in the region last year. Mm-hmm. Probably they were probably the third best team in the region last mm-hmm. year. They lost a lot. They did. They got they, they got, got hit they got hard. hit hard, especially on the defensive side, which would make that interesting. Okay. That feels like we've now just like done the like we have to talk about region one or region mm-hmm. two, like to do our due diligence. Now I think we get into the fun of region mm-hmm. of, of mm-hmm. division two or three A. And that is region three. Matt Stepp, do you remember who won Region 3 last year? Hold on, listener. Do you remember yeah. who, who who won Region 3 Take a moment to think about it. Think about it. Think about who you think won. Think like East Texas, Southeast Texas, that part of the world. That's where Region 3 is. Mm-hmm. You got it? You're wrong. It was Harmony. Mm, the mighty Harmony Eagles, who were 5-5 five and five going into the playoffs and then rattled off four straight wins before losing to uh, Poth in the state semifinals. They were 1-4. Yeah. One and four going into the going into district play, or and one in yeah one and four I want to say yeah and they one lost and yeah they, they, they were one and four in non district and four and one in district something something like that they yeah. got Dangerfield blew them out in district yes they, they did. beat them by thirty yes then all that happens is that they get into the playoff and decide like what if we don't lose mm-hmm. and what if we just like start scoring at an absurd rate because mm-hmm. that's what happened is that their Austin offense Hudson went nuts their offense took flight, like just started lighting it up everywhere you go. And by the way, folks, last year they were a fun story, okay? This year, they bring back 19 starters. they bring back everybody. In year two, they're head coach, too. Typically, teams make a big jump from year one to year two with the head coach, too. And Jeremy, yeah, and they've got Jeremy Jenkins back for a second year. Boston Seahorn is their quarterback. Oh, it's Boston Seahorn. I said Boston Hudson. I'm yeah. Who's sorry, Boston Hudson. Sorry, Boston. Uh, Boston Seahorn yeah. is a stud. Braxton Baker was a big time playmaker. Like he's a 280 pound defensive defensive tackle slash tight end. Oh yeah, that's the big kid that we see in seven yes. on seven. Yeah, he rocks. Yeah, uh, they are loaded, man. Like everywhere you look. They are loaded. But they're not going to sneak up on anyone this year. That's the thing. They are no longer the cutesy Cinderella. They are the favorite, I think. They're squarely in the crosshairs of everyone in East Texas. And it's a good crop of teams in East Texas in 382. Including, and I'll just say this, the team whose pants they pulled down in the regional final in Newton. Newton. Mm -hmm. Because Newton... Remember, remember the like. Go back and watch. Either listen to Tep and Step or watch the picks video about this about Newton and Harmony. And I think all, the entire t- time we were talking about me, like, man, you know what? What a great story for for Harmony. Like they got a great win. Remember, oh man, they beat West Rusk. That's mm-hmm. incredible. What a great one. What a great year for Jeremy Jenkins and company. But now the, it's big boy football mm-hmm. time, and this is where Newton wins. And mm. 
and and Newton and, and Harmon are just like, what if we just um, make all you look stupid? What if we just like don't? Yeah. And and I think for Newton, that's still got to be stinging them a little bit. Now, they're fast. They're going to be fast. St- it's uh, you, breaking breaking news. They're going to be fast. The defense, I think, has a chance to be really good. And if you want to say that because of their pedigree and their history, if you want to install them as the favorite in Region 3, mm-hmm. I don't think I can necessarily argue with you. Yeah, no, I, I agree. But now it's been... It's been a couple minutes. It's been three years since Newton's won the region because Harmony won it last year and then Franklin won it 2020-2021. Yeah, I think 2019 year. when Newton mm-hmm. beat Canadian in the state championship. It's been a minute. It's so Newton... And Newton, by the way, this might be their last rodeo in 3A Division Two. Oh, you think they're moving there, up? There's a, put, no, down. Oh, down. Oh. There's a chance Newton goes to 2A Division One. Just keep an eye on that. And re, we'll, we'll talk about that in, in realignment time, but just kind oh, of a little, little teaser there. But, yeah, Newton, Newton, I think the question for Newton to me is who's going to be that guy on offense? Yes. Who's going to be that alpha on the offensive side of the ball? Who? Who's going to take the keys to the factory and really make it happen? Absolutely. And, and and the keys to the factory are hard to come by, but once you get them, like you really need to cherish them, especially at a place like Newton. Mm-hmm. But Dangerfield lurks. Dangerfield was another team that— They bring back a ton. They bring back eight stars on each side of the ball, and they feel like they came up on the wrong, the, the wrong end of a tough loss with Newton, right, mm-hmm. in the regional semifinals. And then there's the team that I would like to tell you about, and that might be the team that I might be throwing my weight, or, weight behind. Can I interest you— in the top ten preseason top ten, Hooks Hornets. That was that's my sleeper. I okay. think Hooks. They're not really a sleeper. They're top ten, but I've talked to a couple of people in East Texas, and they think Hooks is for real. Um, they they should. I mean, this is a nine and three team last year. They bring back they bring back the right combo of things. They bring back nine starters on defense, which I love to see. And on the offensive side, they bring back the important guys. They bring back Trip Basinger at the quarterback spot. They bring back Keyshawn Walls at the, at the running back spot. They bring back Jatavius Johnson, who was, in my opinion, their best receiver, right? They are, I think they're ready for prime time. And I think that if, if Region 3 is going to be the kind of fireworks factory that we expect it to be, and you're just going to have teams like taking each other out, Hooks has every reason to believe they can stay in every game and they can they can make that run. Absolutely. I love what Hooks yeah. has coming they, back. They're going to be because everybody's going to talk about Harmony, mm-hmm. Dangerfield, and Newton. And Hooks is just going to be kind of flying under the radar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're top ten, but I, I, I just think those other three are going to take mm-hmm. up so much oxygen in the room. No one's going to talk about Hooks. We're going to turn around Thanksgiving weekend and Hooks is twelve and zero. Yep. And and yeah, and they've, got, like, Whoa. they've got a, and they've got a matchup with with Harmony, or they got a matchup with Newton. Now that that but this goes to show you the depth in in region in in this region, though. I mean, because you still got I mean, Decab's and Houston, who hooks it. Decab mm-hmm. is really good. Decab West Rusk. Now they lose a lot. They graduate heavy, but, but they still got that, that they, pedigree. They do as well. Hemp Hill, I think, is an interesting team. Um, you remember they were on the the wrong end of that ten eight game to Wascom in the first mm-hmm. round of the playoffs. Um, and then and then Troop Troop's another team that I think kind of categorizes a sleeper, right? They were a team that was six and five last year, lost to Hooks in the first round of the playoffs. Bring back sixteen starters. Yeah. Though. The depth here, Region Three, is in my opinion by far the deepest region. When, when you get to round one, round two of the playoffs in three A Division Two, Region Three is where you really want to zero in. Those are going to be the fun area round game. Let me put it to you this way, and and part of it is because they graduate super, super, super heavy. But Wascom, we have ranked as the ninth best team in their region. Wascom. Yeah. 
Okay, that's how deep this region is. Yeah. Now Wasman does lose a ton. They lost a ton. They got, I think they, gra- I think they, they, got they wiped. Nineteen starters are gone. Yeah. <laughs> I think they bring up one on offense and two on defense. I think mm-hmm. it's it's yeah. Yeah, and they 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 graduated twenty one lettermen, which yeah. at the three A division two level is crazy. Yeah. All right, now let's go into region four, three A division two, region four, and you've got the team that won the region last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say not. Not necessarily surprisingly, but they were they were in the mix, certainly. A team yeah. we had on our radar. I don't think thought. anyone had them going all the way to Arlington. Though. No, that's, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I think we always thought Region 3 was going to be, be the favorite mm-hmm, of a Region mm-hmm. 4. And so Region 4, is, once it got to be Harmony and Poth, one of the strangest semifinals in recent history. It was, yeah. It um, was. We kind of like were looking around like, oh, well, okay, Poth, on to the t- title game. Now, there's a Poth team that... I think they have every reason to believe they can make that run again. Yeah. They've got 15, 14 starters. Yeah, back, I, I, I think say. they believe they're the favorites in, in, yeah. in the region. Now, talking, I, talked, I had a good talk with Jeff Luna at 7-on-7 seven seven about both. This team's going to look a little different because mm-hmm. they were very run-heavy last year, run-reliant. It was Matthew Bunn and Zane Robbie. Yeah. Like, the quarterback run, wide receiver, running back run. That's yeah. it. They, they were very – those two guys were kind of one-two punch running the ball. He's, he's, this team's going to throw it around a lot more. Mm-hmm. They're, they're going to be a lot more pass-reliant. So I'll be interested to see – I thought that, that last year's team, because of the way they ran the football, really protected their defense – Poth's not throwing a bunch of real stud athletes out there. They're kind of just solid on the defense side of the ball, so you got to limit. I think their their number of times they're out there and limit their exposure. And their offense was able to do that last year mm-hmm. because they're going to throw the ball around a little bit more. Is that going to overexpose their defense and maybe put the, put them in trouble in the playoffs, yes. especially when they get up against some more dynamic offensive teams, which they will see. In, in a deeper-than-usual Region 4. Region 4 is deeper than it, it is. usually is. It is, because usually it's like one or two teams. And yeah. This year, I think there's there's four or five. Four or five that yeah. I think are really interesting. Poth is not actually the highest-ranked team in our region, in, in mm-hmm. this region, according to Dave Campbell's. It's Tidehaven. Yeah. Tidehaven was a team that lost to Poth in, like... The regional final. Yeah, it was like 12-6. It was a real close yeah. game, and Poth... I mean, Tidehaven turned the ball over a bunch. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I don't think their their stud running back Joseph Dodds, who I believe is committed to Baylor. That sounds right. Um, I think played but wasn't very healthy in that game. They had a freshman quarterback, but all those guys, Joseph Dodds is back. Yep, their young quarterback is back. David Lucio talked to him at seven on seven. He's really excited about this team. Not a lot of depth at Tide Haven, but mm-hmm. to me, Tide Haven's front end talent yes. is is the best in Region 4 and can go toe-to-toe on any given day with some of the better. We saw Ty Haven and Dangerfield play in 7-on-7, seven seven and they were going toe-to-toe with Dangerfield. They, they've got the athletes. And they've got a couple they got a couple dudes on the defensive side, too. Justin Griffith, their defensive end, is a monster. And then the, Matt Rush was a linebacker for them last year who tore his ACL early. Mm-hmm. If he's back, he's a real boost for them uh, as well in, on, on Ty Haven. Uh, Lexington, Lexington got the dreaded 10-1 and last year. Um, you may remember they go ten and 5 and zero district. I think they were my pick to win the region. I think they year. were too, and then they get beat by Wallace Brazos, huge upset of the playoffs. The probably the the upset of the playoffs. Although remember Wallace Brazos also went and won another playoff game. Yeah, too. Wallace Brazos went third round. round. Yeah, yeah, they, they went were original semifinalists. Uh, but Lexington. Lexington's interesting too because remember Lexington was a team that they had uh, what was his name the kid who was the Kerr kid yeah yeah Jared Kerr they don't have that star power this year right they don't have and they don't have Dalen Washington but they've got a lot of players that I think they're pretty excited about their quarter they got a sophomore quarterback who was a freshman last year Case Evans mm, they very feel, good player feel good mm-hmm. about Mason Beal Bealy their their wide receiver is a playmaker as well this is still a very young Lexington team I think it's a Lexington team that if they can just get over that first round hump and just 
get into the area around. I think they could play a while. They're 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 as talented, if you know, as anyone in Region Four. They they, they got a chance to make some. They, they just kind of get. I think I think for them, it's mental. They just got to get over mm-hmm. that first round hurdle. The the team that is my sleeper, and maybe your uh, your sleeper in this region, uh, the mighty Greyhounds of Taft, because um, they are a you know they are going through. A lot right now, mm-hmm. right? There's there's going to be a lot of team people that that write off Taft because of what happened in the off season. Coaching change, coaching change. Yeah. Um, but they've still got that dude at quarterback. Yeah, JJ Costa. JJ Costa was one of the the leading passers in in the state last year. He's that dude. And if you weren't an Armando Lujan stand, you, I would be a JJ Acosta okay. stand. So you, well, you're, you, don't, you're, you are a JJ Acosta. Oh, fan, to be clear, I am. Armando Lujan's got your heart right now. But I'm going to do like I'm going to put together a piece. I think I'm calling it like Tepper's Ten. And it's like just ten guys I love. Okay. And there's like only that. one spot for one, like kind of you know super prolific quarterback. Yeah. Armando Lujan's my Understood. guy. Um, JJ Acosta led him JJ, to a ten and three record last year. He's pretty great. They've got Enrique Rodriguez, Alfred Gomez at the linebacker spot. This is a good Taft team. What? Third round playoffs last mm-hmm. year. Yeah. Um, it is a deep region, deeper than it's been in the past years, and I'm excited to see how it plays out specifically vis-a-vis what happens when. And the other thing is those four teams we just mentioned, all different districts. Yes. Lexington's in 13, Tidehaven's 14, Post is in 15, and Taft is in 16. And there's a nice second layer of teams mm-hmm. here, too. Yeah. Wallace Brazos. I think East Bernard's going to be a lot better Bowling. this year. Bowling's going to be better. Mm-hmm. Um, this is there, there, There's some some decent little, a decent little layer of second teams. Rogers? Rogers is a good Rogers team. is always tricky. Mm-hmm. That slot T offense. Mm-hmm. Slot T is the devil. We know mm-hmm. that. So that's all, there's, there's enough good teams. The Region 4 is going to be fun to watch as well. So let's go back up and zoom out. Matt Sepp, give me your regional picks and your state championship pick for three division. All right, my regional picks: uh, Region One, Canadian; Region Two, Gunter; Region Three. I'm going to go Harmony, but I don't feel super great about it just because of how good Region Three is. Region Four, I'm going to go Tidehaven mm-hmm. uh, in the state championship game. Give me Canadian over Tidehaven. Okay, Region One. The, the, the left half of this is kind of kind of boring yeah. and chalky. Region One is Canadian. Region Two is Gunter. Region three is hooks. Okay, I'm 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 buying in. All right. I'm bought in. I'm buying in on hooks. Hooks in region three. And I think I like Tidehaven in region four. I think I do. But Poth, I don't know, man. Like I'm so interested to see what Poth looks like because they are going to be so different. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. there's a chance they're just like, oh no, they're just as good. They're just like a weirdly different good, yeah. you know. But I am going to go with Tidehaven right now. And a state championship game, I like. Gunner to go back to back over hooks. Okay, I like Gunner and hooks in the state championship. A lot of blue game. in the state championship. A lot of game. blue in the yeah. state championship game. All right, on to three A Division One, and three A Division One is where uh, a team that did a a, a rare thing um, resides, and that is the Franklin Lions. Mm-hmm. Franklin Lions, you may remember, were the three A Division Two state champions, mm-hmm. moved up a division. And won the three division one state championship. It was a rare thing, and it happened twice. Last happened year. twice. We'll talk about that one on the next episode mm, of Stuff and Stuff. Nice tease. Look forward teaser. Now, Franklin is has been one of the most dominant programs. In I mean, yes, duh, they've won two state championships. But like, I would say in the state, like really, and what they do the last three years. Last three years. They, they, like, remember, they were in a title. They were a play they away. They were a play away from having three straights. Yeah. Canadian needed a touchdown. Less than a minute yes. to, let, to, to go to beat them. Uh, basically, like it wasn't a hail mary, but it was functionally like a like a heave. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, you're exactly right. They've been they've been spectacular, and 
they are now the question for them the question for them is going to be what does life without Bryson Washington look like? Mm-hmm. Bryson Washington is off to Baylor. He was um the best player in three A last year? If not the yeah, best, I mean, he was he's, one of the best. He's, he's top five. On a super short list, I'll say that. Rank the best players in three A twenty twenty two. Go. <laughs> he's probably up there. He's up there. I'll say yeah. that. But what's so funny is that there is another guy that I think you can make an argument was one of the best players mm-hmm. in 3A. In fact, Matt Stapp, Bryce Washington, not Franklin's leading rusher last year. No, Jaden Jackson. Jaden Jackson, who, who was a, a sophomore. grown man. He's a grown man. 5'11", 220. Yeah. <laughs> and they have him now. Now, he'll be the bell cow back. Mm-hmm. Now... Part of what made them dangerous last year was that they could go back and forth. And they had a thunder lightning kind of yes. thing. Jackson was kind of their their their, their hammer mm-hmm. and Bryson Washington was their big play, you yes. know, the lightning too. Yes. Well, they still have the hammer, but now th- where's the lightning coming from? Because if you all you have is the hammer, he that he, he can he's not gonna be able to handle that kind of workload, I don't think. Correct. You know, they were able to split carries last year, and then getting then they get up so big, they would just take them out, and they would rest them. And let's not as good as much as Franklin has won, and and coach coach Mark Fannin has done an unbelievable job there. As much as they have won, let's not mistake this for an easy road, because remember, oh, region three, regional final, they need a last play win to beat Columbus. Mm-hmm. I think literally a buzzer beater. Mm-hmm. They they kind of romp past uh, Edna in the semifinals, right? Mm-hmm. Then they get the title game. They need a last second field goal to win. Yeah. So the margins have not been super wide for no. Franklin, and that to me makes you have to say we we have the number one in our rankings. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair. They're the back to back state champ. They should start the year number one. Do not mistake that for a. Rubber stamp to a state championship. Absolutely yeah, right. No, absolutely you cannot not. do that. Because Franklin not only plays in the toughest region in 3A Division One, they're in the toughest district in the state. Undoubtedly. Undoubtedly. They're going to have it, – it's a gauntlet for them to get through. And if there are teams that can get them back, I think Brock, uh, who of course came within a field goal of winning a state championship mm-hmm. last year. I think Edna. Edna brings a ton back. I think Columbus. And then maybe even some teams from within their own district or within their own region. Mm-hmm. We'll get to that when we get to Region 3. Let's start, though, in Region 1. Up to Region 1, this was a region that was won by Brock last year. and Pretty handily by Brock. Brock was pretty dominant. They did get a pushed by kind of an upstart Whitesboro team in the regional final. Mm-hmm. If you remember that? One well, that's, like, you know, Whitesboro kind of had their, yes. their their generational group come through. Yes. Whitesboro's been the team that's played Brock in the regional finals in back-to-back years. Mm-hmm. They got yeah. blown out in 2021. Played him close last year, but you know wasn't able to get through. I think Brock's biggest challenge in Region One mm-hmm. again comes from its own district. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Oh, are you all in Austin Iglesias Hive over here, buddy? <laughs> the Paradise Panthers. Let me tell you that that team is really fun to watch. Austin Iglesias is a fun player to watch. Paradise brings a ton back. They do. Uh, Paradise brings back 17 starters from last year's team. Now, let's talk a little bit about Brock because it's going to be a, a, a they, they lose. Some key pieces, including their quarterback, Tyler Moody, mm-hmm. and guys like Zach Brewster, Jet Jones, et cetera. And their running back, not uh, the running back uh, transferred to All Saints. Yes. They, they, yeah, they're, they lost uh, their running back. Yes. Tudor's back, but the other one. Correct. They had two. And the, the other yeah, one. Brett Tudor is going to be kind of their bell cow back now. Yeah. 
But they've got Camden Harris up front, Carson Faye. Because that's the thing about Brock. Their defensive front, really their fronts, have been what have won them ball. Yeah, Brock, Brock's – I'll tell you this. Brock, Brock right now is a four they're, – they're functionally a 4A Division two program. They've got 600 kids in that school right now. They are, they are going to be 4A Division two next realignment. There is zero question about it. They're going into this season with huge depth and numbers advantage mm-hmm. because of the size and the growth they've had. And, and, and they've always been good in the fronts, and that, that, that's being magnified now because of the numbers in the school. Now, and the other thing about Brock that will be interesting is you remember, the whole, you remember the whole narrative around Brock last year. In the early going, because mm-hmm. they started off own five, own four, own four, own four, but and, their losses were like two, like Texarkana, Pleasant Grove, Duncanville, Wichita Falls, Hershey, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, it was. <laughs> they they played up in every game. Yes. They were playing four A programs in every game and, and uh, Wimberley. I think they played Gunner, which was the only team they were bigger than, which ended up being, of course, the state champion. Yeah, and they lost in the last, last like the last play. Yeah, they lost to Wimberley, who played in the in the state championship game in four A D two. They lost to Hershey, who was a district champion four A D two and played in the third round. Mm-hmm. And they lost to Pleasant Grove, who was a regional finalist in four A Division two. There's another team that we haven't. So so I think what will be interesting is we will have an in, we'll have a good apples to apples measuring stick as far as where they are vis a vis where they were last year. I'll, you want to hear a prediction on Brock and non district? Okay, they're gonna go three and one. Mm, okay. I don't, I don't think they're beating Pleasant Grove. Yeah, but I think they beat Hershey. I think they beat Gunner, and I think they beat Wimberley. Yeah, and those are three teams that, especially early on, are going to have a lot of questions mm-hmm. too. So Brock feels like a much more of a finished mm-hmm. Brock. So I don't. I think that's that, that's not I think three and one for Brock. I think that may not be, and and we may be talking about. I won't them. get yelled at for putting a one and four team in the state rankings. Yeah, of course no. it turned out to be. We turned out to be right. We but did. People, yeah. some people were mad about people us ranking real, real mad. Brock. What are, what's the feeling we have on Bushland? Bushland is a team is push because you mentioned Paradise, and they're like an easy team to glom onto because mm-hmm. like they were fun last year. They're a newish team like to the statewide scene. They bring back a ton they bring back 17 they have star power bushland's the hard team for me to figure out because they, they're way up there in the panhandle they, they are they are they're it's all alone super up windy there. up there they're all they're <laughs> that when the valley sports i told you that it's really windy there yeah it's all up there it's all but they do have again a super underrated quarterback dawson jaco who is a he's stud. he's tremendous he puts up he's going to put up monster numbers he's year. a stud they're going to be good up front um bushland may end up being the team that like I think flies under the radar again mm-hmm. because because of I think the geographic part of it it's like mm-hmm. they're way up there in the panel nobody really thinks about them until they get to like the third round of the playoffs but like Dawson Jacobs that dude and yeah. they are I think they're capable of you know remember, they're dynamic they're dynamic the problem for them last year was they couldn't stop Brock at all no Brock they, they ran out to a big lead on Brock it was like seventeen nothing yeah. early in the game. And then Brock ended up winning like fifty-five to twenty-four yeah. or something. They just, yeah, they couldn't stop Brock. I, think yeah. Brock. I think Brock may have put the ball on the ground early, mm-hmm. and that was the only, only way Bushland stopped him. So Bushland's I, interesting. I've got a sleeper. Okay, it's a, it's a name that we're familiar with. I really like Jim Ned this year. Ooh, I really like Jim Ned. Talk to me. Uh, Jim Ned, the last couple of years has had probably some of the worst luck with injuries mm-hmm. that a team can have. Mm-hmm. I think they lost a game last year, three to nothing or something. That sounds right. Yeah, they bring a lot back. I want to say they bring sixteen starters back from it, and, and they got better as the year went along last year. They ended up winning the district championship. 
I think Jim Ned's kind of a, a sneaky sleeper team to keep an eye on. And, and yes, know, that sleeper from state championship two years ago. Yeah, but you know, no one's talking. <laughs> but no one's That's talking true. about him. And so they and, did. They lost to Wall three nothing. Yeah. So I, I think Jim Ned's damn team, sure did, Bob. <laughs> I think I think Jim Ned's is kind of a team to just keep an eye on them. We'll know a lot. Jim Ned opens the season with Hawley. Yes, they do. That'll be a good measuring stick game for both of those teams to mm-hmm. kind of see what's going on out in the big country. So they got their just, own, dude. They got their own non-district schedule. They oh, play Holly, Holiday, Wall, Rockdale, Eastland. Yeah, it's a, it's pretty. Well, we'll know. Yeah, we'll so know just, all about just them. Keep an eye on Jim Nett. Okay, and this might uh, much like Brock. This could be their last go around in Class Three A. There's a chance they pop up. Whitesboro, Whitesboro was a really good team last year, but you mentioned they graduated this really. This really important kind of a class. singular senior cl- class. Yeah. Mac Harper yeah. was the, the guy. Mm-hmm. I think mean, Whitesboro's still going to be a, a playoff team. Yes. I, think, I think they're a solid third place team in that district, but they're. There's going to be some retooling for those guys, and then Shallow Water is another team to keep an eye on out there. But they, uh, they are a team that uh, you know they lost to Paradise, but they and they're. I do think, I think they're a year away. I think I think uh, what you see from Shallow Water, they're, from what I've heard, their junior class yeah. is pretty. Good. I think it's pretty clear the power nexus yes. in Region One still lies in District Four. Yeah, absolutely. Brock Paradise and then Whitesboro maybe as well. On to Region Two. Region two is the one t- region we haven't talked about yet. We haven't talked about team yet mm-hmm. uh, because the uh, but it is the team which has five of our top fifteen in it. It's very yeah. It's it's a, it's a wide open region. It is that's a good region, but it doesn't have a team that's emerged as the favorite. We've got five teams in the top fifteen, and I'll be honest, with the exception of like the last one that I'll mention, I would say of the five teams in the top fifteen. Four of them, I wouldn't be surprised if they won the region. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Malakoff, Grandview, Winsboro, Pottsboro. Correct. Those four. Uh, the fifth, the 15th ranked team is West. West is a West is coming off a really nice couple years. They got crushed by graduation. Yes. They graduated they super heavy. It would not be a surprise to see David Woodard's bunch take it back. Uh, take it, a small, still a playoff team. Yeah. Maybe a second round exit or something like that. This is a region I don't have a good feel for yeah. at all. And I think it's because there's not a dominant team. There's also a lot of parity in this region. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mal- and everybody's got questions. Malakoff's got questions. Grandview's got questions. Winsboro and Pottsboro may have the least amount of questions. I think that's probably right. But I'm just not convinced on either one of them yet. And I'm I hate. I've done this. We've been burned. I've done this before. Don't you dare! No, I absolutely not. No, just saying. Watch out for Atlanta. Stop it! No, <laughs> I'm not doing it. I really like Atlanta. No, I, I like Atlanta. No, no, no. <laughs> okay, that no. year didn't they make the regional finals? I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> I'm done with Atlanta. I'm done with Atlanta. We Coach, got burned like three years in a row by Atlanta. Coach Morton, go ahead and pull this. Co- Tyler Morton did an unbelievable did. job in his first year because they went from 0-10 to 7-4. 7-4. Uh, yeah. So we're talking second-year jump. Nope. nope. It, what, what's Atlanta got nothing back? to do with you, Coach Morton, I promise. This is a, Just t- tell this the is a me thing. Tell the listeners what Atlanta has coming back. Atlanta has... They bring a lot back. They have uh, 13 starters coming back. It's, pretty, it's not bad. Just saying. I'm not doing it. Okay. No. I can't do it. I can't go on record again. Okay. I understand. I, I'm Matt Step is it, watch out for the Atlanta Rabbits. You know what's so interesting? Because we look at we mentioned those teams. And and Malakoff is probably the team they have they uh, um are gonna be they've probably got the, the best top end talent at the skill position spot. For sure. Malakoff's always got good skill kids. They've got they've got outstanding skill kids and they're gonna be fast. And and this year's no different when you take a look at guys like Chauncey Hogg and, and, and Mike Jones. Who? Mike Jones. Chauncey Hogg and Mike Jones. That's a what a combo there. Mike Jones and Chauncey Hogg. They're gonna be good. 
2130804. They still remember that phone number. But Jeez. they but they are thin is the problem. They're they've got great top end talent. Front, yeah, but the they're trenches. thin. Yeah. Grandview has a lot of questions. They're gonna be real young. Mm-hmm. There's a real, real young team. They graduated uh the uh boy fifteen starters. Yeah. I mean, they're gonna be young. You mentioned Winsboro. Winsboro and Pottsboro are probably the teams with the fewest question marks, but they are the teams that haven't done it as much recently. Mm-hmm. Especially Winsboro. Pottsboro Played in the state championship mm-hmm. in was it 2020, 2021. They were in a title game. 2020. Yeah. They were in a title game. But it's been a couple of years. Um, and then, does a good job there, though. Um, and then there's there's a, a team that we haven't mentioned yet. Can I interest you in the Whitney Wildcats? I am I'm intrigued. I'm very intrigued by Whitney. And I'm going to see them week one. Mm. I'm going to Whitney to see them in week one. This is the guy. Remember, this is the uh, the second year for David Haynes. Mm-hmm. So uh, second year bump. Second year bump. Mm-hmm. They're and back. he's a guy who's won big at he was at Marlin before mm-hmm. this, and he won big there. He's got a, his his kid is a stud. His yeah. linebacker kid is a stud. He's got another one who's going to be a freshman. I think is going to play for him. Um, they've got they've got playmakers. Yeah. They've got playmakers, and so so Whitney's my random three A week. So remember who my random three A week one team was last year that had a great year, right? Mm-hmm. Comanche. Mm. Whitney's my random three A okay. division three A team to watch. In Are week you going one. to eat as good at this one? Is I need good? to talk to Coach Haynes. Uh, see what they're going to have. Because uh, so and here's here's another interesting thing. Their booster club, Whitney's booster club does invite us to their state cookoff every year. Remember let, that? Let me tell you about a team that that has they do. It's very nice. When we can never go. Do you realize we are now? Ten minutes into a conversation about Region Two, and we haven't said one word about Mal Pernan. A lot of questions about the Tigers. A lot a of questions. A ton of questions. Their okay. coach graduated heavy, heavy. Yep. I, I'm convinced. Kenton like, McGill, Braden Bennett. Now they were bit hard by the injury. Bump yeah, last year. Bennett was the kid. At the McKenzie uh, McGill was a running back. Yeah, the quarterback he, towards ACL. Yeah, like yeah, exactly right. Mount Vernon for about the first five six weeks of the season looked like a team that was going to play for a state championship. Yes, they last did. Year. They did. And then when the quarterback went out, it was just it was a different yeah, ball game. Yeah. Now they still have a singular defensive talent in Boone Morris. He yes. is a singular mm-hmm. player. Best defensive players in all of East Texas regardless exactly right. of classification. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You could put him on Longview and he'd fit right in. Yeah. Like he's a dude. Sure, sure John King would love to have him. <laughs> but they have they have a lot of other questions yeah. uh, on, on there. So that's on both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. Okay. Flipping over to the other side of the bracket. Region three. This is where Franklin lives. This we talked the, at length about Ranks. This is the fireworks factor. But this is so so this is this is super interesting because this has Four teams that I think are certified contenders. How, how many top ten teams are in region? In, four. In, yeah, four of the top ten are in region three. You've got four teams in the top ten, and then you've got two teams that I think are the the sexiest sleepers in in, in all of six in sounds, all of Texas high school. Sounds hot. They are. So let's let's start with that. We got, we've talked about Franklin. Franklin, yeah. of course, is a team that that we're we're very high. No on. introduction. No introduction. They are they are. At worst, co-favorite to win the region. To be the man, you got to beat the man. Absolutely. Whoa. Then there's Columbus. Mm-hmm. Columbus. Who came within a whisker of beating Franklin. Almost beat them. And they have a lot of experience coming back and a lot of experience at the places you want them to have experience, mm-hmm. right? Um, like, they got the quarterback back. They've got uh, in in Adam Schobel. They've got a, a Baylor a, commit. Yeah, they've got a running back back. Have you committed to Baylor, not TCU? Man, he's just taking the family legacy. Man, mm, just we need to go eat at Schobel's and find out what happens. Disrespectful. Tyvone Whitehead. They're running back. They've got a big time tight end and linebacker in John Schobel. Like they are. <laughs> 
absolutely loaded. This team is, and then the the guy that I am, I'm really excited to see what what he's able to do. They've got this junior wide receiver in Camden Pitchford who moved up late in the year and like made a big impact. He's going to go full year on varsity, and I'm excited to see what he does. So Columbus is in the mix. You have Franklin's District 11 bunkmate in Lorena. Mm-hmm. And Lorena... 2021 state champions. Uh-huh. And Lorena may be the team that I think they're, they're going to be the team that, that people forget about. Part of it is because they have a new coach in Kevin Johnson. Kevin new Johnson coach. taking over for the legendary Ray Biles, who retired after mm-hmm. the, a long and, and, and successful Lorena, career. as long as we were alive, basically. Absolutely. But they were they fell back to the pack last year, seven and four, and were just lost they the were, first round to Columbus. Lorena and Columbus was a first, first round, round matchup last year. But Jeez. but they've still got that dude in Jaden Porter. Another by the Baylor, way, he's back. By the way, another Baylor commit. Another Baylor commit. Mm-hmm. This dude's a stud. So they've got that dude as well. A lot of experience back. Lorena was young last year. Then you've got Hitchcock. Who at, at, at the skill positions is the most talented team in three division one, uh, and there is no question about it. Th- uh, at the skill position spots, you would be hard pressed to find many four A teams yeah. with as much skill position yeah. talent. We're as they, ta- we're, that, like, they would match up skills position wise with Chapel Hill, Carthage, yes. they absolutely you know, China would. Spring, mm-hmm. those types of teams. Like they're loaded at the skill spots. Two times seven on seven champs. Mm-hmm. Damian McDaniel, the wide receiver, Lloyd Jones. We saw him at state seven on seven. The kid mm-hmm. can spin it. Okay. Bryce Dorsey, Kelshawn Johnson. This team is, this is the time. Yeah. This is the moment. They have been starters back, they, nine on both sides. They've the been waiting for this year because it's a special senior class and a special mm-hmm. junior class. Mm-hmm. Both of them playing on the, playing on the field at the same and time. And they, they didn't just, I mean, they were 11 and 2 last year. Yes. Now, I think matchups dictate things because. Frank uh, Hitchcock beat Columbus in the regular season. Gets blown out by Franklin, mm-hmm. so you just transit it properly, right? Oh, well, mm-hmm. Franklin's going to blow Columbus out. No, Columbus hung, one hung score. Yeah, one. So it's all about matchups. I think in Correct. this region, I think Franklin. I think I mean Hitchcock matches up better with Columbus than they do Franklin. I, so, I think that's fair. So I think that that the playoff path is going to be very interesting and tricky because last year Hitchcock was the number one seed, so they drew Franklin around earlier than Columbus did. Mm-hmm. So I think that 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 whole kind of triumvirate there is going to be interesting to watch. So um, Hitchcock's story is going to get told by the trenches. Yes. How much do they improve? They have experience back on the offensive and defensive lines, but did they improve? Mm-hmm. That, that's where Franklin just completely beat them up last year was in the trenches. Can, has Hitchcock closed that gap and made, made a difference? Because if, if they can, their skill guys are, are, are as good or better than anyone. Now. Actually, they're, they're better than anyone three, I agree. on three division yes, one. Three they, they have the best group of skill guys. I agree. So then you have the two sleepers, the two sleepers here. Let's talk about the Anawak Panthers, <laughs> okay? Okay. Because Anawak, I think they're for real, okay? They rolled out a freshman quarterback last year in Brody Barrier, and all he did was throw for 2,600 yards and set like a bunch of school records and as a freshman and lead them to the second round of the playoffs. And boy, I would love to know the last – I mean – I want to say Anowak hadn't won a playoff game in a minute. Hit stop. Um, hit stop. The first of those sleepers is Anowak. Let's talk about Anowak. Okay. Now, this is a team that Coach Greg Neese 
doing a great job there mm-hmm. at Anahuac. They have they have really improved. They have the big tight end, don't yeah. they? Yeah, the Andre Coates. Coates. He's he's like a Division One. He's a monster. Both sides of the ball. He is a monster. Six six two forty. They've got playmakers, Talon Cunningham and, and Javion West. They have to replace a quarterback, but and they have to replace at a four year starting running back in Landon Corbin, mm-hmm. who's gone. Two big losses there. They have to replace those, but if they do, all the kind of networking pieces around them look really good. And you would think with the experience Anahuac comes back, even if they are, they take a step back because of the quarterback transfer and the graduation Mm -hmm. of their running back, those other complementary pieces that they all raise their game a level, that can offset those losses a little bit and make them still a better team. There's one other sleeper here, and it's a familiar name to 3A fans. It is my duty to report that Cameron Yo might be back. <laughs> yeah, Rick Rhodes in his, his uh, was it his first or second year last? It was his uh, second the, year. Yes, year last year was his. I mean, so here's the thing: he puts his he he always says like years as head coach at school, and he says like ten. It's like that's true. Yeah, because <laughs> he's back. He's back. Yeah. Um, it was either first or second year. You're right, but nine and three or yeah. nine and four rather, and they, they turned it around quick. They've yeah. got a quarterback too, Braylon Drake. <laughs> this is a great group of quarterbacks. It is. And um, there's another quarterback that I think you should keep an eye on. That's a that's a, in my I have a sleeper team okay. that, that I, I think I, I, know who I, you're going with. I can interest you in uh-huh. the Yoakum Bulldogs. Uh-huh. They have a quarterback who transferred in from Del Rio, mm. Zach Taylor, mm-hmm. who started at six A Del Rio, mm-hmm. big time athlete, about six four, about one eighty, one eighty five. Yoakum's got a lot back, and now you add in a six A quarterback and Zachary Taylor. Uh, keep an eye on the Yoakum Bulldogs. The problem is, is Yoakum that those uh, those first round matchups between 11, District yeah. Eleven and District Twelve are going to be brutal. Yoakum, Yoakum's pro- if they finish number two in the district, they're probably looking at a first round matchup with Cameron Yo. Mm-hmm. That's a really really tough first round matchup. Just keep an eye on Yoakum. That's that's a team that I really like that no one's talking about. District Nine is going to be fun too, especially that top of Dieball and Woodville. That'll be a yeah, fun. We haven't talked about Die Ball and Woodville. I, I know they're, they're both really both good teams. are really good and both bring back a lot too. Woodville brings like fourteen starters from it's last a, year's team. This is an unreal, it's a region. really fun region. And these are, these are going to be great first round games. Mm-hmm. You, you can keep an eye on Region Three in Round One. Yes, be big time games. Let's round it out with Region Four, Four uh, Three A Division One Region Four. I'll put it to you this way: Is this the most? The, would this be the region that you would feel the most confident predicting right now on July 27th? Yes, I think it's Edna and a big gap. I think so, too. And it was le- like that last year, mm-hmm. too. I mean, Edna, we, we uh, uh, do you, uh, you weren't there, but uh, Ashley Pickle permanently permabanned yeah. myself and Mike Roach and Ishmael Johnson from any future Lano games they after got... Edna, Edna ran Lano off the field in the regional final yeah. and Pickle banned and, us. And guys, I hate to break it to you, but Edna's back in a big, big, they bring big, a ton big back. way, including Jaden Clay, their quarterback. He's a stud. Floyd Ragston, their wide receiver. Cade Rodas. I mean, Tyson Owens, they're loaded, man. Tyson, that's Ruben Owens' little brother. They bring back... 16 starters yeah. from last year's team that went to a state semifinalist. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're, in my opinion, the the runaway favorite in Region 4. Now, if you were to talk about teams that were... What's interesting is that I think the next four teams in this region, you could put in almost any order. Mm-hmm. Okay, Jordanton, Lano, Goliad, Blanco. Yeah, In some sort of order, put them in a hat. Because mm-hmm. they are all... Really, really tight. Mm-hmm. Um, Jordanton's got the most back. They've got 15 starters. Yeah, back. I like Jordanton this year for some. I, I just, I feel like, I think it's. The, I think I'm attracted mm-hmm. to the experience, and I, and I feel like with that experience they have coming back, they bring 15 back from a 10 and two team. 
I, I, off the top of my head, I don't know how the brackets would break, but I think Jordanton may be the second best team in this region. Um, Pickle's going to yell at us when she listens to this, but like, uh, so Lano was excellent last year, like thirteen and one. That's an unbelievable year. Yeah, you can't. Nothing <laughs> so went to a regional that. final yeah. undefeated, right? Um, they do bring back the quarterback in Briggs Green. The issue is they kind of don't bring back much else. They lost. They got they got hit hard everywhere else. They are they have to replace four starting offensive linemen and three starting defensive linemen yeah. in a region and some good skill kids and in a region which is almost exclusively predicated on how well you match up in the trenches. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's the problem for Lano this year. Now you know Matt Green's pulled the rabbits out of his hat before, but and we don't know exactly what his, his kind of classes are going to look like coming out. I know they're they're pretty excited about this freshman class, but it just may be it a, may a be down a, year for Lano. They yeah. might go ten and three. Yes, you know exactly. that kind of thing. Which, I think they're still a favorite in District Thirteen. Yes, yes, yeah. So, I just don't know if they're the yeah. they're going to get to the regional. You know, Edna is a runaway favorite in Region Four. I think the only question is going to be who who they play in the regional final, and, and unfortunately, you know, for them, Edna's going to be a big favorite in all those games. Goliad's interesting because I think that one like one side of the ball, they're going to be really good. Their defense, I think, is nine really, on defense. Nine yeah. back on defense, yeah. but... Questions on offense. I mean, they lose the quarterback, they lose the running back, they yeah, lose they lost a lot. A lot. Uh, and then there's Blaine. They were playing... Goliad, yeah. Goliad made State 7 all 7. They were rotating. They were playing four different quarterbacks. Jeez. I, I, I don't know if they figured it out yet as a, a, after 7 all 7 ended. I'm not sure they figured it out. Blanco, in, in the first year under Jamie Dixon, I thought a really nice first year. Solid, yeah. Eight and five. Uh, they, they bring back a decent amount, uh, including their quarterback, Cameron Anderson. But I still think they're probably about a year away from, from actual, like, regional contention. Mm. Part of that is just because at the very top, Edna does look like a, a, a juggernaut yeah. there. Um, I don't know if I have a real sleeper in this region. Um, no. Give me If I had one, I'd go... Give me the Rohawks. Universal U- City Randolph. Randolph. Yeah, I can get on board with that. I can get on board. That's, that's, they kind of played Lano tough last year. They're, they're, they're usually good defensively. You know, it's a military school, so it's hard to tell... You know, if kids are still going to be there, or maybe they get mm-hmm. a couple of stud move-ins. Who knows? It's, you know, mm-hmm. I, I kind of like the Rohawks. Oh, oh, keep it on Hondo. Like okay. the Owls have an opportunity to make a little bit of okay. make a little bit a little bit of noise. A playoff team last year, I think that's the beginning of something potentially there. Okay, let's now zoom out and go to our regional picks, Matthew. What are your regional picks and your state championship? Picks? Uh, region one, give me Brock. <laughs> region two, I'm gonna go with Malakoff. Don't feel great about it. Mm-hmm. I almost picked Atlanta, but you would yell it. I, I would yell, yell at me again. Don't do it. Uh, reason three, I'm buying in on Hitchcock. Wow, that's my like off. It's not. It's not crazy no. off. It's just Franklin's been so good. I'm gonna go Hitchcock. Uh, region four, I'm gonna go Edna. Uh, in the state championship game, give me Brock over Edna. Yeah. That feels good. And I'm hoping Stone Cold Steve Austin shows up at the state championship game. That'd be dope. Region one, I like Brock. It's Edna alum, by the way. Region two. Region two. That's the tough one. Region two is tough. Region two and region three are really tough for different reasons. I want to believe in Winsboro. Kyler Finney. Yeah. I want to believe in Winsboro. Yeah, I'm going to go with Winsboro. Okay. F it. Winsboro. Okay. Region three, I'm going to stick with Franklin. I think to be the man, you got to beat the man, and they've still got Jaden Jackson, and he's that guy, and that mm-hmm. defense reloads on the fly. Okay. I like Franklin. In Region Four, I do like Edna. And in a state championship game, I think. Uh, 
I'm going to go Franklin over Brock again. Okay. Another chalky. Very chalky tight one. You've been though. chalky. You were chalky in both 2As and you were chalky in 3D1. Who do you have? You have Canadian in D2? Uh, Who'd you have I had, uh, Gunner, yeah, Gunner. You, you've been chalking all. A gunner over hooks. 2A and 3A. Yeah, You've been chalk, chalk tepper over here. Chalky tepper. That's me. I'm a company man. we got a magazine to sell. Please buy our magazine. Actually, you're a subscriber. You already get it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, go buy another one. Go to the store and buy another one. Go buy another one. Uh, all right. That's it. That's the 3A preview. We did yeah, a cool so, hour of 3A talk. How it's about good. that? It's good. And we'll do uh, only one tep and step yes. next week. You're, you're going on vacation, aren't you? Going to vacation. In fact... Are you, are you going to Missouri? No. Uh, actually, we are going... Uh, let me find it. We're both traveling. We are. Uh, next uh, next week, I will be... Where is it? Golly. While you're searching, I'm leaving for Canada oh, yeah. tomorrow. So it's going to be great. I will be headed to actually the home of a 3A school. Okay. I'll be heading to Port Aransas ah, with the okay. family. A 3A school that doesn't play football. Exactly right, yeah. You're going Third. to Port A. Yeah, okay. I'm going to Port A. Uh, nice. Where's Aransas Pass? Near Port Aransas. Near to Port Aransas. Near yeah. there, yeah. Um, I'm going to bully my in-laws into going to the Aransas Pass football stadium. There you go. Go so check it out. Yeah. Coast. So it'll be, uh, we'll have a Monday international version of Tap and Step. For a preview. Yeah, because I leave. I'm, I'm flying out to Canada tomorrow to spend what's left of the off-season up north where it's going to be like, if it's 85, they'll be screaming how hot it is. And then, uh, yeah, we'll do that Monday. And then the, then the following week, we'll have a, a Tep and Step double. Yeah, we'll do 5A and 6A. We'll do 5A on that Monday on, I guess that's going to be like August 7th, I think. August 7th. And then no. on August 10th, we'll do 6A. Mm-hmm. And then we'll take the week off before the state. We'll and then, week off and then, and then, then August 21st, the week one, week one. We're the game draft in. returns. Do you realize, like, right now, it's May, it's June 20, July 27th. We're four weeks away from games. Like, mm-hmm. five, it's 5 o'clock on Thursday. Um, there may not be a game on right yet. I think there is a 5 o'clock Like a 5 o'clock game. Thursday? I think so. I always think, I know we've said this before, somebody should do that. Somebody should make that their bit yeah, of, man. like, we play the first game mm-hmm. of the Texas high school football there's, season. I think there is an early game. I need to go. I need to check the schedule. But I believe there's like a Like a midnight game. madness type thing? There, yeah. I mean, literally, it's Thursday. Pete, practices start Monday. What we got to do is we got to talk people into, if we were smart with Dave Campbell's Texan Life, what we would do is we would schedule it so that, like, on that first Friday... We would have like games that like have like a ten o'clock game and then like a one o'clock like 24 game. Twenty four hours of twenty four hours like, of like ESPN does twenty four hours of college basketball. I love that bit because I always because the one they've always got to, to 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 worry about is like get somebody to play at like three a.m. Right, and that's they, the one that Hawaii game. They do like a Hawaii game and it ends yeah. up being like a midnight game or whatever. They're yeah. like a ten ten o'clock ten p.m. game, mm-hmm. but like whatever. Uh, and then you got to get somebody else to play at like five a.m. or like six a.m. Eastern. Yeah, you breakfast know what I mean? bowl. Yeah, yeah, breakfast bowl. But like if we could talk to people, coaches, give us a call. Yeah, let's make this happen. Let's get you on we, text. We, we've bullied coaches into doing stuff before. That's, that's what we do here. <laughs> anyway, thanks for being a Dave Campbell's Text Football subscriber. Step, thanks for your courage. Thank you. Talk to you next week for the 4A preview of Tap and Stuff. Matt Step, you were about to tell me the temperature there in Canada, and I was about to tell you to go screw yourself. So look, you're going to win this one in the marketplace of ideas. Step and Step, your premium Texas high school football podcast from your friends at Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. I am the Tep Greg Tepper. 
And I'm the step, Matt Step. Coming to you live from Canada. Yes, an international version of Step and Step, as we are, uh, we are known worldwide as an international podcast. We really, I think people know, like we are a Texas football podcast, but I think people know us more as being, you know, having broad, um, uh, you know, horizons. You know, we're um, international men of mystery. I, I think, I think that's that's. Definitely what it's said about us when we walk into Texas high school football stadiums. Many people are saying this is your 2023 class 4A preview edition of Tap and Step. We do thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas football subscriber coming up here in just a moment. Step and I are going to go region by region in the uh, in the big middle of this uh, of, of uh, t- Texas high school football class 4A. And we will talk a little bit about what to expect from what is usually what is usually one of the most fun classifications in in the state. 4A usually yeah. provides the entertainment. 4A is the sweet spot. It, it's most of I mean, if you took a poll of the Dave Campbell's editorial staff, I think 4A would probably win as their favorite classification because it's that sweet spot of it's still small town football, still mm-hmm. Mostly one school town, still has a small town feel, but the level of talent, I think, really ramps up a notch or two at the 4A level. And the brand of football that you see in Class 4A um, is is really, really good in a lot of cases, especially the when you get to state, you know, the 4A mm-hmm. football is really, really good. It's a, it's a lot of good recruits, it's just a lot of high-level football, and so it's that sweet spot. So we will get into that coming up here in just a moment. We will start, Matthew, as we always do. With your Texas high school football fun fact of the week presented by Country Meats. Oh, oh. Mm, mm, mm. Mm, mm, mm. Country Meats. I mean, you know, one of the things that I don't want to tell you that, uh, you know, I don't want to start a, a, an international war here, but uh, I know that there's Country Meats in America and I don't know if there's Country Meats in Canada. So. Good old USA one. Well, there are country meets in Canada because I brought them from the good old US of A. Shout out to shout our, out to our friends at Country Meets. Shout out to our friends at Country Meets. We all love the game of football, and they're here to make fundraising easy for your team. Head on over to countrymeets.com. Use the discount code STEP10 at checkout to get 10% off your first order. That's discount code STEPP10 at checkout at countrymeets.com. Countrymeets.com. They let Matt Step fly Meat Force One up to Canada. I'll say this now. I did not declare my country meats in customs. <laughs> I did not. And here's why. I was afraid mm. that the Canadian Border Patrol would confiscate my country meats for themselves. And I, I couldn't have that. I just couldn't have it. You can't trust the Mounties. Say that. I've been saying it no. for years. No. Mm. Especially the maple, the maple bacon flavor, the, the maple barbecue. Uh-uh. They would have, they would have confiscated it, and then I would have been without my country meats. And 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 what? Who would want to live like that? Uh, it is your Texas high school football fun fact of the week, and Matt Step. It's a twofer. What, oh boy! What Texas high school football? Oh, let me start over. What UIL eleven man Texas high school football program without a state title berth? has the most wins and what UIL 11 man Texas high school football program with a state title berth has the most losses. Okay. Okay. 
Now so we're talking need, about appearances at state. They don't have to have a state championship. Correct. A state, a state championship, championship appearance, a state championship birth. Wow. Oh, I I dug in this time. I, I you you got you beat this is me good. last time, and I'm not I'm not happy okay. about it. Okay, I'm gonna say the most wins without a state championship appearance. Mm-hmm. Hondo. That's an excellent guess, but Hondo did go to the 1956 Class A state championship. Damn owls! I'll tell you. Dang it! All right. Uh, okay, that was my guess on on that one. Now, what the next one is? Um, the most losses for a team that does have a state championship birth. Okay, okay. Because, for example, I'll I'll give it to you. The team with the most all time losses is my grandmother's beloved alma mater, North Dallas. They've got six hundred ninety seven losses all time. They never played in a state championship game, and they've never played in the state championship game. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Um. Hmm. It's got to be someone who either was really bad for a long time and played one recently, or someone who played in one like in the 30s and hasn't played in one since. Uh, this is tough. Uh, I'm in my bag, buddy. <laughs> Dallas Sunset is a good guess. However, that is didn't not they true. technically play for a state championship when they were Oak Cliff High School or something? Weird? Uh, in 1942, uh, Sunset's actually played in three state championships, sir. They played in the 2A state okay. championship. They lost to Austin in 1942. They lost to, to San Antonio Jefferson in the city state championship in 1949. And they lost to Houston. Reagan. Oh, I the city conference. And and they lost to, and they won the 1950 Houston Reagan uh, over Houston Reagan. Uh, they won the state championship. That was that was uh, the first before South Oak Cliff. Actually, that set, that sunset win over Reagan in 1950 was the last recognized UIL state championship. Because yeah. uh, yeah. the rest of Dallas, Dallas had Dallas had, had plenty of PVIL, but there's not. No, the answer, Matthew, the program without a state championship game birth with the most wins. Is the Cardinals of Harlingen? Who? Oh, it was wins. Yeah, that's what I said. Oh, that's I had. I was thinking losses. Okay, well, most I'm losses t- with the I'm state t- championship. Really. It's both questions, Matt. I'm answering your first question first. The Harlingen okay. Cardinals. You guessed Hondo, uh, but Hondo and uh, Harlingen actually have the same number of wins at 710. But Hondo's been to a state championship. Harlingen has not. Okay, Harlan. So that, okay. that is the winningest program without a state championship berth. The losingest program with a state championship berth. Matt Step, may I present to you the mighty Eagles of Hillsborough? Uh, Hillsborough wow, has 615 losses. That is eighth all time in Texas high school football history. They've been playing football for a long time in Hill County. That is exactly right because Hillsborough did make it to the 1955 two A state championship where they lost to Stamford 34 to seven. So okay. there you have it: the winningest program to never play for a title is Harlingen. The losingest program to play for a title is Hillsborough. And there's your Harlingen title. makes a lot of sense because yeah. because they've played football for a long time and they're almost always really good. 
They're always good, and they're just in mm-hmm. a they're they're in a part of the state that just does not play for state championships. Like yeah. it wouldn't be a surprise if another one was like an El Paso team, right? Like if I were to look at like the the winningest El Paso program, um, I don't know if I can find that. Let me find. Anyway, I'll have to look that up. Anyway, there's Texas High School football fun fact of the week. I told you I was in my bag. Good one. All you, right, you were in your bag this week, yeah. All right, Matthew, it's time to start our four A preview uh we're going to go smallest to largest as we are so want to do and we will start in 4a division two today matthew where the reigning state champions are a team that um yeah uh i i think that uh we all kind of could have seen it coming and that's the carthage bulldogs uh carthage yes i mean it's death taxes and carthage right you know they romp to scott surratt's ninth state championship um and and we you know I, I will just say that I don't think that we like we all sit here and we marvel at what Carthage has been able to do, but I don't know if we actually take a step back and think about this run of dominance that they have had. They have nine titles since two thousand eight. Yeah, it's and I think we don't we don't because we're in the middle of it, it's still going on. I think whenever this run does end, I think we'll look back on it and really start to go, man, what an unbelievable run they've had. Um, and I, I don't think we, because we're in the midst of it, it you know, I don't yeah. think we've had a chance to really fully, you know, you don't fully appreciate things till they're done. Yeah. And I don't think we're getting, I think because I, I'm not going to break any news here. Carthage is going to be in the mix for a state championship again mm-hmm. this year. So we're we're just in the depths of it right now, but it, it's unbelievable. Scott Surratt's got more state championships than playoff losses. He's nine and zero in state title games, mm-hmm. which is just absurd. Um, it the the list of stats goes on and on and on of of the accomplishments that Carthage has. Um, it's it's impressive. And I, you know, you know, I talked to you know they they did get pushed in the state semifinals last year. Glen Rose really had them on the ropes mm-hmm. and if not for a couple of turnovers that Carthage forced I think you know we might have seen a really really big upset but it's funny I talked to Doug Warren Wimberley head coach about that uh going you know at coaching school we talked about the state championship game last year and he goes you know we kind of you know I don't think Carthage played very well in that game against Glen Rose last year and he goes and we were really worried because we didn't expect them to play poorly in back-to-back weeks and they uh, they definitely did not play poorly against Wimberley in the state championship game. Yeah, forty-two uh, nothing skunking. Um, and what's funny? It's so funny that Coach Warren said that because I remember that when we were previewing the game, I remember us talking about. We talked like, about it. What are the chances Carthage plays like lays two eggs in a row, and it's like nil, mm-hmm. like they're just not going to do it. Um, mm-hmm. but that's you know, you, you I think you credit. You got to going back and we'll talk, we'll move forward here in a moment, but like you, you credit Glenn Rose because it takes two to tango. You need to catch Carthage on an off day and you have to play really well. And uh, I think what, what the, what the Glenn Rose loss in the semifinal proved to me is just how special the 2021 China spring team was that mm-hmm. they were able to not only catch Carthage on a bad game, 
there in the regional semifinals, third round, regional semifinals. Mm-hmm. But then they also capitalized and played their game and played it well. And and but that's what it takes at this point when when you, you want to derail or throw a wrench into the the Carthage machine, that's what you have to do. And by the way, spoiler alert. Carthage is going to be really good again. They start the year number one in our rankings. However, Matthew, I will posit to you that unlike some other past years where I think 2022, I would say 2020 as well, where it looked like Carthage in a runaway, I don't see a runaway in 4A Division II. I think think Carthage can be your pick, and I think that arguably they're the safe pick, but I don't see a runaway in 4A Division II. I think there's a healthy group of challengers. I think part of it is is I think Carthage has some questions, uh, primarily on the defensive side of the ball, and you know at quarterback. Now we know who the quarterback's going to be. It's Jet Surratt, and we have a feeling he's going to be really good, but he is still a sophomore. So you have to take that into account. I, I think he's going to have to replace some some skill guys at receiver. Carthage's running game should be as good as any in the state with with Bowden and Edwards returning. Um, to lead the way, but defensively, Carthage has questions as well. I think Carthage is going to have to replace some guys off a really good defense. They're going to be talented, but again, they're going to be young. So, so there are some questions there, and I think also for a Division Two, some of the contenders in for a Division Two, especially in Region Three, mm-hmm. uh, look to be improved. So, I, I think you've got the gap kind of closing on, on both sides there. Okay, so let's let's go region by region. Let's start with region numero uno. Uh, region one uh, was the one by Glen Rose, the aforementioned Glen Rose last year, and and you know, we've gone on. Fashion. Yes, and we've gone on and on. I hope that our praise of Glen Rose and that 2022 Glen Rose team is coming through because what, what what Coach Watkins put together there at at Glen Rose last year was special, special, special. And I hope that what people hear uh, when people hear me say the next thing that they don't forget that I said the first thing because Glen Rose has some big, big, big questions this year, and I think it makes Region One a real. I think I don't know. I think it's a real street fight in Region One. It's a big question mark. It's gonna be it's gonna be wide open. There's several teams who I think think they can make a run because Glen Rose graduated. So like Glen Rose lost 16 starters from last year's team, nine on the offensive side of the ball. That offense last year was really 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 smoking. They they did a great job and and they they graduated heavy. Now they do have a couple of real playmakers there on the defensive side of the ball in the Redmond brothers. Mm-hmm. Who will kind of be the the catalyst on, on a defense that brings four back, which four is not a lot, but it's no. better than two. Uh, so so they're gonna they're gonna have to find some some playmakers on the offensive side of the ball. They're gonna have to replace some guys in the secondary. A lot of questions for Glen Rose. So when you look at the rest of the race, you know, let's start with Monahans, who is the team that played Glen Rose last year in the regional final. They got blown out, but Monahans brings back that guy. Mm-hmm. Chino Navarrete, the quarterback for the for the Lobos, who put up a monster monster season last year. Um, I want to say he was an All State quarterback. Uh, you know, he he's more of a runner than a thrower. He ran for thirty four touchdowns, threw for nine, but he's he's that dual threat guy. But he's the kind of guy who can take Monahans and put them on his back, like he did last year. Really like what Monahans com- has has as far as around Navarrete. They've got enough guys to where, where Chino can kind of lead them um, because they've got that guy back. 
What what it's funny that you mentioned Monahan's because I do think that because like I think if people look at our look at our, our rankings, right? Our computer rankings are gonna have Monahan's twenty-sixth in the state. Okay. They're gonna have them sixth in the region. And yet I also think you're right. I think they're in the mix because there are questions for every one of these teams ahead of them. Like Region one does feel so wide open. We talked about Glen Rose. They got to replace the entire offensive line. They got to replace Hudson White. They got to replace a ton, right? The most, the the fastest team in this region, and not by a small margin, is going to be Wichita Falls Hershey. Wichita Falls Hershey is a fascinating team because for a couple of reasons. One of them is that they do lose a lot of their their the the star power from this team. Marion Pierce. Yeah, was a, they had a. They had a running back go to USC and a receiver go to SMU. Like they lost some big time talent. And and by the way, I thought their quarterback, Causey Terry Causey, I think it was, he was yeah. a mm-hmm. stud. Um, mm-hmm. and, and he really made them go. So they have a lot of questions. That's not even to mention the fact that this is the last year of existence for Hershey High School. <laughs> yeah. So there's no telling how that it could go one of two ways, right? They could rally. And and be this kind of be this fun story, or they could be like, ah, we're going to be closed next year. What's the point? Right. So yeah. there's kind of a weird dichotomy there with Hershey. They bring back a lot on defense, eight starters on defense. I've got some questions about Hershey because I thought last year, um, new coaching staff, a lot of turnover. They've had more staff turnover this year. How how this, they're organized they're going to be and, and how ready to play they're going to be because there's a lot going on there at Hershey. They, I thought they underachieved last year, personally. Uh, another team that's going to be in that mix is Godley. Godley is – look, here's a hot take about Godley. They're going to be able to run the stinking ball, okay? Landon Thigpen's back. He was a 3,000-yard rusher last year. And all five offensive linemen are back. Now and they got hot late. They went five and five last year. But their offense got cooking late oh, yeah. in the year. They got they went all the way to the regional semifinals, and I think Monahan's beat them. But it was like it was a high scoring shootout, yeah. close game. The question for them is on the defensive side, and just consistency. Plus, like those six players that I mentioned, the five offensive linemen and Thickpin, That's literally the entire offensive returning starters they have. Yeah. So what's going to happen is God is going to see a lot of nine man boxes. There, there, there. People are going to say somebody else other than Landon Thigpen is going to have to beat us this year mm-hmm. because we're going to we're going to load the box up and say we're going to dare you to run the football. Graham, I think is always in the mix. I like what they have offensively. Uh, they they have. I think they started twelve juniors last year. They do have to replace a lot of their offensive line. Um, and they're you know, and they're gonna have to go through Hershey as well. They're 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 interesting. I think they take a step forward, and is that step forward enough? But the team that I have circled, and I, I think you know where I'm going with this. The mm-hmm. team that I have circled is the team that maybe burst onto everyone's uh, radar last year because they literally burst onto the the varsity scene, and that's the Wolves of Canyon West Plains. I they went seven and five last year, and. I am inclined to think that's the tip of the iceberg. I think I think Absolutely. they can I think they can win the region. Yeah, well, I I agree with you. This is a team that that brings back nine starters on both sides of the ball. They they played a ton of freshmen and sophomores last year. Mm-hmm. They're going to be deeper this year. They're going to be stronger, faster, more experienced. They 
they're pulling a lot. Of, they're getting this is this is a fast growth area of Amarillo, so they're getting a lot of people that are coming in from Amarillo High, Canyon Randall coming over. That's kind of where they're mainly pulling a lot of their kids from. This is a team that's exciting. This is a team that's well coached. Adam Cummings does a great job. I mean, no one expected them. Talking to our friends in Amarillo last year preseason, the the over under they were setting on wins was like two. They were like, we'll be surprised if they win two games last year. And they haul off and go seven and five and, and they win, win a playoff, a playoff game. game. This is a team that, in my opinion, the arrow is pointed way up. And I think they're going to be a real problem here in Region One. Mm-hmm. I think so. Uh, so, Region One, again, it's just going to be a lot of fun because it's Let's wide. Say the quarterback, Reed Macon, yeah. West Plains, quarterback, Reed Macon, starts 12 games for them as a freshman. You don't think he's going to be a lot better this yeah. year? He threw 19 touchdowns as a freshman. This yeah. kid is going to be really, really good. Like, like that's just the kind of upside we're seeing with, with West Plain. They played guys who were freshmen last year. Those yeah. guys are going to be very experienced this year. Region Region 1 is going to be a lot of fun, and if you're looking for an unpredictable region, it's probably there. If you're looking for the fireworks factory, it's in region. It's in the, the next two regions, I'd say. Uh, but we'll start with Region 2. For sure. Uh, this is where Carthage lived, lives, rather. We talk all about, we talked a lot about, about what Carthage brings back. They are going to get pushed within their own district, and they are going to get pushed, in my opinion, in every round of the playoffs, maybe except the first, because Region 2 has got at least three and arguably five bona fide problems for them in region two because i i i think the east texas kind of north texas corridor here is ripe this year and and i think that there there are teams that have been waiting for this particular class to get here and and especially one of them in pleasant grove they feel like this is their year and they have every reason to believe it is yeah we started pleasant grove and, and what josh gibson welcomes back from a regional finalist last year that went 11 and three 17 mm-hmm. starters back. They bring back 23 Letterman, and their frontline talent, in, in my opinion, is as good or better than Carthage. I think one through one to 10, yes. Pleasant Grove might have an edge over Carthage. And the question for Pleasant Grove is going to be depth. Players 10 through about 35, where, where does that, that line up? How does that stack up against the better teams in this region? That's that's the question mark with Pleasant Grove. And 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 you, look, Pleasant Grove has been a problem for Carthage. Or I'm sorry, Carthage has been a problem for Pleasant Grove. Like since basically since time immemorial, since Carthage dropped mm-hmm. back down to four division two. We are really a, like this is the moment here for Pleasant Grove. If it does not yeah, happen, I think it, yeah. This year, with this senior class going up against this Carthage team, which does have some pieces to replace, then it may not happen while they're still in the same region. Agree, agree. This, this is, this is. It lines up for Pleasant Grove to get it done this year. If they're not going to get it done this year, you know, I, I don't, I don't know if they ever will. So um, they're loaded. Looking at Pleasant Grove's own district, I think Gilmer is. Mm-hmm. Gilmer still has to be. A, you know, Gilmer actually won. The thing about seven four a that's interesting is when you come to playoff time, if you if you win the district, you see Carthage around earlier. So Gilmer was undefeated, won the district last year, and had to play Carthage in the third round of the playoffs. A game I believe you called, mm-hmm. um, and then in Pleasant Grove saw Carthage in the fourth round of the playoffs. So I'm not saying some there's some gamesmanship there, and there's you know the bracket probably sets up better for the runner up in this district. So. 
that's interesting. Gilmer loses a lot. They 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 lost their quarterback, um, who uh, I believe signed with UTSA, if memory mm-hmm. serves me correctly. Right. Um, but his little brother is I think uh, uh, Tennyson. So Brandon Tennyson yeah. graduated. Caden Tennyson, the sophomore, takes over at Gilmer. Um, they've got some guys to replace, but Gilmer's always talented. They're always in the mix. Uh, but right now, I would give Pleasant Grove because of the experience, the edge, and the district. Uh, but Gilmer later in the year could be a team that that's that that peaks late. Let me correct something. Brandon Tennyson was the senior quarterback in 2021. Caden Tennyson, his brother, was the sophomore starter last year. So he is back. Caden okay, Tennyson. Okay. Yeah, we did. Okay. It, it, it's a million Tennyson quarterback, and they're all good. It seems like there. there's been a Tennyson at Gilmer for 10 years yeah. now. Yeah. So, um, uh, but this is, this is a, you're right. This is a, a Carthage team that I do think is going to be able to run the ball with Will Henderson and, and Aaron Bell. I think they're going to be able to run the ball a little bit. They'll need to be balanced in order to get through this kind of rough and tumble region. I am also intrigued by Aubrey. Now, Aubrey was a was a good story last year. They do graduate heavy, but I think that some of the players that they have coming back, and especially I think they're going to be able to line up in the trenches, that is going to be critical. Match up in the trenches and then hopefully get one or two of your skill position guys to emerge that can match up with the big boys here in in, in, in East Texas. Um, that to me is 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 the way to go. But but you know, I center is kind Aubrey's of that fast well. growth yeah. kind of North mm-hmm. Denton that, that you, they could have three or four move ins, you know, because yeah. of, of the growth and, and that where they're located. It's a fast growth area. They they could, you know, they're always gonna be in the mix because of because of that. Uh, center is going to score. That is not a. That is not a an opinion. That's a. That's a. That's a. That's a. Uh, that's a spoiler. Center is going to score. Yeah. They've got. They've got playmakers. Their offense comes back. Caden Dixon, and Caden Dixon, their running back is a stud. Cash Cross, their their quarterback, I thought was way underrated last year, and I think he's ready for his close up. He's a good looking kid too. Six four, two hundred. I mean, he's a good looking kid. Caden um, Dixon's a six two one ninety running back. You know, I, mean, you know, I think he's yeah. got a future as a safety at the next level. See, Henderson has a thirty a two thousand yard back with thirty three touchdowns, and they have a two thousand yard passer with thirty touchdowns passing. Like Jeez. center is going to score points. The question yeah, for center is going to be their defense, which wasn't good last year, and only brings back three starters. Yes, they 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 are going to need to reload. Um, I could be. I could be talked in, in in a different is the in a different region. I could be talked into um Caddo Mills, but they have they mm-hmm. they like I just lo- think losing like they're going to be have a new quarterback um like this year he was like he's or they're they're moving Alfonso Gonzalez from running back to quarterback. Um I don't know. I just I, I have too many questions about Caddo Mills offensively to especially yeah, in the offensive region. line, especially. Mm-hmm. If they if they're in region one, they'd fit right in as far as like teams that I have questions about. But like unfortunately mm-hmm. they, they're in the same same region as Carthage, Gilmer, and, and, and Pleasant Grove. So um okay. A couple other teams that I like that, that are kind of under the radar. I like Gainesville. They kind of broke had a breakout year last year, got to the second round. They bring back seventeen starters. I like Gainesville. I think they're, they're, you know, they're a solid team, a sleeper kind of team. And I think Rusk, with the addition of the transfer quarterback from Anahuac and, and the Barrier kid, uh, Rusk could be could be you know a team to keep an eye on as well. Just kind of as a sleeper under the radar type team. I'm glad you said that. Let me just throw this out there: Carthage's district one through six. All due respect to our friends in Brownsboro, I do think Brownsville will be a little bit better, but like one through six, 
Man, I'll tell you that like Car- Carthage is going to win the district. I'm not here telling you otherwise. But Center, Van, Rust, Bullard, and and Canton, those are all fun, high variance teams. That yeah, I think solid, the ceiling it's a solid is district. Yeah. yeah, it's a competitive. And even Brownsboro's got a the Jaquel, uh, Jaquel Baker kid committed mm-hmm. to TCU. Yeah. Like Brownsboro's even got playmakers as well. So that's that's a fun district week in and week out to keep an eye on. Most certainly. Over to Region 3, and if that's not enough fireworks for you, then allow me to present to you Region 3, which makes up six of the top 11 in our in our preseason rankings. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It, it, this is this is one of those things that it's like, it's kind of, in my opinion, the opposite of Region 1 in the sense that it is wide open, but not because there's so many unknown unknowns. It's wide open because you've got at least six teams that are all not just regional championship worthy, but arguably state championship worthy. It's a shocking region. It's loaded. And it starts with the mo- one of the most loaded districts in the state of Texas, 9-4-A Division Ooh. Two. 9-4-A Division Two, I believe, has three top what? 11 teams. Ham- Hampshire Finette is top number 11. Three top 11 teams. They have four top Right 20. there in nine. Yeah. West Orange Stark, who is one of the most named programs in Texas, is universally finished fourth. And I'll tell you, you know, poor Hudson Standish and his Liberty Panthers. Oh, you man. put Liberty in, in, in most other districts in Texas, and they're at worst second or third in the district. Yeah. And yet in this district – Liberty's a unanimous number five pick. So that, that just shows you how good the, this this district is. It, it's, it's you know, and for Liberty, it's going to be, you know, modern problems require modern solutions. And they're going to have to figure out a way to try to beat one of these top four teams. Well, the, the top team pretty universally, at least right now where we sit, is Silsby. And yeah. it, it is easy to get excited about one player in Draylon Miller. And I want to be very clear to you. Draylon Miller is that guy. He's him. Okay, he's yeah. that dude. And right yeah. now, Dr- Draylon Hiller. Draylon Hiller. I'm trying to think of a, of, a, of a fun name for him, but he's um, he's 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 that guy. He's he's him. He is he's worth the price of admission, and he is arguably the preseason favorite to win Mister Texas Football. But he's huh? not alone. This team is deep. This team is balanced. This team is battle-tested. This team is arguably ready to win a state championship. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they had Cuero on the ropes last year in the regional final. Things they lost in double overtime. Talking to uh, Coach Randy Smith, the real big thing he's excited about is they bring back all five starters in the offensive line. Mm-hmm. They're going to be good in the trenches this year, which has been some, some years question mark for Silsby. It's not a question mark this year. They're loaded. They're going to break in a new quarterback, but I think they feel really good about their quarterback situation. This is a team that's deep. This is a team that's experienced, and this is a team that's ready to take that next step. Now, I'll put it to you this way. Let's, let's for the sake of argument, install Silsby as the favorite in District 9. Mm-hmm. Who's your second-place team in that district? <laughs> it's a tough, tough question. Yeah, I, I'm. I lean to Jasper, who was the second place team last year. Um, I, I lean to Jasper, but but not by much. I mean that the gap between Silsby, Jasper, and Hampshire Finette last year was pretty. Those 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 games between those three were all real tight. 
I think they're going to be real tight again this year, but I, I would give Jasper the slight edge as for the number two. Uh, uh, I've, I've, I, I agree with you. Second year in coach under Kendrick Cromedy. I think you're already seeing the Kendrick Cromedy effect. Like I think, I think it is palpable and tangible that the program feels different. They feel like they're getting back to Jasper football, which is just uh, knocking your teeth through the back of your head. They bring back every one of their defensive starters. And mm-hmm. I think it's seven or eight offensively, eight offensively. Eight, I mean, eight offensively. Yeah, They're loaded. That's to say nothing about Hampshire Finette, by the way, who is a team that made it to the regional semifinals last year. It felt like a huge step in the right direction for this program. And they are, you know, I think that they, beyond that, like they bring back 14 starters and they're going to fill in gaps with an undefeated JV team. Hampshire mm-hmm. finettes the real stinking deal too. And another team that in a different region, we'd be talking about as like a runaway favorite. Yeah. So I talked to coach Crumity about Hampshire Fournette. He told me that Hampshire Fournette's JV, JV squad last year was one of the best JV teams he'd ever seen. This is a guy who's been at Manville. Yeah. He so Hampshire Finette's gonna fill in some talent. I know it's you know, it's JV, blah, blah, blah. Still, those are young guys who are gonna step in and be ready to play with a team that already brings back seven starters on both sides of the ball. Hampshire Finette's gonna be a problem. And it wouldn't surprise me in the least if nine four A in how good region three is mm-hmm. has three of the four regional semifinalists. Mm-hmm. I think all three of these teams are capable of making the regional semifinals. So the other the, the uh, and then you move into the non district nine category. And you have got playmakers. I'm, I'm I'm sorry. Well, you do have playmakers, but you also have contenders in each of the other districts here too. You've got Quero. Um, I last year's regional champion. Yeah, just the team that that played in the state semifinal, and by the way, took Wimberley to the wire, came within mm-hmm. a whisker of playing for a state championship themselves. Now they have some reloading to do. Uh, they've got to replace three offensive linemen. They've got to replace an all-state linebacker. They've got to replace all three of their running backs. But mm-hmm. Quero reloads. They are a program that is is going to have dudes back in the mix, and 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 you count them out at your own peril. Well, they've got two building blocks. They bring back Mason Nataro mm-hmm. at quarterback, and they bring back a Patek kid who was an all-state mm-hmm. linebacker. I think Patek had 221 tackles last year, something crazy. So between those two guys, you've got some building blocks to build around them. But I do think Quero, they're going to be a little bit young. Most years, I would still install instill them as a regional favorite. But because of how good Region 3 is, I think right now you have to put Quero a little bit back behind some of the top teams just because they've got a lot. They got more question marks. Uh, but you've got Belleville. Belleville was a team that I think last year was, again, kind of a hop and a uh, – like they, they, they feel like they, they stumbled. Uh, in that area around, remember they lost to Madisonville nine to three. Yeah, um, they kind of, yeah Madisonville did a great job defensively on them, and this I don't know if the weather had. Remember the area around was like it was crazy cold yeah. on that Friday night. I just don't. But Belleville runs the slot T. You would think that offense would be conducive to mm-hmm. playing in those weather conditions. So credit to Madisonville. I mean they 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 got it done. But they've got. But I'll tell you, Belleville brings back. Uh, five stars on each side of the ball, including they get Sam Renicki back uh, from uh, from injury. Uh, at the he's kind of their bell cow running back, and mm-hmm. they have one of the most like ferocious defenders into in four A in in DJ Sanders, their defensive lineman who's a junior who's already got like 
12 power five offers or something. He's a monster. It's six, three, three Oh five. Yes, he is. And, and there's just not a whole lot you can do with that at the, at the four, a division two level. So no, he's, a, he's a mountain in the middle of the defense. Yeah. And yeah. then there's Waco Connolly. And, and, and what's so interesting about this Connolly team is that I thought we were supposed to be done with them. Like I thought the last year was supposed to be like the year for the cadets. And you look at what they like the guys that they, graduated you would think oh yeah like a 4a division two program losing guys like jelani mcdonald and losing guys like caden turner they should be done oh wait no they've still got kobe black they've still got Kiefer sibley they've still got all these dudes like they're going to be so explosive offensively and i don't know mm-hmm. like conley's right there in that mix there's talent their frontline talent is as talented as anyone they're probably their top five players are, are right up there with anyone in the state it's you know Connolly. the issues are depth and how how they handle adversity and how they handle playing teams who can challenge them when they get up against teams they just can't out talent it tends to go south for Conley that's been the knock on them and it's it's kind of played out uh over the years in in, in the postseason last year they they lost to Hampshire Finette the second round of the playoffs and and so that's that's kind of where you know Hampshire Finette's talented enough where Conley's not going to blow them off the field so that's where where that issue comes through. But Kiefer Kiefer Sibley, Kobe Black's a five star player. Yeah, you know they got they've got five and and they did that last year, losing Trey Wisner to Desoto, the, the running back who committed to Texas. So they were still able to be very productive and very very stout. But can Connolly get it done against teams who who won't just get run off the field by their talent? Over to Region Four, and in Region Four of Four A Division Two, uh, this is probably the region where uh, it's probably closer to Region One than it is to Region Two or Three. Um, you have a, a state finalist here in Wimberley, um, and Wimberley is going to have a lot of important pieces back. Like, there's a lot of reason to just like pencil Wimberley back in. Uh, they bring back Cody Stover, who I thought was a revelation for them as a sophomore at the quarterback spot. He was so good uh, last well, year. Oh yeah, when Cash McCollum transferred to China oh. Spring, everybody was like, "Oh, Wimberley's going to be, you know, they're they're just they're going to be fine. They're they're still." Doug yeah. Warren always has Wimberley in the mix. The thing about Region Four that's interesting is all the powers in thir- District Thirteen. Mm-hmm. The four semifinalists in this region all came from District Thirteen. So you start in this district, and it starts with Wimberley. You know they, they've got until proven otherwise that they're the team to beat. But I do think a team like Navarro, this could be a year where Navarro they bring enough back that they're familiar with Wimberley. Is this the year Navarro jumps up and, and knocks Wimberley off their perch? Um, the other the other teams in that re, in that district you mentioned Navarro Lago Vista was a ten win team from a year ago, made it to a regional final. They're in the mix, and then and then the real surprise last year was Gerald. Um, mm-hmm. who kind of I think everybody forgot they made it to the regional semifinals uh, at getting into the playoffs at four and six fourth place team making it to the to to the four, third round. Um, I do think there are some non district thirteen contenders here. Most notably, I am pretty close to all in on Senton. Um, I really like what they're going to have offensively. This Pirates oh, yeah. team has has got. Plenty to like offensively with Jacoby Jones, Caleb Hesseltine, Hesseltine rather, Nick Flores. Um, they're kind of Derek Garcia, the running back. I thought was was what kind of emerged last year, but they've just got to find a quarterback. If they find a quarterback, they're in. If they don't, then they they kind of fall back to the pack. 
I, I think talking to Coach Troutman, I think they they're, the Hanson kid is probably going to be the guy who gets the first look at quarterback. You know, Sinton's got questions on defense, but Mike Troutman teams usually play solid defense. So I think Sinton, I agree. I agree with you 100%. If there's a team outside of District 13 that can get it done, it's Sinton because Sinton is a – this is a very talented crew that, that the Pirates have. Uh, and then I will uh, I will finish up our conversation about Region 5 by ta- – or Region 5, Region 4 rather – Region five. Oh, that's a breaking news. Uh, yeah, breaking news. Yeah, that's a new thing. Um, by talking about the team that is incapable of playing a, a, a normal first round matchup, um, and that would be Divine. Um, Divine, you may remember, was the team that um, I believe were they the team that in twenty. So last year they were they were a district champion and got the and and lost in the first round to Gerald. I want to say. That hap- I want to say that that happened to them God, a few years ago too, where they were they they kind of returned that favor. I think it was to Lytle two years in a row, like twenty fourteen and twenty fifteen. They were a fourth place team and beat them. Am I am I making that up? They were involved in some kind of crazy crazy upset where either they I'm, I'm looking it up now. The live yeah. coverage of me looking this up, but I want to say Divine was uh, in twenty twenty maybe they were they were. They lost to Raymondville 48-47 in the first round in, 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 in 2020. There was, Maybe that's what I'm thinking. There was a two – they were involved in a – I think somebody was two and eight and beat them in the first yeah. round of the playoffs. Maybe that's what it was. They were involved in something weird. There, if you, But if you look at them, like on paper, there's a lot to like. Like Ethan Santos is back. Uh, he was there at the, uh, the, the district MVP last year. Uh, they got – they have two – they have two 1,000-yard rushers coming back in him and Gabriel Escabel, uh, plus a quarterback in Samuel Guardiola. But, like, what happens when they get to the playoffs and they kind of run into a team from, you know, because they are district – they're just 14, so they're going to play a team from District 14. 13. And so – They haven't been out of the first round of the playoffs since 2015. 2015 was the last time they won a first-round playoff game. So it's they're they're interesting, but but Region Four does feel a little bit maybe a little bit more wide open, but it is a it's the power nexus is certainly in District Thirteen. All right, let's go back up to the top and zoom out. And Matthew, let's get your regional picks in each of the four regions plus your state championship pick. Uh, region One, give me Canyon West Plains. Region Two, give me Carthage. Region Three, give me Silsby. Region Four, give me Wimberley. And in the state championship, give me Carthage over Silsby. Scott Surratt goes to 10-0 and in state championship games. Region 1, I am toying with West Plains, but I am going to go with... I'm going to go with Wichita Falls Hershey in their final year. I like Wichita Falls Hershey okay. to win Region 1. I like Carthage in Region 2, although if they're going to get got, it may be this year. But I'm going to go with Carthage. Region three. I'm going to go with Silsby, but the team I was, I'm a, I'm a whisker away from taking is Jasper. Um, I think Jasper can do it, but I, I think right now I'm going with, I'm going with Silsby. Um, Yeah. I'm going to go with Silsby and then region four, Region four, I'll stick with Wimberley. Don't overthink it. State finals with their quarterback back. Don't overthink it. Uh, I'm going to go with Wimberley. And in the state championship game, I've got the same thing as you. I've got Carthage over Silsby. Uh, I'm not picking against Scott Surratt late in the playoffs. The later it gets in the playoffs, if they're going to lose, they have to lose yeah. like before the third round. Uh, yeah, yeah. 
because otherwise I'm not going to pick against them. So I think the only time – was it Liberty – the one time Liberty Hill beat him in the state semis, I think, was the, the only time. That, yeah. Yeah. Like a driving rainstorm or something like that too, or windy, something yeah, that was crazy, crazy weather. And a slot T, slot T is the devil. Mm-hmm. Slot T is the devil. Uh, so there is 4A Division Two. Over to 4A Division One, Matthew, as we continue this punishingly long 4A preview here on Tep and Step. Um, 4A Division One. Matt Step, do you remember who won the 4A Division One state championship last year? China Spring. China Spring. Now, now, okay. I'm going to tell you the result, and then I'm going to tell you the process. The result in our in our rankings is we have China Spring number one. China Spring the number one team in 4A Division One. I will tell you that the first draft of our rankings did not have China Spring number one. Do you remember this? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. w- because the numbers would tell you that China Spring mm, may be taking a step back. Okay. Um, got questions. The, de- the defense question is going to be real young, real, real young. And offensively, they're going to be real young, except at one position, one very important position, one very important position. Um, There are a lot of questions here for China Spring. I think they do graduate a pretty remarkable senior class, like obviously back to back state championships. Duh, it's a remarkable senior class. But Tristan X line, uh, Trey Hafford, uh, some of those guys. And let's not forget the most important player on that team, Thomas Barr. (laughs) Oh yeah, the, the kicker. I mean, I, I'm I'm automatic. only kind of jo- I'm only automatic. kind of joking, but like he was such a weapon for them. Um, so there are reasons to believe that China Spring should not be number one. And to be clear, their our first pass at the rankings, they were not number one. But we moved them back up to number one after a, a lengthy discussion because when you take a look at at this, like we said with Wimberley, don't overthink it. It's a two time defending champ. And they've got the quarterback back because Cash McCollum, he's he's that guy. He's that guy. He is. UNC commit. Yeah. Where's, where's Ashley Pickle with the car? I know. I'm looking yeah. for UNC him. commit. Yeah. yeah. She is. She's uh, he's he's a stud. Kyle Barton's back as well. Um, and and they are going to. I also think that that culture is one uh, there that they've they've built. Uh, you know, obviously under coach uh, under coach Bella now under coach Beatty, uh, that they are going to be able to replace and replenish the playmakers they've got. I will tell you the first pass of the teams that we had. Oh, our first pass of the rankings had the team that they beat in the state championship game as the number one team, and that's the Bernie Greyhounds, and. I think if you're a Greyhounds fan, I think you're within your rights to believe that this should be the year because a lot of the things that you want to see line up for you. I think you have a winnable region. I think you've got a couple of big-time stars back like McCoy Bruce, like TJ DeMent, uh, Jackson Bays, the quarterback, um, uh, Hudson Hendricks. You've got playmakers back. There are concerns for them. And, and they're going to be good on the offensive line, but there are concerns for them. And I don't know, like like for Bernie, I think they have every reason to believe that they should be playing for a state championship and winning it this year. Yeah, I think Bernie's Bernie's big question marks that defensive line, which was so good last year, which I saw absolutely dismantle Chapel Hill in the state semifinals, was decimated by by, by graduation. They they lose the house in the defensive line. That's really what made them a special unit last year. That's that's the big question mark that's got to be answered with Bernie. I think they're still the favorite in Region Four, but mm-hmm. that's 
the other, and I will talk about that potential path later on, but I think Bernie, there's there's questions with Bernie and China Spring, which is interesting. But on paper, and I, I may steal your thunder here, on paper, Chapel Hill probably mm-hmm. has the most back and is the team that the computers like a lot. The problem is the last time we saw Chapel Hill, they were getting run off the Alamo Dome field against Bernie losing 38 nothing. That 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 memory still sticks in my head. Yeah. Um on paper, Chapel Hill's your team. Like I think that mm-hmm. again, I just think that when you take a look at what they've got coming back, the speed they're gonna have, the playmakers they've got, the experience they're going to have, this is a team that I think again, they are with you are within your rights to install Chapel Hill as the number one team in 4A Division One. Demetrius Brisbane, Ricky Stewart, Day Day Ross, uh Kendall Allen, Javen Mayfield. Um, they're loaded, loaded, but you're right. You you got to do it at some point. And, mm-hmm. and plain and simple, we've been having this conversation about Chapel Hill the last two years. Yeah. And the last two years, it's gotten to nut cutting time, quite frankly. And they haven't, and they haven't had the goods. Plain and yeah. simple. And I'm not trying to be, I'm not Jeff trying to be, I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be honest. Yeah. And you talk to head coach Jeff Rudin. He's like, we got to get it done this year. He's like, we've, yep. we've been knocked, we've knocked on the door the last two years. There's no excuses anymore. We, we've got to get over that hump. And if they're going to get it done, it's, it's going to, it's got to be this year because it lines up. They've got all the pieces mm-hmm. in place to get it done. It really does. Let's go region by region. Let's start in region one, which is the one region we haven't talked about yet. And also mm-hmm. the region that are you willing to say has the most clear favorite? In a region, maybe with the exception of Bernie in Region Four. Yeah, it's it's Decatur. They were they were a lot in a lot of ways a year early last year. Steve mm-hmm. Huff's first year, new system. They they come in and they start a little slow. They they didn't get off to a rip roar and start, but they got hot hot late. They finished eleven and four, gets to the state semifinals, and pushed China Spring in the state semifinals. Um, They've got that guy in Nate Palmer, the running back. The TCU he's commit so makes them go. He's 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 outstanding. Yeah, they got to replace a quarterback. Preston Escobar graduated. Mm-hmm. They're going to move their best receiver, Landon Feltz, to quarterback. Think they'll be fine there. But Decatur's got all the goods in, in the makings of, of the clear favorite in Region One because there's the other potential contenders all have a lot of question marks. Yes. Uh, so. One of those potential contenders is Brownwood. Brownwood is a team who I think that their defense is going to be potentially really good. They bring back nine uh-huh. starters defensively, and and there's a lot to like about Sammy Burnett's squad defensively. But then you look on the other side of the ball, <laughs> where they it's were. I call, and it's a bunch of new new guys. It is. It is. I call. Who's a stud? He's a stud, but mm-hmm. it's all literally ten other starters they have to replace. They were yeah, last year, like though I remember I remember this conversation we were having about Brownwood last year. They felt like 2022 was really their year because they were so mm-hmm. senior heavy. That's great until you don't get it done, and then it's the next year. Um yeah. and then there's a team which was again, you want to talk about getting hot late, uh, dub the coyote and Wichita Falls. Mm-hmm. Uh another program in their last year of existence. Old high mm-hmm. is shutting down after this year. Um, and I think their offense is going to be fun. It's going to be fun as hell. I think Eric Powell 
I think Keandre Fleeks. They, uh, they've got a number of youngsters they really like in this on this team. But their defense, which was in many ways, and especially in the playoffs, their calling card, they are starting over almost. A couple, they got a couple yeah. guys back, but they're almost starting over. Yeah, I'm a little more confident in Wichita Falls than Hershey because Wichita Falls under Grant Freeman has had a history of overachieving and, and playing above their paper. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel a little more confident Wichita Falls is still going to have a good year this year. But there's the defense is going to have to going to have to mature mm-hmm. if they're going to contend with with a team like Decatur uh, for the region regional final. Uh, I think a team like Lubbock Estacado could really be a team to watch out for. Uh, I'm I'm real big on teams in their in second year under second year head coaches taking a big leap forward. Will Blaylock's in his second year there at Estacado. Estacado brings back 16 starters. I think they're a team that could really make a leap forward, especially when it's kind of wide open uh, in Region One. Other than Decatur, there there's a lot there's a lot there that that that's up for grabs, and I think Estacado could mature and really snatch that deep playoff run. Last year, the team that we were all we were uh, banging the drum for, and we were we 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 wanted to to scream from the mountaintops how much we loved uh, the El Paso Riverside Rangers. Um, uh, the the only pro like I I still like them. Uh, I like them this year. I think they've I think they're going to be good at like a lot of the nuts and bolts things. But they lose Speedy Munoz and mm-hmm. and Adrian Estrada and some of the other guys they had, Jose Gordado, who are so important. I just I don't know. I wish I could say I see it, but I I'm not sure I see it as far as a, a regional contender is concerned. Last year for them losing in the first round was a was a disappointment. You know, you look in the Panhandle. You know, Canyon Randall had such a good year last year, but Canyon Randall has a new coach and graduated the house. They've got some. They've got a lot of question marks. Tampa district I mean, district Dumas. three district three is, is a, full of, is a, it's a just just put a big question mark over the. It's whole a mystery There's box. Not man. a lot. Yeah. It it, it region district yeah. three is 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 a is a mystery box and like so much so that if you want to be like hey by the way Pampa is going to up and like win the re, win the district I'd be like yeah okay like I can see it like yeah. there's just there's there's th- there's a bunch of mysteries in district three between mm-hmm. Randall Canyon and Dumas that like you yeah. don't you don't know what you're getting I don't have a feel for that district at all no over to region two now region two is where China Spring lives um, region two is also where uh, one of the deepest and most dangerous, or at least most um, a name brand districts, is concerned in is is District Five, uh, China Spring, Stephenville, La Vega, and heck, Alvarado had a nice little year last year too. Um, dis- I don't think Alvarado Five- is. Go ahead, sorry. I, I think district- Alvarado. If you're looking for a sleeper. Oh, we're on, we're on a delay. That's an international delay. Yeah, Alvarado. If you're looking for like a deep sleeper team, keep an eye on Alvarado. This is a team that beat Stephenville last year. Mm-hmm. They bring back a lot of guys. Second year head coach Casey Wallraven. They got a big time transfer in from Burleson Centennial. Their stud linebacker is now at Alvarado. Lots to like about Alvarado. Um, I will say this about and uh, here's the other reason why I, I think I, your Alvarado points well taken. I think those those three name brandy teams, right? China Springs, Stephenville, and La Vega. There is reason to believe, maybe with the exception of La Vega, who I think had a disappointing year last year. There's reason to believe that all three of them could take a modest step back. And 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 yeah, kind of fall th- back I think there's back. a case to be made for that. Yeah, I, I think there's absolutely a case. And Alvarado, the arrows pointed up. So mm-hmm. um, it's going to be a fun district. I know we're going to go watch China Spring and Stephenville 
on a Thursday night later later in the year. So mm-hmm. that's exciting. The five four A is going to be fun fun once again. Stephenville, the the thing about Stephenville, and 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 I'm sure Stephenville fans hate me banging this drum again because I'm bringing it back from 2022. My whole bit with them was that like they just couldn't stop anybody, and I felt like eventually it was going to bite them, and it was going to bite them in the rear end. And sure enough, it did. Now that defense is now going to be called on to be the leader here because they do graduate heavy. Ryder Lambert's gone. Um, uh, they they lose their center Mason Butchie, who is so important to what they do. They do bring back Tate Maruska who is a stud, but they got to find a quarterback. Uh, they, they feel like they like Ryan Gafford, who is the guy who kind of stepped in at times when Ryder Lambert was 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 nicked up. Um, but the defense has got to take a step forward this year. It was it was it kind of became a bit of a punching bag last year. They've got to be they've got to be more defense first this year if they're going to if they're going to contend yeah. in this region. Yeah, you can't give up 60, 50 points no. three four times and, and expect to that to not bite you eventually. So I think they'll be better defensively. I think the question is going to be on the offensive side of the ball, um, just fill in some gaps, especially on the offensive line. They, they have Chris Brister, who's a TCU commit, but they've got a lot of other holes to replace the offensive line. Uh, and then from like the big country to kind of North Texas, where there's a trio of teams that I feel like I feel like they are kind of a Rorschach test for how you view this entire region is how you stack up Salina, Anna, and Kennedale, who are all teams that have plenty of reason to get on board with them and also reasons to like be warned away from them. Um, you know, Salina was a team that last year, uh, you know, a district champion 11 and two, but they got beat by Anna twice. They were 11 and zero against teams not named Anna. Yeah, Absolutely. They, were, they were 11 and oh. Yeah. Um, and, and this is a, and, and so, there's a lot to like about them. I think their defense has a chance to be really good, but they're going to be young at the skill position spots. Anna, mm-hmm. Anna, like the numbers are good, like seven starters back on either side of the ball. There's a lot to like about that. But man, Breezy Dubar and Evan Bullock are not there anymore. And it's like they were such a special combination of offensive weapons that I don't know. Like I, I want to believe I'm just yeah, and I got, I, I, got I believe a, a lot more. I believe a lot more now because of the way they looked at State Seven on Seven. Zyandre Williams, a sophomore quarterback, eased a lot of my concerns about the Coyotes going into 2023. Seth Parr is an offensive wizard. I trust him when it comes to offense. And he told me he's like, "This quarterback we got is going to be fine. Just watch, just watch." Mm-hmm. Jacob Emmers is back. He had mm-hmm. 17 touchdown catches last year. He's going to be the guy in the passing game again. They got to find a running back. Now, Zandre Williams is a little bit more of a dual threat. Bullock was more of a pocket passer, big kid, six foot five, stood in the pocket. Zandre is a little more of a dual threat guy. That that may help as they try to break in a a new running back. I'll tell you this: the district eight four A Division one outside uh, outside of of the Coyotes. I think Sulphur Springs, Brandon Faircloth did a heck of a job last year. His Mm -hmm. first year, they're going to be better. And I think if you're looking for a deep sleeper, I think Paris is going to be a lot better this year. They bring back all 11 starters on the offensive side of the ball. They took a, a step back last year, but I think they're going to be a lot better this year. And then you look in District 6, Lake Worth won the district last year. They mm-hmm. beat Kennedale in district play last year. Lake Worth brings back um, the district MVP there in Dante Reese. Um, Jerry Prieto coming over from Crosby has won a lot of games. I think Lake Worth, if you're, if you're dismissing them, you're, you're doing so at your own peril. They're going to be, the Bullfrogs are going to be really good as well. 
I'm not I'm not here telling you they're going to win their region, win the region. Um, however, there are two teams from District Seven that are not mm-hmm. Salina that I'm into. One of them is a is a a a known commodity, a former state champion in Dallas Carter. Um, I like what they've got, especially on the offensive side. I think they're going to cook offensively. He's he is different. He's he's an alien. The other one is Frisco Panther Creek. Um, second year, second year program. Um, you know, they made the playoffs last year, which I think was just like that's a huge step to just get that extra week of practice. They like like you know other programs we've talked about. They get uh, every one of their players back. Like I don't know, Frisco Panther Creek could make that leap as well. I just I think District Seven between Salina Carter and and Panther Creek. I think it's probably that stratified in that way. But I think they're all going to be fun to watch. And I think it's going to be like a, a competitive district, which will be interesting. It's going to be a lot better district top to bottom because even Wilmer Hudson should be improved. Yep. I think Ranchview has some excitement mm-hmm. under, under a new head coach. The district top to bottom is not going to just be Salina and the six dwarves. It's going to be a good district. And more importantly, I know you're picking North Dallas to win the district. Hey, bring back 17 starters, baby. Let's go Bulldogs. I'm It'd in. be better. I'm buying in. Uh, all right. Over to Region 3, other side of the bracket. This is where Chapel Hill lives. We talked at length about them. Um, the team that is within their own region or district, rather, that they beat twice last year is mm-hmm. the Kilgore Bulldogs. Um, they beat Kilgore three in a row now. They beat them in the regional final in 2021 as well in overtime. And that's, and that's not nothing for the for 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 little no. ding dong Chapel Hill. That means something. Uh, that's a, that's a, that's an intense rivalry between yeah. those two. I saw it in seven on seven. They got after it. Now this Kilgore team is going to be. They're going to be good at all the Kilgore things. Like they're going to be good up front. They're going to have some linebackers who are just animals. <laughs> and, secondary that Kilgore secondary. secondary might be one of the best in in, in the state. The back end of their defense is going to be really, really special. But again, Stoker, man, I'm, I'm telling you, they've got playmakers and they've got speed at every every level of the defense. The question for them is going to be again once you get past that first line, that top line talent. Their depth is going to be a concern for them. And so, if they lose a couple guys, what happens then? Yeah, big inexperience at quarterback. They got to find a running back. Kilgore tends to always have running backs, but they're going to have to replace a really good running back, and they've got inexperience in the quarterback and the receiver spots. And then, Matt Stapp, I'd like to introduce you to one of my darlings for 2022, 2023. All right. I'm, I am in on Lumberton, man. I think last year was the start, not the finish. Um, It'd be really good. That Lucas Powell kid is special. <laughs> He's so good, dude. They had they had they had eight players who started as sophomores last year. Eight. Uh, so they're they're bringing back those guys now. They are kind of in in many respects kind of the opposite of Kilgore in the sense that quarterback's back and he's going to be a stud running back. I think they're running backs back and and he's going to be a stud. A lot of these like known commodities, Trey Kirsch, their, their star wide receiver. He's back. Jaden Ward, their, their running back is back. Right. But they got to replace four. Ward's like Jaden Ward's like five, six, two twenty five. Like he is a bowling ball, but they've got replaced four out of five offensive linemen and they're going to place the entire secondary. That's the question for Lumberton is how quickly do they replace those parts of their team? And then, okay, 
<laughs> let's let's actually take a moment and talk about El Campo because I know what the conversation about El Campo is going to be. Uh, oh, they don't have Ruben Owens, so who cares? Um, I'm here to tell you that I don't think they're going away, and wow. I think I think they've got playmakers that are not named Ruben Owens. They were more than Ruben Owens last year, and they just hired Travis Reeve. And Travis Reeve, the official stance of of, tech, of Tepid Step is that Travis Reeve is a ball coaching jack. Yeah, and it may be a little bit of a of an addition by subtraction type thing for El Campo, where they've been so reliant on Ruben Owens that that they just didn't try other things at some point. I think Travis Reeve, a guy like Oliver Miles at quarterback, will be able to utilize all the weapons. It's it's a it, the parallel to this is is Palestine. Palestine, when they had Adrian Peterson, I want to say never got past second round of the playoffs until then he graduates and goes to OU and then make the state semifinals. Do we see Mm -hmm. that similar effect with El Campo? Does everyone else raise their game and make El Campo a better team overall? It's not like this is a team that doesn't have tradition and doesn't have uh, pedigree. So the Rice Birds are going to be in the mix for sure. They're just in the, if they were in region four, I think it'd be a lot of fun to watch them in region four. Being in region three, it's just such a fireworks factory. I don't know if they can make that deep run. They struggle against East Texas. I'm going to give you two teams that I would consider to be lurking, kind of maybe ready for a leap up. And you got to pick one to, to latch onto as a, as a potential, as a potential sleeper. Do you take Bay City? Or do you take Lindale? Both of which I think are kind of on the periphery of this region three right now. Neither. Oh, go for it. Big Iowa Colony guy. Watch out for the pioneers in year two. You look at Iowa Colony scores last year, a lot of close losses with a bunch of freshmen and sophomores. They bring back all 41 players. They are loaded with talent. They're, they're playing it with 5A numbers. They're, they're going to be a 5A school next year. Keep an eye on Iowa Colony. They're they're poised for a major year two bump. Over to Region 4 now. Over to Region 4. Uh, we talked about Bernie. Bernie starts the year as the favorite in Region 4, and I do think that, like, any other team in Region 4, you kind of have to squint a little bit. To mm-hmm. see anyone besides Bernie, because like for example, the second ranked team we have in Region Four is is Cal Allen. Now Cal Allen uh, has pedigree that very that that I think literally no other team in this region has. Um, they've got you know they've they've got they've got legendary pedigree there, at Cal Allen. Um, I think a second year it's going it's strange to say a second year under Steve Campbell because he's been there forever and ever but like i don't know yeah <laughs> a second year as head coach i think that will help they did go 13 and 1 last year but yeah. they have like like every year at cal allen they were real senior heavy um mm-hmm. and, and they got be... and they got beat pretty bad by bernie that was a game i believe ish was at and bernie took them behind the woodshed pretty good yeah it was 49 19 and that's when ish that was when ish first started sounding the alarm he was like dude this Bernie team is serious. Um, so I, I'm not here to I'm not here to dismiss Cal Allen. Luke Medina is going to be kind of the new uh like this is going to stun you, but their best players are going to be a running back in Luke Medina and a linebacker in Jude Hernandez, which is just like, yeah, of course, it's Cal Allen. That checks out. Yeah, it's Cal yeah. Allen, yeah. Uh but 
they still have so many pieces to 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 fill, and they've got to make up a thirty point gap with Bernie right now. That's that's kind of hard to see right now. The other team here in this region that I think is interesting, and maybe you may have an easier time talking me into it, would be San Antonio Davenport, yeah. um, a ten and two team. That's their second year program. Second, second year program coming program. In this year. Yeah, a lot of lot of playmakers coming back, but. Like they bring back Zahir Livingston to linebacker spot. They got a they got a, a wide receiver in Kyler Payne they really like, um, but they lose that guy. They lose Shaston Golden, who was mm-hmm. such a playmaker for them. Yeah, I, I think Davenport they're going to be better across the board, but they got to find that guy in Shaston Golden. Um, they're another team that I think with the experience they bring back uh, thirty one Letterman, which is a ton for a school that size. So I do expect the year two bump is that, you know, Davenport lost to Cal Allen, who then lost to Bernie by 30. So that that's a pretty wide gap mm-hmm. uh, that needs to be made up. I think Davenport might be the second best team in the region, though. But is that enough to overtake um, the gap that um, that Bernie has opened up? And I, I think another team that's kind of if you're looking for a sleeper was Calhoun. Court LeBlanc and Calhoun really came on late in the year last that they had the rare five and eight record last mm-hmm. year. Uh, they run a, a unique offense that's tough to stop. They bring a lot back. Calhoun is another team that I think uh, is going to be off the radar that people should be talking about in Region Four. I am. There's, there's a couple of other programs here that are that are kind of worth mentioning. Lavernia, I think, is going to be in the mix. They, they've got they bring back a, a fair amount. You know, Somerset was a 10 win team last year. I think Lane Passes' defense is going to be is going to be pretty good and be able to hold them in some games, um, et cetera. I would like to issue. I think my first. My first true hipster pick of 2023. I think I'm ready. Let's go. All right. Matt, Matt Step. I am hereby here to purchase some stock in the Warriors of Toloso Midway. Okay. I okay. like this team. TM. Okay. I like this team. I think last year, you, I mean, you go back, uh, Chris O'Neill. I think they went one and nine in 2021. They go six and five last year. They make it to the playoffs, which is a huge deal at TM. Huge, huge deal for them. And they bring back 16 starters. They have got some playmakers at all the right places. They're going to be really good in the front seven. Uh, I think they're a playoff team. And I think so. They're in District 16, uh, 16, mm-hmm. uh, 4A Division One. And I don't know. Like, I'm not here to tell you they're going to beat Cal Allen because, like, Cal Allen is literally, was, literally, it was the it was the team Phil Danaher never lost to. Yeah, Danaher was like 41 and 0 against it TM was or something a crazy. Shocking number. Yeah. However, yeah. I'm telling you, I can see them finishing like second in this district. I can see them beating Allison and Laferia. I like this Tolosa Midway mm-hmm. team. Yeah, um, you could talk me into that for sure, for yeah. sure. Especially Alice is under a first-year head coach, new mm-hmm. system, new coaching staff. Might take them some time to get going. TM's got a lot of experience back there. They're comfortable with the system. My 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 first like extra pick of 2023 is Tolosa Midway. Um, all right, Matthew, let's bounce back up to the top. We'll zoom out, and you tell me who you like in each region and your state championship pick in 4A Division One. Uh, Decatur in Region 1. Give me... Anna in Region Two, a little bit of an upset. Uh-huh. Uh Stock and Zion Dre Williams, Region Three. Got to go with Chapel Hill. In Region Four, give me Bernie. Okay. And state championship. So 
Chapel Hill last year played Bernie in San Antonio. If that matchup happens again this year, Bernie has to return the trip to East Texas. I don't think Bernie beats Chapel Hill in the woods. Ooh. I don't think that's happening. So give me Chapel Hill over Decatur in the state championship game. Wow. Okay. Funky. I'm going to go with Decatur in region one. I'm going to go, I'm going to go chalky. I'm going to go with China spring in region two. I'm I'm not going to overthink it. I'm just like, I'm not going to overthink it. I like the, I like China spring in region two. Um, let's see. I like Chapel Hill in region three. And I like, yeah, I like Bernie in Region 4. I'm going to go with all four regional champions the same. Bernie in Region 4. And I'm going to go, jeez. Now it gets hard. This is tough. I'm going to go with Bernie to return the favor over China Spring. Okay. I'm going to go, I think, I think Bernie... I don't know those four that 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 group of four there Decatur China Spring Chapel Hill and Bernie you could you could make any two matchups there and they I think they'd all be feel like coin flips like they're all such stylistically interesting games like you could tell me right now Decatur wins the state championship and I'd absolutely be on board with it but I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Bernie over China Spring but that's a coin flip and I hate picking against a two time champ but like I don't know I'll just I'll say it for now. I'll go Bernie over China Spring. I don't know if I like it, but that's what I'm sitting with right now. In fact, I'm going to re-record this later. Don't um, do that. No, I'm not going to do that. Um, all right. That's it. We did 4A. Uh, another another episode of Tap and Step. Uh, this is the last... I, I hate to say this is the last episode of Tap and Step this week, but it is. Um, it is, yeah, because you are going on... The, you're, you're taking a weekend trip with the family, so... We're going uh, to Port A, baby. There you go. You know, so, I've never uh, been, I've never been to Port Aransas. Really? Neither have I, actually. I've been to Corpus a bunch of times. I've never been to yeah. Port Aransas. Never, so. never done the Port you know, A swing thing. Through, which... You know, swing by Sentin and talk to Coach Troutman about the Pirates a little bit while you're down there, maybe? So I'm driving a, I'm driving a minivan with my wife and my two kids and my in-laws, and I was, like, charting the path. And I was already like going through. I was like, oh, man, like, I'd love to stop by Refurio's. Oh, man, I'd love to stop by that same. And my wife is just like no like you can't do that like we have a family and i'm like but what about me won't somebody please think of me when's the next time exactly, i'm gonna be driving right? through Sinton? exactly i know family they ruin everything um i know that's what happens but hey it's all right next week we'll have two tepping steps we'll do 5a on monday and 6a on thursday it'll be so. beefy Beefy. Oh, yeah. I want to start resting my voice right now. Uh, that is going to do it for us. We do thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas football subscriber. Step, thanks for your courage. Thank you. Talk to you next week on Tap and Step. Matt Step, can you confirm or deny that this is the second time that we're recording the cold open? Confirmed. Step and step, your premium Texas high school football podcast from your friends, your amigos, your lovers at Dave Campbell's Texas Football. 
and texasfootball.com. I am the Tep Greg Tepper. Now I'm your high school football lover, the Step, Matt Step. Thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas football subscriber. Um, and uh, this is now, what is this? We did 2A, 3A, 4. This is your fourth episode of Tep and Step in three weeks. I don't want to hear from you animals yes. anymore about how much you're not getting enough content from us. And by the way, there's going to be a fifth one later this week. So, in a couple of days. Yeah, two days. We're taking next week off. We are not because you, you had your pre football vacation last mm-hmm. week. I'm taking my pre-football vacation next week. And then you're stuck with us for 17 straight weeks. Well, maybe not me for 17 straight weeks, but you're stuck with the you're stuck with one of us at least for 17 straight weeks. Most certainly. This is um yeah. uh, there what, might what, be a tap and pickle. There might be a tap and pick mixed in at some point just because of, you know, president business stuff, but you know, other than this that. Is, this is this is like stuff. I mean, I, I I think people don't necessarily understand what we do to our bodies for this podcast. The, the sacrifices that we make are, yes. I mean, it's this, then during the season, late night meals, pre- mm. free free food in the press box, mm. tacos, barbecue. I mean, look, this is your class five A preview edition. Of Tap and Step. We do thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas football subscriber. Coming up here in just a moment, Step and I are going region by region to break down the second largest classification in Texas high school football, uh, Class 5A. Uh, very few people have the courage to do this, but we do. Uh, so we'll get into that. But first, Matthew, we will start as we always do with your Texas high school football fun fact of the week presented this week. By Country Meats. Mm-mm-mm. Country Meats with 12 delicious flavors to choose from. All your football fundraising needs can be met by our good friends at Country Meats. It's countrymeats.com. Use the discount code STEP10 to get 10% off your order of Country Meats and your your ticket on Meat Force One. He he didn't like. By the way, he doesn't have the. I'm. We're doing this on Zoom. I can see you, even though you're in Canada. He's not doing this off copy points. That lives in his brain. He just knows. Mm-hmm. He's so passionate about country meats. The copy points just live in his brain. I, I'm waiting for country meats to release a 13th flavor website daily. I'm just looking looking for flavor number 13. Looking for the drop. <laughs> Uh, oh yeah oh yeah uh this is your texas high school football fun fact of the week and matt step once again i've gone into my bag so boys and i've i've seen this i've seen this on instagram and we're gonna try it with you okay so matt step we're gonna play three strikes okay so here's here's the category you've got you you can go until you get three strikes three strikes and you're out matt step what i'm looking for is with a minimum of 30 games coached, which Texas high school football coaches rank in the top 10 in playoff winning percentage? So this is 30 minimum 30 playoff games coached, which mm-hmm. name the top 10 in winning percentage in the playoffs among all-time Texas high school football coaches. You get three strikes. Okay. Uh, let's go Scott Surratt. Number one, 91%. Yeah. Seems good. Seems good. <laughs> um, how about Daniel Daniel Boddicker at uh, Shiner? 
I don't he's believe hit 30, he hasn't hit 30 yet, has he? He hasn't hit 30 yet. Yeah. So he has not coached 30 games. He's, so he, cl- that he's is, probably close. Yeah. That is strike Sorry. one. Fair. Damn it. See, I, damn, I, got, I wasted a strike. Uh, yeah. Tim Buchanan? Tim Buchanan, number five, 85.2%. Okay. 81 and 14. Okay. Again, seems good. good. Yeah. Um, did Chad Morris coach 30 playoff games? I bet he has. He did, but he's 14th. He's 38 and Dang 9. It. And I got to be honest. I'm looking at this. He's 38 and nine. I wonder if Allen hurt him. He went, what, three and one? He went three and one at Allen. I yeah, think it so would, may have been like Eustace yeah. and the Legion Fields probably hurt him more than anything. Yeah, I know at Lake Travis, years. he was pretty good in the playoffs. He's so pretty that's, good in the playoffs at Lake Travis. That's strike two, Matthew. Uh, come on. Let's, let's, let's yeah. fight off some of these pitches. Let's see here. It's not he. He didn't coach enough games. You think? Uh, uh, can I? Can I give, just give you a, a little? G A little... Moore. G A Moore. I wish you hadn't done that. G A Moore is thirty oh, second on the list. Sixty five, seventeen, oh, and four. All right, I'm going to give you one more. We're going to say you. It was a foul tip. It's a foul tip. You've got two strikes, man. Okay, okay. Let me give you. Let, can the, I give the you Boddicker, a hint? The Boddicker one one. Yes. Yeah. The Boddicker one is probably one that I, you know I didn't count. You're thinking way too hard. Okay. I want you to think about winning playoff games and like what would get you really high in the winning percentage of play of winning playoff games. Todd Dodge? Todd Dodge is number two, you ding dong. He's 70, 70 and eight all time in the playoffs. Okay. Todd Dodge. Okay. Uh Not him. They lost a lot of playoff games. Um, there's at least three more layups on here. Yeah. <sighs> He's thinking. This is John K. John K. Is third. He's forty-one and five. Okay, John K. Um, is Jason Herring on there? Jason Herring ranks 16th, which is going to be strike three for you. Dang it. So here is the top 10. You ready? Number one, Scott Surratt. You got that. Number two, Todd Dodge. You got that. Number three, John Kay. You got that. Number four, you did not get Kevin Hoffman. Kevin Hoffman is 34 and five at Mart in the playoffs. Uh, yeah. Number number five, Tim Buchanan. You got it. Number six. I cannot believe you did not get Gary Joseph. Oh gosh, yeah, yeah. Seventy nine and Gary fourteen Joseph, yeah. in the playoffs. Number. Then you get into mm-hmm. ones where I guess you could be a little bit. I guess number seven is W. T. Johnston. He coached exactly thirty one playoff games before his uh, before his passing. He was twenty six and five. Uh, okay. Number eight is Art Bryles, 51, 10, and 1. Number nine is Chris Ketting, 49 and 10. And mm-hmm. number 10 is Paul Tyson of the famous Waco Lions, 
26, five and one. Where does Jake Fazell rank on that list? I bet he's pretty high up. He's 20th. He's 51 and 13. Um, but Those early uh, years at Gunner, the early years at Gunner, if they keep up, keep it up, he'll start, he'll keep creeping. If they go five, like at worst, they go four and one in the playoffs every year. So I so. was, I was uh, having a conversation about this with, with a buddy, uh, but uh, let me make sure I get this right. But, Jake Fazell, his um, his record right now is 194 and 29 overall. Okay, 194 and 29. If he wins his first six games, I believe he will have either exactly the same record or right around the same record as Scott Surratt when he won his 200th game. Yeah, it's like, impressive. It's the the run that he's that Gunner's been on in the past few years is is remarkable. Anyway, there it is. Your your very long and arduous and honestly disappointing Texas high school football fun fact of the week. Thanks, Meat Force One. It's because I'm in it's because I'm in Canada right now. My my, my brain. Mm. I'm in Canada. It's just not the air is different. Seventy five degree weather. Yeah, it's seventy five degrees here. I'm not in that mode yet. So uh huh. Sorry about that. Anyway, all right, let's get on to our Class 5A preview. Uh, we are going to go region by region. We will go smallest classification to large classification. And so we find ourselves in 5A Division Two, Matthew. Uh, and do you remember who won the 5A Division Two state championship last year? I do. I do remember who won that. That would be the uh, South Oak Cliff Golden Bears. They did win the state championship. It was their second consecutive state championship. Uh, and and I will issue this as a positioning statement. And let me see if you like this or not. I think this is 5A Division II. I think 5A Division II is the division in Texas high school football that I feel the least confident in projecting into 2023. I would agree with that. I don't feel I, – I think there are – so, and it's not because there's a lot of bad teams. I I just think there are – and typically 5A Division two. I think especially when the Alito days, it was pretty uninteresting to say the least in a yeah. lot of ways. It's not that anymore, especially in – especially re, Region 2 and 5A Division two is absolutely loaded and it's going to be a, a lot of fun to keep it on there. I'll be very interested to see. I think my state title pick is going to surprise you. I'll be very interested to see your state title pick when we get there because I think there's a lot of different uh, combinations and, and things that could happen this year. I think that you're right, and I think that really a lot of it does come back to Alito, a team we'll talk about a lot of 5A Division One, But in 5A Division Two, even when there was – other really good teams, there was always that looming threat of Alito. Uh, now, without them, you would think, oh, you've got the two-time defending champs. But as we'll talk about, we got real questions about them this year. Um, sure, for sure. And there's just – I think there's strength in every region, which should make it fun. And I think that there are contenders everywhere you look, maybe even as far as – I'm looking at our rankings right now. I mean – the top six, I could see all winning the state championship pretty easily. Um, once you get into seven, eight, nine, I get a little bit uh, just because it's a summon in the newer programs. But like this is a sure. deep 
and really interesting classification with a lot of questions on every one of these contenders, which should make this really interesting. We did, you know, we, we mentioned South Oak Club. They start. The I want to say, I, I want to say, I think the number twenty four team in our rankings has a great shot to win it all, all this year. I, I'm really looking forward to seeing the number twenty four team. I'm waiting for everybody to pick up their magazine and go look up who number 24 is. Um, so you know, South, if you know me, you know who they are. So South Oak Cliff is not the number one team in our in our rankings to start the year. It is instead a team from within their own region. The Melissa Cardinals are our number one team to start the year. The numbers like them, nine starters on offense, six stars on defense, including some certified studs including uh uh um uh, Nigel oh geez the the the, the defensive Nigel end. Smith Nigel Nigel Smith Nigel yeah Nigel Smith yeah he's a stud they've got playmakers everywhere you look but it it there certainly is an element of like oh well didn't we see this movie last year and South Oak Cliff won it like I I don't know that's what I think that's what makes 5A division 2 so much fun is that like there are those questions that we are only going to get answered once once the pads hit hit the hit the field. Yeah, and I think because South South Oak Cliff in in winning their state championship really had to struggle inside of Region Two last year. Mm-hmm. To, I mean, it started in round one. It, it really the 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 quote unquote easiest game South Oak Cliff had was probably the Lovejoy game in round two, mm-hmm. and even then Lovejoy made it made it interesting late <laughs> in the game. It was a real it was a real grind for South Oak Cliff just to get out of the region. And you look at it, a lot of those teams, two in particular, bring a lot back from last year. South Oak Cliff has major questions on one side of the ball. And so you're like, some of the better teams in Region 2 have, have mm-hmm. are probably going to improve. South Oak Cliff might take a step back. What happens? So I, I think I think it it opens up a lot of a lot of intrigue inside of region two. That's not even getting into region one yeah. or, or region three. You know, it, it's 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 going to be interesting this year. And, and I I I think if you want to pick South Oak Cliff to win the state championship, you're you're not going to be going out on too big of a limb there. They are the two time defending state champions, um, but I, I I think there's going to be a lot of variety in a lot of the pundits picks in five A division two, which. When that happens, it makes for a really fun yeah. regular season and playoffs because it is, it's it's going to be wide open. That's what you want. It's it's boring when I'll say that, I'll say it. You know, six A Division One when we get to six A Division One might be kind of boring. Like, you know, I don't think there's a lot of variance. I think everyone's going to pick North Shore and Duncanville in the state championship game. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. fun in its own right, but it's also there, there's some there's some there, there's it's not as much fun when you have a group of teams that can all compete for a title. So let's go region by region in 5A Division 2. Let's start in Region 1. Uh, region 1, the team that won Region 1 was a team that has won their region a lot, just at a different classification, uh, and that is the Argyle Eagles. Uh, the Argyle Eagles won the region last year, roared all the way to the state semifinals, and by the way, gave South Oak Cliff a push in the state semifinals as well. Um, they bring back what I would I would call an adequate amount to be on that short list of contenders, uh, I believe 10 starters back uh, overall. This is, you know, Todd Rogers is one of the very best coaches in Texas, hard stop. He's a guy who who is uh, his Hall of Honor, you know, spot is waiting for him whenever he wants it. Um, mm-hmm. This is, you know, last year we talked a little bit about this, about how this was a different Argyle team, a more plodding Argyle team. 
I think they're going to have a little bit more of an ability to get up and go this year with guys like uh, guys like Will Hodson. I think they feel really good about John Gailey, their quarterback. They've got a hellacious tight end in Hunter McFall. Um, I do think they're going to be able to get up and go a little bit more, and that I, I think I think that's enough for me to install them as the early favorite in Region One. Yeah, I would agree with that. I I think. I think it is going to be a different Argyle team. I think there are questions on the defensive side of the ball, particularly along the defensive line where, where graduation hit them really hard, where they were outstanding last year. They were really, really good in the front seven last year. They took some losses. I think their offensive firepower will be able to offset that a little bit. Um, but in in the end, it's going to be a different Argyle team. And I think matchup-wise, that makes them a little – I think when you're when you're not as good up front, it makes you a little more vulnerable to matchups and those types of things. And I think it makes them a little more vulnerable this year in region one. So Argyle is one of only two teams from region one that cracked the preseason top 10 in Dave Campbell's Texas football. Uh, the other one, and I'm just checking my notes here. Well, it's not, it's not Colleyville heritage. We'll talk about them in a moment. It's not Abilene Wiley. You know, they graduated pretty heavy. I get that. It's not, not grapevine, not Wichita Falls writer who of course is one, uh, you know, been, been a regional contender for a long time. It's, um, Am I reading this correctly, Matthew? Is it Frisco Emerson? I, I think Emerson is is a lot is a real sexy pick right now because they bring back checks notes every player from last year's team, and they added two Division One recruits in the Hawkins brothers from Allen. Michael Mike Hawkins, the quarterback who's committed to OU, his little brother whose first name I'm, I don't have in front of me, but he's a cornerback and is a really good player, uh, they're just adding adding to what they already have. So I think Frisco Emerson, they went 9-2 and two last year. Kendall Miller did an unbelievable job in uh, in year one getting that program off the ground. And I think now there's a lot of a lot of buzz and a lot of excitement about Emerson going into year two. So I, I think they're a team that you have to install as maybe Argyle's chief contender inside of their own district and inside of the region. I'll also just say that I wonder if part of that is that the rest of the teams, I, I, I say this in a, in, a, in a respectful way, I hope, the rest of the teams, Emerson is new blood. They are new blood in an, in, mm-hmm. a, in, in kind of an old region because the rest of these teams mm-hmm. that are on, in that list of contenders, we've seen them play deep in the playoff four. Colleyville Heritage, probably going to be pretty good this year, like their offense, right? Uh, Abilene Wiley made a great run last year. They're no stranger to making deep runs. Uh, Wichita Falls Rider, of course, they have played umpteen consecutive years in, in, in a regional final, right? Grapevines in that same mix as well. This is, to me, I think the allure, I think what makes Frisco Emerson that sexy pick is that everywhere else you look on Region 1, it's a lot of, like, I don't want to say same old, same old, but it's like, oh, these are blue bloods. You're getting to the point where there's 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 yeah. not many surprises. That's why I wonder if the shine on them is extra shiny uh, at this moment. For sure, because you're right. There's not – Ryder has – you know, I think Ryder, who was kind of my pick to give Argyle a lot of trouble, and they did. They lost seven to nothing to Argyle in the third round. Ryder was hit pretty hard by graduation, especially on the offensive side of the ball. So he take them down. Um Abilene Wiley, who was kind of the surprise team, also was hit pretty hard by graduation. So there's not a lot of these teams that really we look at Colleyville Heritage, their best player transferred to South Lake Carroll in the offseason. Now, whether or not he comes back after today's UIL ruling is a question to be had, but Colleyville has questions. So you're looking at it, you're like, we got to find someone to be Argyle's foil. Why not be Frisco mm-hmm. Emerson because of what they have coming back? So I, 
I think there's more than just Argyle and Emerson in this region, but I think the the spotlight is certainly on those two. I think Colleyville Heritage uh, certainly has my attention. I think they they always do. Uh, but you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of upheaval in GCIC, right? New coaches uh, everywhere you look. Um, Jerry Edwards taking over at Colleyville Heritage. He had a terrific run there at Harker Heights. Uh, he takes over a team with some playmakers. Like, you know, you mentioned Luke Ulrich, uh, their quarterback. I'm a, I'm a believer in him, um, you know, but Heritage does have questions uh, kind of going forward uh, about what this team kind of is going to look like under Jerry Edwards. That's the other thing, you know, it's kind of, uh, you, I think you throw not just because they're, they're, they're literal school district bunkmates and rivals, but also because of the new coaching situation, you throw grapevine into that mix as well. You know, um, you know, they have some pieces coming back, I think, especially on the defensive side that are going to be intriguing and make, make grapevine kind of on that short list of, uh, of contenders. But at the same time, who knows how well Bob DeBest sets in, settles in, you know, this is a guy who yeah, yeah. Uh, he's, he's got promoted for the office of coordinator position, but he hasn't been a head football coach in Texas high school football ever. Ever. Never. No, he's been a head coach. I think at Texas or I think it was Southwest Texas state. I think that's right. Yeah. You know, he's been a college head coach, but you want a hot take about grapevine. Yeah. Picking them fourth in district. Ooh, who do you got third? I think they finished fourth. Oh, do you want Fort Worth Wyatt? Oh, is that your, is that your sleeper? Fort Worth Wyatt? Let me, let me tell you, that's, you want a hipster pick. Fort Worth Wyatt brings back 18 starters. The majority of them are four-year starters. This is the group that had to play during COVID, and a lot of freshmen played. they got a quarterback, Cade Barrett, who is one of the best quarterbacks in the mm-hmm. area that no one talks about. Odie Wyatt's going to be a problem this year. They played Colleyville and Grapevine tough last year, and that's not to mention Arlington Heights and the job that they did last year going 10-2 and two including a win over Colleyville Heritage last year. Fort Worth ISD football has certainly improved over the past couple of years. All right, well, if you're going to throw a hipster pick out there in Region 1, then I'm throwing a hipster pick out there as well. Matt Stepp, buy stock right now in the Chapin Huskies out in El Paso. I'm a believer. Davion Singleton. Davion Singleton. He's him. He's he's incredible. Yeah. He's a big time playmaker. He's got an SMU offer. Their defense, I think, is going to be really good. They've got to the biggest thing for them. They have got to win the district. They've got to beat Canatillo, like because mm-hmm. the the matchups with District Two are such that you have to win that district because last year, like, it didn't really matter for them. You know, they ended up finishing. I think they finished third in that district. They finished uh, third, yeah. And they yeah, got think, they got Wichita Falls Rider in the first round. That was yeah, and they just, tough. They, tough. Yeah. And they had and they had to go to Wichita Falls. Yeah. Um, and so to me, if you can do that and maybe play a team like Palo Duro in the first round, that's a winnable game. And then suddenly things kind of open up for you because maybe you're playing a fourth ISD team. Like there's a lot like the district the 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 whoever wins district one is in a real catbird seat uh, out of out there, because I think they're going to have an opportunity to, uh, uh, to make some noise. You know, we mentioned Ryder a little bit, um, you know, they did not win their district either. That was, uh, that was Abilene Wiley. They were, they were a, the, perhaps the quietest 10 win team in Texas high school football last year. Um, but Clay Martin continues to, to do outstanding work and they've got a playmaker in Braden Regala, who is a big time star, they just got to find a guy to throw it to him. 
Yeah, during seven on seven, they they were rotating three different quarterbacks. So I I, I think that battle is going to continue into this fall camp and maybe even into non district because I I think there are, I think they got to they got to figure out who the guy is at quarterback. They've got some playmakers. Wiley always has good kids in the trenches. Um, their numbers are huge in the program. They, they had huge program numbers when they were in three in old four A, and mm-hmm. as they've had growth on the south side of Abilene, it's just improved. They, they've got good numbers. They're going to be a team to keep an eye on because of overall numbers and depth. Uh, over to Region 2 we go. Region 2 is where the two-time defending champ South Oak Cliff live, as well as our preseason number one team, the Melissa Cardinals, live. We kind of danced around it with South Oak Cliff, but it's worth taking some time to talk about Coach Two Times in a squad. Um, it is tossed around about, like, historic – uh like classes like classes like oh this was like a program changing class and stuff you know uh, this is a you know that th- this group of seniors they were so special when i tell you there's a real argument to be made that the the south oak cliff class of 2023 is m- the most impactful class in texas high school football in the last 25 years at any level like i'm not exaggerating like when you talk about what they meant to that program, what they meant to Dallas ISD, what they meant to inner city football. And now the class of 2023, they're gone. And they graduate real heavy on that defensive side. Yeah, it was a, it's a generational group that South Oak Cliff graduated. And I know they're talented. They've got guys that that are going to come in and they're going to have a lot of offers and they're going to be the guys that the recruiting guys love. But, to re- replacing that experience, that knowledge in their defensive scheme is something that that's not replicated easily. And, and I don't care what anyone's. I, I know they. I know a lot of those kids have offers, but that experience and that that in football intelligence that gra- that that walked the stage in in May, it's going to hurt South Oak Cliff. They're going to take a step back defensively. I, I I just and that's not to mention what they lost in the defensive line with a, a guy like Billy Walton. They they they're gonna they're gonna take a step back defensively. The is the offense gonna be improved enough to make up for what I think is gonna be a defense that's not as strong? Can can they make up that gap? Because the margins with South Oak Cliff last year were real thin. And they first round playoffs against Mansfield Summit, they win by five. Double overtime win over Midlothian Heritage in the in the play, third round of the playoffs. The Melissa game in the fourth round, they they pulled away late and got a got a you know kind of the the window dressing touchdown at the end of the game. That was a one touchdown game for most of the game. Argyle was a six point game in the semifinals, so so those margins were very very thin. And so South Oak Cliff doesn't have a lot of room to take a step back and still get to where they need where they want to get to in twenty twenty three. I mean, they literally signed more players to the FBS level last year than any high school in America. That's that's a real fact, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and so they have they we have questions about South Oak Cliff, and and I think you know that's not to say that we doubt them. They have, but there are questions that need to be answered, and I think they understand that over there at South Oak Cliff. Uh, the team that right now starts the year number one is Melissa. We talked a little bit about what they what they bring back, and they were to 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 talk a little bit about them. Correct me if I'm wrong. But talking to folks around the South Oak Cliff program, that was the team that last year 
they were most worried about on their playoff path. I mean, obviously, look, they're not overlooking anybody, but that was the team. Melissa was the team they had circled as the team that matched up with them well. And now with the experience they have coming back, the star power they have, that Carson Maynard, the receiver, is a freak show. Um, Not to mention, you know, not to mention Nigel Smith on the defensive side. You know, Melissa does have the outline of a beast slayer like in South Oak Cliff right now, they're the beast of five, a division two. And Melissa looks like the team that could do it. Yeah. Melissa physically matches up with South Oak Cliff. I have one question about Melissa and it's just one because mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're experienced. They're talented at every, every other position. Does Melissa have that speedy game breaker to take the top off of defense? That's the question mark. I think if, if that question gets answered, they find that guy that can be that downfield threat to stretch the field and open the game up, I think they're going to be a real problem in Region 2. But if they don't have that and they have to plod their way to wins, I think it, it, eventually they'll run into somebody who can quote-unquote outplod them or plod with them but then hit a couple of big plays over the top. And it might be in week one. they got to play Argyle week mm-hmm. one. And opening, yeah. the, opening up that ridiculous-looking stadium, which is unbelievable um, – we're going to find out real quick about Melissa and how they stack that up with the state's elite in, in the season opener. Mm-hmm. You're exactly right. That's, that's a tasty week one matchup there on, on, on Friday night there at the new Melissa stadium. Um, Melissa is the new South Oak cliff slayer. The South Oak. Do you remember who the South Oak cliff slayer was supposed to be last year? Uh, was it, it was Mansfield summit. Well, it, summit was one was of it? them. Well, Midlothian, I, was, Her- I was thinking Midlothian heritage. Oh, yeah. Well, Lovejoy, yeah, yeah. I was thinking Lovejoy specifically and because that, of how they matched up at the receiver spot. The problem for Lovejoy is until this happens, I can't – That they do match up. Their receivers, their skill kids can match up. The problem for Lovejoy is they just – I mean, I'm going to be frank. They just they just get their butts kicked in the in the trenches mm-hmm. against South – South Oak Cliff just, just dominates them in the trenches. And until Lovejoy figures that piece out, I, I can't put them uh, – they don't match up with a team like South Oak Cliff. They don't match up with Summit. They match up with a Melissa for some reason. I don't know if it's just – I don't know. They they find a way to play Melissa tough, and, and but they lost to Melissa last year, but it's, it was a close game. But they mm-hmm. – that, that that South Oak – a very pedestrian South Oak Cliff offense last year ran up and down the field on Lovejoy because Lovejoy just could not tackle, and they just could not get off blocks. And that's the concern – Playmakers and even individual talent, absolutely. You know, Peyton Pierce is an Ohio State commit. The McCutcheon kid out wide, Parker Livingstone out wide. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got playmakers, but it's just, it's it's up front on both sides of the ball. Can can that can they match up and, and at least not get completely dominated? Uh, there, there's it's it's a deep region there in Region Two. Midlothian Heritage is interesting. Um, a, a, an eleven win team, a regional semifinalist from a year ago um, that played South Oak Cliff real real tough. They graduate pretty heavy, uh, especially on the defensive side, um, and 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 I, I the off offensive skill wise as well. They've got some some real kind of star power to replace the the team that I I just I don't know the team that is approaching Atlanta status for me of a team that I throw weight behind and then I just get burned and burned and burned. We're very close to that with Texas High because I've been I've been waiting for that breakthrough year for Texas High. For it seems like four years now, and it hasn't come. 
I'm I'm gonna give them a little bit of 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 excitement this year because I do think their skill position guys are gonna be really excited to. I'm, I'm excited to see what they do on at the skill position oh, spots. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, with with, well, with you know playmakers Tr- Tradarian Bell Ball, who is like unbelievable. Kid, uh, yeah, the ball kid is unbelievable. Yeah, he's great. The <laughs> Texas High last year, the the two years ago in um they went to the third round. I think they mm-hmm. went twelve and one. Remember That's they right. played PNG in that playoff game in in Louisiana and Natchitoches, Louisiana. That's right. Uh, but they lost in the their their quarterback got hurt last year. Tore tore his knee up. And that they had to put in a young kid who probably wasn't ready. He's probably a year or two too early to play. They had to kind of manage games with the young kid at quarterback, and it caught up to him in the playoffs against Terrell. And even then, it, they lost in overtime. I think Texas High, if they can get, if they can, the quarterback now has the experience. He's played a, a basically a full year of varsity football. They have a ton of skill talent around them. Texas High is going to be going to be really good. Is the depth for them is mm. is the question, and uh, and and. Defensive line. Can they find some guys on defensive line to to, to step up? Uh, but they've got some so the, the skill talent that, that can do it. I like White House is a little bit of a sleeper. Mm-hmm. They pushed Lovejoy in the first round of the playoffs on the road to the brink last year. It, Lovejoy needed to win late. White House brings a ton back. I think they're going to be really good. I expect Marshall to be improved in Jack Alvarez's second year. I, but my team, I, I for me, it's Mansfield Summit. Mansfield Summit is the team that I think could be best equipped to challenge and beat South Oak Cliff. You talk to South Oak Cliff coaches, and to me, Mansfield Summit is the team that that, that scares them the most because they match up with Sock at every, in every way, athleticism and in the trenches. And Summit is a team that if they can just not, for lack of a better term, F around during the regular season and finish fourth in district, they can make some noise. Because there are Shannon Hall's teams in the past have improved throughout the playoffs. I mean, we're we're talking about back to back state semifinalists in five A Division One in twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one. They pushed South Oak. They just had, they matched up with South Oak Cliff in the first round last year. If they play South Oak Cliff in the fourth round, they might beat South Oak Cliff last year. They're they're that good. So now it's time for uh, alumni hour, and we're uh, uh, here's here's two two programs in Region Two that uh, that I I am I am. Not just because we have connections to them, but I would like to buy a little bit of stock in them. Matt Stepp, you talked about number 24. Number 24, if you haven't looked it up, is Everman. Um, they're going to be pretty good. Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that to, yeah. to gas you up. Yeah, no, they, they bring back a lot of talent. They, they've got a qu- they got question marks on the defensive line. They graduated Kevin Allen, who went to SMU, was a real disruptive defensive lineman but Allen was really their only kind of real threat on the defensive line last year they were very undersized and Allen was facing a lot of double and triple teams and that that eventually they they would kind of wear down late in games if you look at Everman and how they played last year they wore down late in a lot of games because they 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 just didn't have a lot of depth on the defensive side of the ball I'm hoping that the 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 collective sum of the parts is improved and even though you lose Allen you're better at all the other positions they've got a three-year starter at quarterback in Jerry on Bassfeed who's fully recovered from his knee injury he suffered against Terrell in the playoffs. They're going to be explosive and dynamic on offense. They're really, really athletic. They got playmakers, but the district is tough. You got Mansfield mm-hmm. Summit. You got, we already talked about Ennis. Ennis, mm-hmm. Ennis is going to be good. Uh, Midlothian Heritage in that district. I think Arlington Seguin is going to be improved. It's a, it's a really good district. I mean, you could be a good team and finish fourth in that district and have to play South Oak Cliff in the first round of the playoffs, a la Mansfield Summit last year. Speaking of good districts uh, with with contenders, 
I do think that the South Oak Cliff District is going to be pretty good. I think it's going to be better than it has been. And, you know, last year, Woodrow Wilson was was a really nice, you know, John Fish uh, kind of kind of lifting them and, and, and doing big things there. I am here to tell you, buy stock in two DISD teams that are not South Oak Cliff or, or Woodrow Wilson. I think Seagaville is going to be pretty decent. I think they've got an mm-hmm. opportunity to really take a step forward. And shout out to my mom. The Kimball Knights are back, baby. Okay? I am in on Kimball. I think what they've got yeah. second year in Bam Harrison there. Uh I think that I think I love what they've got on the defensive side. They're gonna have a I think they've got a real game breaker at wide in Jordan Martin. I'm in on Kimball. I, I think Kimball yeah. look, they're I'm not here to tell you they're gonna beat South Oak Cliff. But I think Seagaville or Kimball could beat Woodrow to finish second in that district. Absolutely. Yeah. It's it's a it's a really good it's a better district than people think, and the, the brand of football that's being played outside of South Oak Cliff has improved. Even you, I mean, you look at Dallas Spruce. Spruce brings back 16 starters from a team that went seven and three last year. Hmm. Hillcrest went seven and three last year. Dallas Conrad was six and four last year, and they bring back 15 starters. Like the brand of football in this district is going to be better this year. And I think aside from South Oak Cliff, I think you're going to see really good competitive games between that kind of two through about, I say seven, six or seven teams. There's going to be some real, remember this district has a real, has a weird zone set up. So mm-hmm. you got to finish in the top two in your zone to, to get into the playoffs. Those battles for those what uh, top two zone spots could get real interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you it's it, we're we're in the middle of a Dallas ISD Renaissance and it's bigger than South Oak Cliff. That's I, I really think that's the case. Yeah. It's, it's fun. We just talked about Fort Worth. I, the brand of football in Fort Worth and Dallas ISD mm-hmm. has really improved over the past couple of years. And it's great to see. Over in Region 3, we're flipping sides of the bracket, um, and this was the region that probably had uh, – no, not probably. They did have the biggest surprise last year uh, in, in a team that r- ran its way to a state championship uh, game, rather. The Port Nature's Groves Indians, first-year coach Jeff Joseph, 5A coach of the year, and uh, the, the question now – is can they do it again? Um, certainly, the pedigree and tradition would tell you yes. And I think that I don't think they're going away, to be clear. Now, they have got to find some replacements for some really important parts of their team, specifically out wide and specifically in the secondary, where they're going to be young and. Coach Joseph is going to have his work cut out for him to get them back because the expectation, the worst thing about going in there in year one and making it to a title game is now everybody in in, in Groves is going to expect you to go do it again. Yeah, I mean that's the thing is is they they didn't win their district last year. They kind of got hot late in the year and then and then beat four Ben Marshall in the in the rematch in the playoffs to to make you know to get in and make and make the deep run. And, and now you set that expectation in your first year. So now it's in that rap, that fan base. We know how rabid that fan base is. They're, they're, you know, anything anything less might be considered a disappointment. That's a really tough, a tough bar to set, especially when they were hit as hard as they were with graduation. Because they lost a senior class. I mean, they lost forty seniors. Yeah, 
They they got a lot of holes to fill. They they've got seven starters back. They they got to replace. They're moving their best athlete to quarterback and Shea Adams. That big offensive line is mostly gone. So th- there's there's some work to be done there at PNG. Are they going to be really good? Yes. Are they going to win the district? I don't know because Fort Ben Marshall still lives there and Fort Ben Marshall beat PNG in the regular season. So it's not crazy to think that Fort Ben Marshall couldn't do it again. Marshall is uh, our top ranked team in in the region uh, there, and and kind of a perch that they've held uh, kind of for the last five years under under Coach Will, James Williams. Uh, and it's it's strange to think that a twelve and two year for them was disappointing, but uh, you know obviously you beat a team once in the play uh, in the regular season and then lose to them. Uh, that's that's disappointing. They they got hit pretty hard by graduation too, and especially on the defensive side where they lose a lot of. The star power on that defensive side. Now they've still got dudes. Okay, Joshua Lair, the defensive back spot is going to be really good. Caleb Chester as well is a young star. Jacaden Ferguson is a name to know out wide. They're going to be really good, but they are. They have got some holes to fill in a lot of the nuts and bolts areas. Um, especially they will have four new starting offensive linemen, and that in yeah. Region Three is problematic. Fort Marshall is always going to have skill kids. They're elite in track. They've always got kids who can run and can do a lot of different, a lot of different things with the football in their hands. But you got to have guys who can block. You got to have guys who can tackle. And that's where, again, a lot of the questions are. Um, they've done this has happened before, and Fort Marshall's found ways to, to to replace those guys and be amongst the elite. But I think Region Three as a whole has improved a little bit, and, and the road is going to be a little bit tougher this year. And it could set up for maybe a party crasher, kind of like what we had last year with Port Nature's Groves. And maybe that party crasher is Montgomery Lake Creek. Because last year, the Lions, I don't want to say they came out of nowhere, but they were 5-5 five and five the year before. They roared to a 12-1 and one record. And by the way, like we talked about missing star power, the star power is back for, for Lake Creek, they're loaded offensively. Oh yeah, Tyvon Byers is is one of the best running backs in that class uh, in the state in that class. I think he's going to be a junior this year. Mm-hmm. He had a monster sophomore season. Their quarterback, they had to replace their quarterback, but they love Eli Morcos, the, the young quarterback who played well in limited time last year. Lake Creek's going to score points. They they were really explosive last year offensively. They're going to be explosive again this year offensively. The question for them is going to be how much, how improved is their defense going to be? Um, they they weren't great on defense last year. They won a lot of shootouts, and eventually in the playoffs, I believe against Fort Bend Marshall, it's kind of when it came to bite them, as they just couldn't stop Fort Bend, and Fort Bend was able to stop them a few times. That's that's the question with Lake Creek. That's why I'm a I'm teams that have to win fifty to forty typically mm-hmm. don't win regions and make deep playoff runs. That's why I'm a little I want to see what Lake Creek's defense can do in 2023, and if they've taking a huge step forward. The problem for Lake Creek also is they really don't play a lot of the elite teams in region three in non-district. So we're not going to get a great, a great look at them and know really where they were 12 and 0 last year. And they got to Fort Bend Marshall in the third round and got blown out. So where they stand, hopefully the hope if you're a Lake Creek fan is, is the rest of district 10 has improved and gets them ready for the playoffs. And I think it has improved. I think, I think district 10 is going to be a much deeper and better district in 2023. The you you mentioned like in that same district, Brenham I think is going to be in the mix. But what what I think is so interesting is that if it's not Fort Bend Marshall, and there are questions about Fort Bend Marshall, Port Natchez Groves, and Lake Creek, 
then it's like, where do you go? Because like everywhere else, like they they have questions, right? Brenham uh, uh, and, and got got hot late, right? But they've got to replace eight starters on the offensive side. Austin LBJ, a team that played for a state championship recently, they got wiped by graduation, and they have a new coach. Belton. Interesting yep. team, 15 starters back, but it's been a minute since they've done that. And the last time we saw them, they were kind of getting run out of the barn, unable to score against Brenham, right? That's what's interesting about Region 3 is if it's not one of those upper echelon, those those top-tier teams, it's harder to see a party crasher. Region 2, you could see a bunch of party crashers. Region 1, I think you could see some party yeah. crashers. But Region 3, I, I don't know if I necessarily see one beyond the Fort Bend Marshall, PNG, or Lake Creek squads. I got two to keep an eye on, and they're both in District 10. I think Huntsville is going to be a lot better this year. They got their own stadium on campus opening up. They got a good defense back. Coach Southern seems really confident about the offense. I think Huntsville is going to be back to being a more – remember a couple of years ago when Huntsville was really, really good. That crazy game against Fort Ben Marshall when Devon Chan had to kind of pull one out of his rear end at the end of the game uh, to get them to the, to the state semifinals. I think Huntsville is going to be a lot better. I think Richmond Randall is going to take a major leap forward this year. They 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 were first year program last year, went four and six, were very competitive. They bring back all 49 players from last year. They're basically playing with five A Division One numbers. I think Richmond Randall's a team that's going to take a major leap forward in 2023. Uh the one that I would throw out there just to keep an eye on and, and buy a buy a small amount of stock right now, buy a small amount of stock in the uh the the stingeries of Texas City. Uh, coach, uh, second year under, under under Sean Evans, uh, I think will do. They went six and five last year. They bring back a lot. Caleb Bell, their running back, is the real deal. They bring back fourteen starters overall. Uh, Texas City is a team to keep an eye on, but they're in that that kind of rough and tumble district themselves with uh, with Fort Bend Marshall and and Port Natchez Groves. I mean, Dayton's in that mix too. I mean, it's just it's tough. It's tough sledding there in, in that district. You know, like uh, I mean, think about it. Santa Fe, Santa Fe was six and four last year. Had a nice year last year, and they were out of the playoffs. So District yeah. Nine, it's 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 tough sledding every single week. It's a good district. It's a, it's a good district. It's the best. It's the it's the best district in the region by far. Uh, speaking of uh, a speaking of interesting questions beyond the, the the top of the of the region, let's go to Region Four. Now, this is where Liberty Hill lives. Liberty Hill made the leap up, or, or rather, uh, Liberty Hill uh, won the region again last year. Uh, went and played uh, Port Natchez Groves. They got they had the extremely weird play where didn't both of their like two of their top three rushers got hurt and with the same injury on the same play. Is that right? Their top two their top two running backs right at the beginning of the Flower Bluff game got hurt. Yeah, Thing, yeah both of them were out. Um those guys I think they're both back, mm-hmm. which is good, especially when you're running a slot T. But Liberty Hill got wiped out pretty hard by graduation, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Offensively, that slot T is going to get cooking. They're going to score points. Right. They're going they're going to do some things. Defensively, a lot of question marks here. And, and and to be frank, the defense at times wasn't great last year either. Mm-hmm. They bring back. So you're exactly right. Liberty Hill brings back three thousand yard rushers, including a two thousand yard rusher in Noah Long, and then a guy of their fullback who ran for nineteen twenty three and Ben Carter, plus the running back Joe Pitchford. They are. I mean, the offense. I am not worried about their offense. Not worried about their offense at all. The defense, though, um, I mean, like they will need some young guys to step up and and fortify a unit that was 
quite frankly, a problem last year. You're exactly right. And that's going to be yes. a real question for them is can that defense, they're going to need like sophomores to grow up and be and take on big roles. The, the So I have these, I have these questions about Liberty Hill. And yet I think they are right now the very clear favorite in region in region four. Cause I don't know. I don't know who the chief challenger to them is, honestly. Tough to, f- I- I personally am big on San Antonio Veterans Memorial. Mm-hmm. This team that brings back six and six, they played Liberty Hill tough last year in the third round in the in district play. I believe that was that was a seven point game inside of district. Now Veterans Memorial kind of laid an egg in the third round of the playoffs. I want to say against Flower Bluff. Um, so that that's the concern is can they get it done come playoff time? I don't think Veterans Memorial really fears Liberty Hill. The question for, and I think Veterans Memorial knows they can score on Liberty Hills. I think that was a 56 49 game. They've got uh, a running back, yeah. James Peoples, p- committed to Ohio State, one of the best running backs in the state of Texas. He's going to get his. The question for Veterans Memorial is, is, is the defense. Can their defense make a step forward and, and find a way to slow down a team like Liberty Hill and make a deep playoff run? But Veterans Memorial has the pieces in place to do some damage. You know, and, and you got the two teams on the coast, uh, in Flyer Bluff and Gregory Portland, both who I think have been in the mix. But the questions with those two are going to be, can they, can they, they, they've proven they can get to the third and fourth round, but taking that next step for either program has, has been a challenge recently. And for, you know, frankly, for those teams in, in the, in the coast in the division two uh, side of things. I, I like Gregory Portland, um, uh, not only because the official stance of, of Tep and Step is that Brent Davis is a ball coach and Jack, and he is, um, and they've got, they've got, They've got dudes coming back, uh, including an all-name team quarterback in Reed Dooms. That rocks. Um, yeah. But but they're going to be they're going to be a team that I think especially um, they're going to need to find a, a running back because they lose Dalvin Batts, who is off to the next level. Uh, but they should. I mean, I think they're the favorite in District 15. Alamo Heights last year was the year. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, guys. Like, for the Mules, it, it was, was either going to happen was. last year or it wasn't because they lose 41 seniors. <laughs> and they had Liberty Hill on the ropes. They, yeah. I remember that. I watched a good portion of that game during the third round of the playoffs, and they had Liberty Hill dead to They, they were up yeah. 16 in the third quarter, and, and li- they let Liberty – they missed a field goal. Liberty Hill it got going, and they – yeah, it, it kind of fell apart for Alamo Heights in the second half of that game. That 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 last year was their year. The team they're, that I am—they were white. They bring back they bring back three starters total. Yeah, uh, the the team that I am buying stock in, um, is and it's not just because I literally ate at the Dairy Queen there yesterday, uh, but the Lockhart Lions are going to be something serious. Uh, Todd Mabus, mm-hmm. an, another dude who knows his way uh, around around a football uh, around a football field. He's he's in his I think his fourth year there with Lockhart. They bring back a lot, eighteen starters from last year's team, and they've got they've got the guy that you turn to when you need to play. Ashton Dickens is is a playmaker, and at the quarterback spot, they're gonna have they're gonna be in the mix. And and if oh yeah. They are they are one of those teams that that if you are looking for a party crasher, they are they have all those hallmarks of a party crasher. Good year last year, experience coming back, and a region where we have questions at the top. So Lockhart's a team that mm-hmm. I could I could really buy some stock in. 
Yep. I'll tell you another on all the same vein as Richmond Randall. I think San Antonio Piper is going to take that big step forward this year with all, all their guys coming back. They went two and eight last year. They should be, uh, I think, a playoff team this year and will take a real leap forward and make that district in 13 5A Division two a much better team. But I agree with you. Lock, Lockhart is a team they, they gave, I want to say it was, it was in the second round of the playoffs. They pushed. Uh, Flower Bluff a little bit in that yep. second round playoff game and gave, gave them a good game. So Lockhart's going to be a team to keep an eye on. Um, I wish I could tell our friends in the Valley that this is the year for one of the teams from District 16, but I, I just think they're down. It's um, not. Like, I, it's not. Yeah. Uh, well, for, it's not. for, Sorry, for Val- Valley fans, hang out with us a minute. We're going to say some really nice things about the Valley when we talk about Division I. Uh, but mm-hmm. but for mm-hmm. now, it, it doesn't seem like that. Um, anyway, let's now oh, – oh, I'm sorry. One more team I want to make sure I mention. Uh, and and again, I'm not here to tell you that they are going to win the, the state championship. I'm not here to tell you they're going to win the region. But I want you to put a pin in San Antonio Burbank. Um, this is a team, third year under coach Wendell Harris. They made a nice step last year. They bring back 17 starters. They've got a quarterback they really like who was, I think, grew up as a sophomore in Kevin Hernandez. Again, I'm not here telling you that Burbank's going to win the state championship. What I'm here to tell you, they're going to be better, and they're going to make some people sweat. And and I'm interested to see how that plays out, and especially in a District 14 that could see Alamo Heights falling back to the pack. Don't be surprised if Burbank is is in that mix late in the year for a, for a district championship. That's all I'm saying. So, um yep. All right, let's now zoom back out and Matt Step, give me your region picks in a wide open region 5A Division 2 and your state championship. Uh, region 1, I'm going to go Argyle. Uh, region, go real chalky there. Uh, region 2, I'm going to go Mansfield Summit. Wow. Region 3, I'm going to go Fort Bend Marshall. Mm hmm. And in Region Four, I'm going to go San Antonio Veterans Memorial. Mm-hmm. Wow! State championship a, game, a funky Final Four. It is, it is. In the state championship, give me Mansfield Summit to knock off Fort Ben Marshall in a weird state championship. That would be a very weird state championship. All right, Region One. I am not going to. I'm not going to bite. Uh, I, I'm. I'm not going to overthink it. You have Argyle, like basically it's Argyle or Frisco. Emerson is kind of the mix there. I'm not going to overthink it. One team has pedigree. One team doesn't. I'm going to go with Argyle. Region two. Oh, God, this is the tough one. Uh, I mean, they're all tough. Region two. I'm going to. Region two, I'll go with Melissa, but. I reserve the right. This is, this is I, I hate to say this. I reserve the the right to change my mind in literally three weeks. Like after they play Argyle, because if Argyle blows their doors off in week one, like I'm I'm I like Melissa. I don't love Melissa, uh, but I'll go with Melissa right now. Oh, I already don't like that. I'll go with Melissa. <laughs> Region three. Region three, I'm going to go with Port Nature's Groves. I think they answer the questions. Uh, I think that they find a way through. I'm going to go with Port Nature's Groves to win region three. And then region four, I'm going to go with Gregory Portland. Uh, I like Gregory Portland in region four. And in the state championship game, give me, boy, Port Nature's Groves and Gregory Portland would have some fans at it in the semifinal. Um, I'd go to that game just just for the spectacle. I think that would be a blast. 
In the state championship game, I'm going to go with Melissa over Gregory Portland in another wild, weird state championship game. But I also, like, that just to me speaks to the wide-open nature of Division Two. Like, I just, like, South Oak Cliff could absolutely go win their third straight, and I'd be like, yep, okay, yeah, that tracks. Um, I yep. don't know. It's, it's yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting and, and fun to watch. Over to 5A Division One, Matthew, as we log on and find, let me just, uh, let me type in here, who's the number one team in 5A Division One? Um, oh, that's interesting. Uh, the Alito Bearcats are the number one team in 5A Division One. Um, so instead of like talking about like how good Alito is, because by the way, they're going to be really good again, and we'll get into when we talk about Region One. Uh, scale of one, scale of one to ten, Mathsep. How worried are you if you're an Alito fan that the head coach? is Robbie Jones and not Tim Buchanan. Scale of 1 to 10. 10 being sell your house, 1 being it's literally going to be exactly the same. <laughs> a 3. Yeah. A 3. Yeah, I'm not – I don't think – at least this year, I don't see foresee much much changing at all for Alito, honestly. I think they're they're the clear favorite to win the, win the state championship this year. I, I think there's – Honestly, in five A Division One, much like six A Division One, I, I really think it's a two horse race here. But personally, there's some good teams. There's, there's teams that that could challenge those two. But I think there's a clear delineation between the top two. There's a gap between number two and number three. Put it that way. So the number one team is Alito, and I presume the number two team you're talking about. And I'm glad you're finally putting some shine on Corpus Christi Carroll. I've been telling you about these guys for. Is, is that not who you're talking about? No, no, it's it's a uh, it's a little team out east that wears green. I mean, those Lobos from Longview. Longview starts the year number two in the state in in our in our rankings, um, and and certainly worthy of that. Uh, th- they bring back a fair amount. We'll talk about them when we get to region two, um, and then like so so what you're saying is right now you draw the line in five A Division one, like where the gap is, because we were talking about five A Division two. We would probably draw the gap at. Six. Port Natchez Groves is six. Frisco Emerson is seven, right? That's probably where that line is as far as like con- true state championship contenders. So you're saying in 5A Division One, you draw that between two and three between Longview and College Station. At the moment, yes. I, I think there's there's some, especially with in Region Two, I think there's teams that are good enough to challenge Longview, but right now, I, I think that's where the delineation is. Are um, I think there's some teams that I think could could jump into that mix, but I think you're right. I think right now here on August seventh, I think that if you want to draw that line between uh, uh, between uh, Alito, Longview, and everyone and the field, I think that's probably fair. Okay, so let's let's start our our, our regional breakdown. We'll go to Region One, and Region One is where the Alito Bearcats left. Now Alito is uh, going to be really good. They're going to have uh, one of the very best players in the state at quarterback in Haas Haney, who was. So good, and I think the thing that makes Alito especially dangerous in 2023 is that Hoss Haney, he always knew how to do it, but they unleashed him in the passing game as the season went on, and it was just like, oh, oh, never mind. You're like, you're really good at this. 
And because he was all yeah, he got better. He got. He, yeah, he got better as the year went along because in the first couple of weeks, Alito was trying to find their identity on offense. They lost to Parrish Episcopal. They lost to Geyer. They're trying to find themselves. But once Haney kind of settled in and kind of was confident that he was the guy and they weren't going to kind of gank him, he he bloomed and blossomed. And by the, by the that state championship win over College Station was a absolute clinic that Alito put on it. I mean, it, it was non-competitive football for about three quarters of that game. It, it, was, it, really, it was utter it, domination. It really was. And honestly, the more I look back on it, what, and, and obviously you can view this in, in hindsight now, knowing what we know, what a fitting send off for Tim Buchanan of just like, that was pure uncut raw Colombian Alito football <laughs> they were on display yeah. at AT&T of, of like they were winning up front they had outstanding quarterback play they were they were making big plays defensively like at, they were getting guys free in just scheming guys free it was a it was a masterclass and a like again a fitting send off for for one of the all-time greatest Texas high school football coaches in Tim Buchanan they start by the way, that's not even mentioned. They bring back Davon Keys, who was so important to them. And and like not only like a star linebacker, but also like a great short yardage back. Jaden Allen, who is a, a lockdown corner. I mean, they're loaded, guys. Like if you were if you think Alito's going away, I have bad news for you. And it's so much so that and and maybe it's just because like some of the 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 usual suspects I think are gonna be down this year or at least take a step back. But like I got to be honest, man, it's hard for me to see anyone within region one staying within two touchdowns of Alito. I'm not trying to be a defeatist here, but like it looks like Alito and then a sizable gap before you get to Tascosa. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Abilene's kind of the number two team in, 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 in the region, but it's yeah, I mean, because Burleson Centennial and Midlothian were kind of the foils last year for Alito. Especially Midlothian taking Alito to overtime in that in that great playoff game, but Midlothian got hurt by, hurt pretty hard by graduation. Burleson Centennial got wiped out by graduation. Denton Ryan's going to be really young, really inexperienced. I don't think Lake Belton or Colleen Shoemaker or Red Oak has enough to hang with 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 Alito. It's it's kind of uh, Alito or the field here, and 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 the the smart money is on Alito. That's not to say there's not star power. Lake Belton obviously has one of the very best players in the state, and Micah Hudson. Uh, they're they're star. He's worth the price of admission. the The issue for Lake Belton, and I think there are people who who might be tuning in to to find out, hey, like the team that Lake that uh, that Micah Hudson plays for, how are they going to be? They're going to score. They're going to score. But the problem for them last year was they couldn't stop anybody. And I'm not quite. I got to see it before I'm going to believe that they're going to be able to stop anybody this year. Um, you know, Tascos is interesting. That the offense obviously is going to be is going to be uh, you know difficult to deal with, but like the the issue has been when they run into the real power players in the Metroplex at least recently, it just it just hasn't gone well for them, and that's that's kind of the issue is that I've got to be able to see them do it before you know I've got to see them do it before we it happens. And by the way, they're going to be young on the offensive line. They're going to be young at quarterback. Like this sets up again. I'm not trying to say don't pay attention to Region One. What I'm saying is that like this sets up for Alito to be the clear favorite in every game they play until a state semifinal. Agree. I, I just yeah. I, I think Tascosa has got a lot of. Not, I was at the Tascosa Burleson Centennial game last year. Didn't see Tascosa having enough to compete. 
I think Abilene's interesting because mm-hmm. of how good they got once they put that freshman quarterback in. But I've got questions about Abilene on the defensive side of the ball this year. And yeah, it's. I think outside of I think the race to play Alito in the regional final is going to be really intriguing. Mm-hmm. But I think when you get to that regional final, Alito is going to be three three touchdown favorites. I hate I hate doing that because like I do like and I well, hope I'm wrong. I hope yeah. I hope I'm wrong just from from a competitive standpoint. But I mean I just don't see it. Um, I would buy the the one thing I will say, and and it, it, you know again I don't want to just make this all about how great Alito is. Um, but I will say that in Region One, um. I would buy a small amount of stock in Amarillo. Um, I like what the Sandys have coming back. They've, uh, I think they're going to be really pretty good defensively. They've got a quarterback they really like in Will Flaming that I think has an opportunity to be really good. Um, and and a, a running back in Pius Vokes. Love that. Uh, who I think is a, is a name to, to know there. Uh, I think they could... You know, I think they could give Tascosa and Abilene a scare in Region 2. We haven't even mentioned Lubbock Cooper, but again, they got hit so hard by graduation. That's what we're talking about is that, like, all these teams that are normally giving giving the contenders trouble, they all are going to be so young and have so many questions, while Alito brings back a state championship caliber team right now. The only thing they're missing is is the coach, and by the way, he's been there for 20 years or something like that. So mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay, on to Region Two. <laughs> sorry, sorry, everybody tuned in. They're like, "Oh, this sucks." Well, Region Two is a lot, in my opinion, a lot more intriguing because mm-hmm, not only mm-hmm. you, you look at the rankings, you've got six of the top ten living here, and you've got the number two team in the state and the team that Matt Step says is the team that is is chief challenger to Longview for the crown. And that is the Longview Lobos. They're the number one team in the state last year. Uh, went into the state semifinal against Alito and. I mean, that game, I would love to read a, a whole story on that game, which was so bizarre. You remember the the weather was crazy. The wind was insane. There yeah. was like a two-and-a-half-hour, like, rain delay. Uh, in, with like a so two-and-a-half-hour delay to play the last minute of the game. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It was a crazy. And, and and I think if you're a Longview fan, you, you walked away from that game feeling like you let one get away. They were up on Alito 14-3 to mm-hmm. uh, for a good portion of that game, and so – I think if you're a long, and it, it, I think Alito won 17 to 14. It was a real mm-hmm. slugfest kind of football game. And I, I think if you're a Longview fan, you, you walked away from that game saying, we let one slip away. Now, after the fact, you kind of find out Taylor Tatum was dealing with a foot injury and was not 100%. And you could tell watching on film, I was, I remember I was in the, I was at the Alamo Dome watching a game down there and watching Alito Longview online. And I was like, Man, Tatum just doesn't look. He he can't. He can't. He doesn't have that burst. And maybe I, I thought you know maybe Alito's just that good defensively. But come to find out, Tatum Tatum was dealing with something. So you know maybe that that helps Longview out. The questions for Longview I think are on the offensive side of the ball because I think their defense is going to be really really good. They're, they're going to be better this year than they were last year, and they were great last year. Mm-hmm. The question for Longview is going to be they don't have the five star receiver in Jalen Hill. And even when they did, they had times getting they had trouble getting him the football because of the inconsistency at quarterback. Well, now now you don't have that safety blanket to where you know we get in trouble. We can just throw it up and let Jalen Hill go be a five star dude. Can Longview develop a passing game that at least takes some of the pressure off their running game? Yeah, they're they're the they're they're missing a quarterback. They got to find a quarterback, and that's the the real question. Uh, they've got a couple of guys they like. Andrew Tut and Maverick Rowe, but from what I've I've read, it's going to be a I mean it's going to be like 
they're going to figure it out kind of as they go. Uh, but but Longview mm-hmm. is is if they figure out quarterback, they are co-team to beat. Like if I mean, because here's the thing, Hoss right now, like with all and uh, like Micah Hudson's super special. But there is a like there is a list of guys in five A Division one that you could say are the best player in five A Division one. Longview's got one in Taylor Tatum. Alito's got one in Hoss Haney, and that is that's what makes this particularly interesting. And for Longview, if they find that quarterback, then they're dangerous, plain and simple. That's really the question for them. But within their own district, I would say they have a real problem on their hands, dude. I know what you're going to say about their defense, but I think Lancaster is ready for liftoff, man. I am in. Yeah, they're going to be really, really good. I think there's a strong case to be made to put Lancaster number three in the state. Um, mm. and, and they get Longview at home this year. So, you know, I, I'll tell you, in my predictions in, in the district, I picked Lancaster to beat Longview in district play this year. But I think Longview, my prediction in the playoffs is Longview will beat Lancaster in the regional final and get to the state semifinal round. But I, I think Lancaster's they they pl- gave Longview a game last year, and in, in Longview, so I, I think Lancaster's fully ca- they're, they're talented enough to beat them. I, I just wonder about Lancaster is come playoff time, can Lancaster put together four straight clean games to get out of a really tough region? That was the I mean, question last year, and they let they 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 got up on Reedy and then just peed down their leg in late in that Reedy game. And I know Coach Paul to his credit, has tried to shoulder a lot of that blame for that meltdown in the playoffs. And he's, you know, he he's a head coach. He's got to take some of that blame. And I, he's taking the pressure off his kids by doing that. But the kids got to go out and execute, and the kids got to make plays eventually. And they didn't do that in that game. And so that, now they got they to they get to show they can do it for four straight weeks in a really tough region. The, the playmakers un, are undeniable. Corey Gibson, Kawan Lacey, Cameron Robinson, Ty Eric Martin, Markel Porter. I mean, Tobias Steps, who is now a uh, Syracuse commit. He committed here at Dave Campbell's Texas Football. I mean, they are loaded, loaded, loaded there at Lancaster. Uh, so is Mansfield Timberview, who is the team you may remember was the regional finalist last year and also gave Longview a bit of a scare there uh, in, in, that, in that game. Mansfield Timberview is going to be really good as well. Uh, defensively, I think they have an opportunity to be really good. Uh, the they they started nine sophomores last year, so you can make a real argument that Timberview was a year early last year. Um, I think they have an opportunity to be really really special, especially if they rebuild that offensive line. If they rebuild that offensive line, which is what you got to do to beat Longview. Like you have to match up up front. If they do that, then Timberview's right in that mix as well. Timberview lost a really elite offensive line class, and they had a couple of Division One kids on that team and they got to replace their head coach james brown's now at smu uh, directing their recruiting uh department so some questions there with timberview um you know no one talked about frisco reedy last year i think frisco reedy still going to be mm-hmm. a, a really interesting team to watch they went 12 and 1 last year won the district um they bring back an, especially eight starters on defense i think if they can answer some questions on offense they'll be a team to keep an eye on uh, and that's not even you know not even taking into taking into account a team that I think is is really on the rise. That's Port Arthur Memorial down in mm-hmm. Southeast Texas. They had a great year last year. Should be even better this year. And they've got an elite sophomore class coming in that should add to that depth as well. So Region Two is going to be fun to watch. 
Region two is going to be insane. We didn't even mention, you know, you mentioned Frisco Reedy, uh, Frisco Lone Star is in that mix as well. The thing about Reedy is you remember how good they were in close games last year. Like they were unbelievable in close games last year. Remember that block punt? They want to cut one. Like they blocked the punt with less than a minute left and returned it for a touchdown to win a game in district. They just, they they, I mean, they were living right last year for sure. They, they had a horseshoe stuck somewhere last year. Uh, the question is like, does that, does that kind of revert? And that's a question. Cause like they also lose Caleb deal. They lose uh, a number of kind of playmakers. Uh, Caleb Smith, their wide receiver is gone as well, but you know, they're, they've got Max Anderson, who is a stud offensive lineman. That's a good place to start. You mentioned Port Arthur Memorial. I'm interested in them, especially. I think their their defensive front's going to be really, really good. Frisco Lone Star, I think it's going to be in the mix as well. They're going to be they're going to be dangerous. I mean, we didn't even mention a team like I don't know. I think McKinney North has an opportunity to be really good. I think Frisco Wakeland could be Forney. good. Forney, I mean, Forney's going to be Forney's got that sophomore running back. They got the Flowers kid. They got the South Oak Cliff Kelvion Riggins who trans. For it yeah. in I, my my kind of deep sleepers i got two richland and lufkin mm-hmm. they're both going to be kind of your deep sleep i think lufkin lufkins gets the advantage of playing mckinney the, the teams that they're kind of fighting for playoff spots in that district mm-hmm. with uh, mckinney north and forney they get them both in lufkin this year they get them in the you woods. know lufkin's a tough place to go win a yeah it's a tough place to go win a football game at yeah hey martin stadium's tough all right region two is going to be really really fun uh and, and i think like longview's your favorite but like there are obstacles in the way, both within and without their district over across the, the bracket to region three. We did not let's let's make sure we do this. I know we've uh, like uh, like I've done this before, but I, it's worth doing it one more time before we move on to 2023 fully. I cannot express how wrong we were about College Station last year, like shockingly wrong remarkably wrong mm-hmm. like at every turn well, because well like we, we weren't wrong about them early in the year remember that season yeah. opener where they went to they, they played lovejoy and just got hammered they did but credit to them and they they got it together and and got better each week and by the playoffs they were cooking they were cooking in a real way and part of it was that they found a replacement for Marquise Collins because we remember thinking especially cuz like that first game you mentioned with Lovejoy they looked so listless and they looked like they had no idea what they were doing offensively uh and I was just like oh well never mind like they lose Marquise Collins they lose the season well Aiden Martinez Brown was a superstar last year and he's back they've got a playmaker mm-hmm. in the in the secondary in Tony Hamilton uh, they're, I mean, they are, they're going to have, they're going to be a problem once again. Now, I also think there's a real argument to be made that there are more contenders and more problems waiting for them in region three than there were in the past couple of years. Specifically, I know there's one team from the greater San Antonio area who would like one more shot at college station, <laughs> considering how last year ended. Because they needed one more yard to beat College Station last year yeah. in that crazy uh, game that ended on the one yard line. So yeah, I think Smithson Valley is going to be in the mix again this year. They they that what hurt Smithson Valley last year was they lost Freddie Dubose in Week One, and I believe Dubose is committed to Texas as a wide receiver. He tore his ACL in the season opener against San Antonio Reagan. He, he was their kind of game breaker. Remember I talked about Melissa, how they needed that kind of guy to take the top off the defense. 
Dubose was that guy for Smithson Valley. And so when he got hurt, it made Smithson Valley kind of have to play perfect and kind of beca- they became a plotting team throughout the year. And I think getting him back is going to be huge for Smithson Valley if they can keep him healthy because he's a guy who's a game diff- a real game breaker uh, for the Rangers. I, I think they're going to be a team to watch. I I think Fulcher broke through last year. Fulcher's uh, playing with 6A numbers right now. They're going to be in 6A next year. They've got big-time big, big time numbers. They graduated a great senior class. they got a great running back returning. I, I think Fulcher is going to be a team to watch. I think AM Consolidated is really intriguing with Brandon Schmidt there mm-hmm. coming over from Prosper to take over that program. That guy can coach, and he did a great job with that Prosper program. I think AM Consolidated right there inside of the district is going to be a, a real challenge. And then what's Manville going to be with Kirk Martin returning? Yeah. I'm really intrigued to see how Manville looks in Kirk Martin, his second act as the head coach there for the Mavericks. Uh, a couple of other teams who I think are going to be kind of uh, worth keeping your eye on as kind of the Region 3 plays out. Um, I, I'm intrigued by Georgetown. Georgetown was a team that was pretty darn good last year, a 10-win team, uh, and I thought got better as the season went on. Uh, they've got their own stud running back in Andrew Petter and a quarterback they really like in Noah Boris. Um, but they will have some holes to fill on the defensive side, and that's going to be and, – and in the trenches. And that's going to be the real question there, especially in what's a really tough district there. They're going to have to deal with College Station and a Consolidated. I am also a little intrigued in a, 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 a stop me if you've ever heard me say this before, but uh, hey, remember when San Antonio Wagner was just like romping through their region before they got moved into region mm-hmm. three? Um, they might be back. Uh, they might be back. Uh, th- their defense is going to be really good this year. And I think they've got some playmakers on the defensive side, like Greg Williams, Greg the Hammer Williams, and Darius uh, Darius Burley, <laughs> who I think have an opportunity to make some 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 noise. The question is going to be, can that offense, which was always so devastating for them in that kind of flexible offense, can they get that humming again? Uh, they kind of haven't been able to well, find that 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 again. What'll be a fun matchup for Wagner's week one against Liberty Hill? Wagner plays Liberty Hill week yeah. one. That'll be a fun kind of measuring stick game to see where Wagner's defense is. It'll also be over in like 25 minutes because they're all just going to. Yeah, that might like, be the shortest game of the year. Yeah, yeah it's going to be very cool. Uh, Region 3 is going to be really interesting. And and if you're looking for, I don't know, let me throw one. Let me throw two teams all out there that I'm that I'm intrigued by. One of them okay. is a team that that everyone's heard of. They've won state championships recently. Hey, remember Cedar Park? Remember when Cedar Park won mm-hmm. state championships? Um, they 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 took on the chin last year. They were really young. Um, Fifteen starters back. I'm intrigued. The other team that I am interested in. It is time to stop disrespecting the Golden Tornadoes of of, of Galveston Ball. Okay. <laughs> now they got the, the district is what I think they're dis- now they're going to be better this year, but they got they districts this we're not going to know about Galveston ball until the playoffs that's the thing it's it's, their districts is not not going to give many any challenges they had statistically the best defense in the state last year um remember Mm -hmm. like they had we were on like Galveston ball watch like (laughs) over the course of the season where it was like they were like allowing like 3.1 points per game it was insane yeah they went like Mm-hmm. What they do? They went like four and a half games without giving up a, without giving up a point. They gave up like a touchdown in the first in the third quarter of the first game, and then they didn't give up another touchdown till like the eighth game. It was something crazy. Uh, but they yeah, bring back thirteen starters, 
you know, they'll be better this year. They'll be better. They'll be better. It's just a matter. Can they, can they, can they get it out, out of that first round of the playoffs? Uh, if I, if I'm picking a big deep sleeper in region three, I like Seguin. I think Seguin's going to be a team that's going to be a lot better this year. I ate in Seguin last week too. Finally, Matthew, let's talk about the real fireworks factory. And that's in region four, Matthew, where we're going to line it up again. It's Corpus Christi versus the Valley. Corpus Christi won it last year with Corpus Christi Veterans Memorial. Um, and and look, there's there's a lot to like about this Veterans Memorial team. They, of course, are the defending regional champions, and they deserve that respect uh, there. Uh, they bring back, I again, I would say an adequate amount from last year's team. Uh, they bring back uh, nine starters from last year's team. Uh, including Christian Sabsuk, who was such a, a dual kind of a two-way star for them. Um, Luke Johnson. The, the, the thing about Veterans Memorial, I feel like they've got they've always got three or four guys who all like have the same body type, and they're all like DB slash receivers, and they're all just like game breakers. Who like if you get them yeah, the ball, they're all space, like, oh. Yeah. Yeah, Sapsuk had the 90-yard touchdown catch against PSJ North in the regional final that kind of broke that game open last year. He's, I think he's committed to Air Force. He's a, a Division One type player for, for them. That Air's Memorial last year was really gritty, and, and it kind of reflect they reflected their head coach, Ben Bittner, who's kind of a, a, a gritty, tough kind of fighter guy, undersized guy, who's kind of a scrapper. And Veterans Memorial kind of embodied him a little bit last year. They, they lost a lot. I, I think... I think from a from a talent standpoint, the edge inside of that district probably has to go to Miller. And when you talk about Region Four, I think you have to say the edge right now, just because of experience and how that game played out last year. I think you got to go to PSJ North as the favorite to win the region. I, I was at that game. PSJ North lost to Veterans Memorial by seven in Corpus. PSJ Memorial was terrible at coin flips last year. They they lost the flip to. They 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 had to play they had to play Veterans Memorial in Corpus last year. So that game, if it happened again this year, would be down and far. Big edge to PSJ North if it came down to that. PSJ North brings back twenty one starters from last year's team. Incredible, including Ali Aparicio is back. I'm telling you, Ali Aparicio. I'm writing a piece for TexasFootball.com right now about like just my favorite players, and Ali Aparicio is like again you talk about undersized and gritty and just like like I love I love the way Ali Aparicio operates that offense and I also love the fact that Ali Aparicio will chat with you. <laughs> oh will, yeah, he will. He lets you know. Yeah. <laughs> he'll chirp with you. He's, and so yeah. PSJ North, of course, I think they're going to be in that mix. The team within their own district, Edinburgh Vela. They're loaded too. They bring back 16 starters. If it weren't for PSJ North, we'd be all about Corpus or Edinburgh Vela, uh, they bring yeah. back uh, 16 starters, uh, and I expect another knockdown, drag out district matchup there in District 15, 5A Division One. And again, like you're just setting up these, these again, uh, I, I would say with all due respect, maybe to Brownsville Veterans Memorial, who I think is going to be really good as well. They I are, do they think... are. They, got, they have to replace a coach. That's, that's yeah. their big question mark is Kelly Lee is back in Eastern New Mexico. So now you, but you've got those four teams, and they're the four teams we've had. We had circled last year: PSJA North and Enberg Vale from the Valley, and then Corpus Christi Veterans Memorial and Corpus Christi Miller, all probably mm-hmm. careening towards a second. Is it second round they meet? 
I think they meet. Uh, the they'll meet in the second round. They'll, they'll yeah. meet in the second round, and then what happened last year was a split in the second round last year, with with PSJ North beating Miller, Veterans Memorial beating Vela, and in Veterans Memorial Vela, Vela was a close game. It was PSJ North kind of took it to Miller fourteen seven. They met again. Yeah, and then PSJ North kind of handled Miller, if memory serves. Um, 35-14. Then you get to the regional final. You get to the regional final, and and, and they could meet up again. Um, and the funny thing is those same matchups happen again this year. They're all in the Valley because Miller played PSJ North in, in, in Corpus. Vela played Veterans Memorial in Corpus. Veterans Memorial played PSJ North in Corpus. So if those, those same matchups happen again this year, they're all return trips, and they're all in the nine five six. I'll I'll just say this. we have talked about Miller. Yeah, I, I think Miller is going to be better, and I think the matchups aren't going to be the same because I think Miller is going to overtake Veterans Memorial this year and win the district, hmm. which sets up potentially a Corpus Christi Vets PSJ North second round playoff game this year. Um, uh, elsewhere outside of those, you know, we mentioned Brownsville Vets. You mentioned they they do have a new quarterback, but or a new coach, but they're going to have a lot of they're they're a particularly interesting team. Um, there in the valley, kind of outside of those uh, those top two, and then the other team that I'm interested in. Uh, it's been a minute since we talked seriously about Victoria West, but I think the Warriors are going to be pretty decent. Um, six and six last year. Camden Reppers back at the mm-hmm. quarterback spot. And he was a stud last year. And I don't know. You got some Mari Montgomery. They got, they, got, they got playmakers. I'm intrigued. They could they're gonna score. The question is gonna be on the defensive side. Can they stop anybody? Which was kind of a bugaboo mm-hmm. for them uh, last year. And then I'm I'm interested in San Antonio Southside. San Antonio Southside, I think, has an opportunity to take another leap. You know, they went ten and two last year, won their district. Um, they've got a, a, a good amount back. I think they're gonna be in that mix as well. So um anyone else in region four catch your eye? It's really it's really about those top four. Yeah, I think Harlington South is going to be a lot better this year. Um, they they were real young last year. I think Harlington South is is going to be improved. And if you're looking for like a real real deep sleeper, keep an eye on Corpus Christi Ray. Mm-hmm. The Texans bring back eighteen starters, 10, 10 on offense. All right, Matthew, let's zoom out. Give me your regional champions and your state championship game. Region one, I'm going to go with Alito. Region two, I'm going to go with Longview. Region three, I'm going to go Smithson Valley. And in region four, I'm going to go PSJA North. And in the state championship, give me Alito over Smithson Valley. God, I hate when we agree because I think I have yeah. the exact thing. I'm going to go with Alito in region one. I'm going to go with Longview in region two. Although, again, Lancaster is really intriguing to me. And, but, like they would have to beat Longview twice, basically, so was, or at least at least once when it matters. And 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 I think mm-hmm. I like Longview in the playoffs. Yeah, I'm going to go with Smithson Valley in Region Three. I think they get a little bit of revenge on College Station, although I think College Station has an opportunity to make us look silly again. Uh, and then I like PSJ North in Region Four. And yeah, I like Alito or Smithson Valley. I hate I hate agreeing with you, but like I think that's the way it works. I I will say this. I think. PSJ North Smithson Valley is a one score game. I think both those semifinals are one score games. Alito Longview and PSJ North uh, Smithson Valley. I think they're both one score games. Okay, I I think Smithson Valley is is equipped to, to play with Alito because I don't think they'll get dominated in the trenches. I I do think that that would be a, a, a something Smithson Valley could could give Alito a game. Yeah. 
Uh, I could also see Longview beating Alito. Like if again, all comes yes, down to I could too. like the real question. I think for all of to to zoom out and took the big the big picture perspective, if Longview finds a quarterback, that really shifts the entire narrative of five A Division one. Because right now somebody's got to stop Alito. It just doesn't seem like it's going to happen. If Longview finds a quarterback, it's like it's game on. So anyway, there it is. Agree. Okay. There's 5A. We did it. And there's only one class left to preview next week, or rather on, on Thursday. And then I'll, I'll probably be Thursday. We're going to record on Thursday. We are going to preview yeah. all 249 class 6A teams. Going to start with El Paso Socorro. One by one. Work our way up to Duncanville. That's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's going to do it for us. Thanks for being Dave Campbell's Text Football subscriber. Step, thanks for your courage. Thank you. Talk to you later this week on Tap and Step. Matt Step, we have already recorded five full hours of preview podcasts, and yet we're back here recording another sure-to-be relentlessly long podcast. What is wrong with us? Everything. and step your premium texas high school football podcast from your friends at dave campbell's texas football and texasfootball.com i am the tep greg tepper nine the step matt step live thank from you canada. For, live from canada thank you for being a dave campbell's texas football subscriber we love you very much and so we've come to the end of the road the final preview episode of the preseason, just like flurry Marathon. gauntlet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You want to start singing "Boys to Men," little boys to men. You want to, you want to uh, bust out your singing chops. I would love to, but I feel like with the delay on uh, recording remotely, I, I feel like we wouldn't be able to, to sync it up. So I'd just rather. Yeah, I wouldn't sync it up. Yeah, our harm. We wouldn't be able to harmonize properly. You know. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's the only thing holding us back. The only problem. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly it. This is your class. 6A preview edition of Tep and Step. We do thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas football subscriber coming up here in just a little bit. As promised, we're going 249 to 1. We're counting them all down, previewing every team in the state. Or we'll, we might just go region by region. We'll see. We'll see when we get yeah, there. You know, potato, potato, right? We're going to be we're gonna be three hours in, and we're going to be like, all right, time to talk about Mansfield. <laughs> you know? wow. Three hours in and we're only in District 11? Jeez. Well, I, I was going to go from 249 until ah, uh, okay. 249 on up, and Mansfield presently ranks to give you a peek behind the curtain. Look at our computer rankings, 102nd. So um, I don't know. <laughs> That's the final 100 to go. I think my wife would kill me because I'm supposed to go home at some point. Mine but, too, yeah. uh, and we will get into uh, all things Class 6A coming up here in just a little bit. But first, Matthew, we will start, as we always do, with your Texas high school football fun fact of the week presented by Country Meats. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
special shout out to our sponsor, Country Meats. They handcraft delicious, healthier snacks that help groups and teams easily raise money with 12 delicious flavors to choose from. Reach your fundraising goals fast and deliciously and order yours at countrymeats.com. Use the discount code STEP10 to get 10% off your first order. That's discount code STEPP10 at checkout at countrymeats.com. Countrymeats.com. They're ready for this series of preview editions to be over we may not be but they're certainly like enough of enough of this yeah even even country meets is like you guys are crazy like yeah. like we just want to sell we, we just want to help team meet their fundraising goals and you idiots are talking about way too much high school football like we get it you know uh yeah anyway uh it's time for your texas high school football fun fact of the week and once again matt step we're going to play three strikes uh we are going to have you uh, try to name the 10 teams on this list, but it's actually going to be 11, spoiler alert. Uh, okay. the, ele- the the 11 teams on this list, and you get three strikes after three strikes. As your Orioles know, they are out, uh, although big win today against – Big the, win the, for the Birds today. Big win for the Birds. Uh, Matt Stepp, your Texas high school football fun fact of the week. We're playing three strikes. Name the top 10, but there is there are two teams tied for 10th, so there's 11. Teams – with the most consecutive playoff berths active. So the top 10 UIL 11-man Texas high school football teams as far as consecutive playoff berths, consecutive playoff streak. Mm, mm, okay. Um, let's go Katie. Katie, number three, 32 in a row. Uh, let's go Alito. Alito tied for 10th, 27 in a row. I'm 10th. Okay. So we're talking long, so long street. Uh, so the last time they missed the playoffs was back in t- 1995. Okay. Uh, let's go Refurio. Refurio is fifth, tied for fourth, technically with 31 in a row. Okay. Um, Oh, we're getting tough here. Because um, this is interesting because you also have to take into account, like, geography. There are definitely at least a couple teams on here that are benefits, in my opinion, of, like, they're the sure. best team in their region. Uh, how about Harlingen? Harlingen is a good guess, but not true because they Oof. missed the playoffs back in 2017. Okay. Dang, wow, that was not that long ago. Yeah, it only got five years, one wow. three. Hmm. But there, there is one, and I'll give you a hint. There is one in an area of the state I just visited that has the number one playoff streak. Oh yeah, Cal Allen. Cal Allen is number one, thirty-eight in a row. Hmm. They have not missed the playoffs since nineteen eighty-four. <laughs> Think about that. Oh. That's crazy. Um, that is that's insane. Salina tied for fourth with Refugio at thirty-one in a row. You've got one, two, okay. three, four, five, six more to go. Okay. Um, how about Longview? Another good guess, but they uh, strike two. They are t- they are tied for twenty first. They have twenty two in a row, which means they last missed the playoffs back in the year two thousand. 
Two strikes. Okay. Um, I know Judson did have it at one point. They mm-hmm. that streak ended a couple of years ago. Yeah, I want to. Uh, they 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 might have had like the second or third longest streak. Yeah, how about Austin Westlake? Austin Westlake, number two, thirty-five in a row for the Chaps. Okay. So you're missing six. Two teams tied for sixth. Two teams tied for eighth, and one team tied for tenth. Okay. Uh, how about Canadian? And that is strike three for Matt Sepp. Two, uh, 21 in a row. They missed the playoffs back in 2001. So the top 10 as far as active playoff streaks. Number one, Cal Allen, 38 in a row. You got that. Number two, Westlake, got that, 35 in a row. Number three, Katie, 32 in a row. You got that. Number tied for fourth, Salina and Refurio. Uh, you got both of those. Tied for sixth, Galena Park North Shore, 29 in a row. And Newton, 29 in a row. Okay. Tied for eighth, Highland Park, 28 in a row. Oh, gosh. Highland Park, of course. And the Woodlands, 28 in a row, which is, I think that's kind of pretty impressive because they're always in a pretty tough district. Yeah. Yeah. And finally, tied for 10th with Alito at 27 in a row, the defending 6A Division II state champion DeSoto Eagles have made the playoffs 27 years in a row. Okay. There you have it, right. your Texas high school football fun fact of the week. Matt Sepp, you got six of the 11. That ain't bad. More than 50%. <clears throat> no, and then the ones that – the strikes were not bad strikes. They were, no. they were you know, borderline pitches. High, Highland Park's the bad miss there. That's the one yeah. that you're like, you should have had that. Yeah, Highland Park's the one I'm kicking myself on. Yeah, it's okay. Anyway, it's your Texas high school football fun fact of the week. Thank you, country mates. Matt Sepp, there's only one thing left to do, and that is to talk about the largest classification – in the state of Texas, Class 6A. And I guess the we should start this conversation with the place that last year finished the conversation, which is South Dallas. Um, because District 11 6A, and really I would just say that I-20 corridor uh, dominated Class 6A, winning both state championships. Uh, the uh, I would say... Okay, well, let, let me ask you a question. Are you sure. comfortable saying that Duncanville was the best team in 6A last year? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a, there's what-ifs, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, a big what-if with North Shore. But, you know, that's, injuries are part of the game, so you have okay. to give, you know. Did we did we what-if North Shore when they beat Duncanville when mm-hmm. Quinton Jackson got hurt? You know, so... You know, so credit so to Duncanville. Then, I, I would say, so that, I would say yes. Let's say right. Let's say for the sake of argument that that the state champions were the best team in six A, Duncanville. Who was the second best team in six A? North Shore. Okay. Who was the third best team in six A? That's tougher. All right. I would go. I would go Austin Westlake. Maybe, I think if yeah. Austin Westlake and DeSoto played last year, I would pick Westlake last year. Would DeSoto be fourth on your list? Yes. Okay. Okay. Because because yes. th- that's one of the one of the interesting things about six A is that you end up going through and talking a little bit about each kind of each district. Last year we did each district. We're not going district by district, uh, but we will. Well, maybe we will. I don't know. I think I, I have memories of us kind of forgetting, like ended up going district by district. Um, but 
you do have to talk about it in context of Division One, Division Two, and different. it's different than all the other classes. Yeah, and the Division One, Division Two split is so important and such a nebulous thing that I don't think it's an insult to say that DeSoto was the third or fourth best team in six A, but they were, in my opinion, definitely the best team in six A Division Two. That's not really that. That was not a flip. No, it's not up for debate. They they were the best team in that sixty four team bracket. Problem is, is that you know the two best teams in all of six A. That's that's the thing about six A is the district races shape the playoff picture more in six A than any other division because one you know last year we were we were we watched certain districts. I think we were watching the Keller Southlake district last year because mm-hmm. if certain teams make the playoffs, it pushes Southlake Carroll to a different division, and that shapes the playoff race in in each bracket. So. The district races are are vital, and and there's a couple of them that we're going to talk about. Um, that that those races teams are teams are right on that borderline of going division one or division two. So it it makes it it makes it tougher to predict, but it also makes it a lot. There's a lot more variables, and makes it uh, sometimes more fun. Another one of the things that that I think is is unique, I would say about six A is I would say that they probably have the most consistent group of blue bloods group of blue bloods like they're obviously like canadian and gunner in 3a like nobody's deba- debating that uh um, uh carthage obviously in 4a uh alito in 5a right we're not debating that but as far as a group of blue bloods you can really set your watch by like the top teams that are going to be in the top 20 you know what i mean like it's as sure. far as texas high school football in, in 6a is concerned that like Denton Geyer is a perfect example. Denton Geyer is a program that we think is probably going to take. I don't want to spoil anything. We think it's probably going to take a, a, a marginal step back this year, I think, because of just what they graduate. And yet, they're definitely going to be in the top 10. You just kind of like set your watch by them. That's what makes 6A so interesting, I think, is how well do you navigate those nuances of a relatively stratified classification, especially in the second year of an alignment like this? I think what also is fun is is you have that group of blue bloods, bloods but there's about five teams every year that kind of mm-hmm. push into that blue blood status that weren't in before, and maybe five teams get pushed out. Maybe it's just for a year, but you have five teams that kind of push, you know, and I think there's five or six teams that maybe aren't your traditional blue bloods that 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 could push into that that status. You know, we're, uh, Louisville, I don't think is blue blood yet, but I think Louisville could push into that. Mm-hmm. I think McKinney could push into that, mm-hmm. you know, just in the DFW area. Steele hasn't been in that status for a while. I think Steele is going to push into that blue blood status let me, this year. Let me let me throw another one out there. Did Vandegrift push into that blue blood status? Yeah, exactly. Vandegrift's another one. Yeah, exactly. So you have that. And I think in Houston, you you look in, especially in a, in a year where Katie may go Division One, somebody in Houston is going to win Division Two, Region Three. And make the state semifinals. So at least for a year, that team could be considered a blue blood. Is that Humble Summer Creek? Mm-hmm. Do they take the next step? Is is it a team like CE King who got to the regional finals at Fort Bend Hightower? So those are the kind mm-hmm. of things that 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 were there's always four or five that push into that top 20 discussion. North North Crowley was kind of that team last year that mm-hmm. kind of pushed into the into the discussion of, of being a blue blood with, with their great season. Um the number one team in in the state this year is the Duncanville Panthers. Um, they bring back uh, a, a lot from last year's state championship team. Um, l- well, let me put it to you this way. Number one right now is Duncanville. Number two is North Shore. 
We have seen them meet in a state championship game in four of the last five years. And they start the year number one and number two. We talked a little bit earlier in, in a previous podcast about how 5A Division Two feels like the most unpredictable bracket just because there's so many different variables in 5A Division Two. Is 6A Division One does is it the most foregone conclusion bracket? It's close. It's close to being a foregone conclusion. I mean, it would take a lot. It, it would take, I think, um, an, a serious injury to, and, and it, it really it didn't even prevent North Shore from getting there last year. North Shore lost their quarterback in week six, and still made it to the state championship state championship game. So I, I think it would take a serious injury or a rash of serious injuries to keep one of these two teams from playing for a state championship game. I, I just go back to these, both of the, you know, one of these yeah. teams. Yeah. Uh, Cause I go back to like, I think that like, obviously the, the North shore Duncanville state championship game was, was, was incredible, but I think the real, Oh my gosh, realization moment for me came in the semifinals between North shore and dunk, or I'm sorry, North shore and Westlake when North shore and Westlake played and pl- like, let's make no bones about it. That was a really good Westlake team with an elite defense and a ton of playmakers, right? A really, really fabulous football team. And North Shore was so clearly superior to them in what felt like every facet of the game with a backup quarterback. Yeah, it was it was a game that that I would say midway through the third quarter wasn't really in doubt anymore. Westlake hung around Westlake to their credit fought mm-hmm. and, and they, they kept it. They, they were kept it within shouting distance, but midway through the third quarter, I, I just looked, looked at, uh, I think I was at the Alamo dome and I was like, the game's over. North shore's going to win. Like, and it's, and I think they won by two touchdowns, you know, maybe yeah. Westlake got a, got a, you know, window dressing touchdown very late in the game, but that was a 49, 34. Yeah, and that and, and that was with a window dressing touchdown late in the game. So yeah, it, it was pretty impressive what North Shore did. They just ran Duncanville. It was their time last year, you know, and you have to give Reginald Samples and the entire Duncanville staff and kids credit because they they got over the hump. And say what you yeah. want about what North Shore didn't have, Duncanville got it done, and you have to give them credit. Because when you take a look, like to me, what that game did is it calcified the very top of 6A Division One for me. Uh, it is Duncanville and North Shore's world in the same way, kind of, that it used to be Allen's world, in the same way that at one time it used to be Lake Travis's world, right? It used to, like, there were there were these these eras, right, in 6A mm-hmm. football or the top top level of, of, of mm-hmm. high school football where those were the teams that were the final boss. And I think last year... Those semifinal wins, and, and for Duncanville, certainly, uh, you know, they Prosper was uh, the team they beat in the in the semifinals, and 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 they were a lot better than Prosper. Beat them bad, <laughs> beat them bad. But like, real bad. like basically, before they met one another, those two teams combined to play one close playoff game, and it was when Westfield gave Duncanville a run. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, like to me, that is that is the the real headline in six A Division One is the. Very clear, delineated, like right now there's two teams that are 
the kings of 6A Division One. Put them in whatever order you want. If you think North Shore is going to get revenge this year, I think you're within your rights. If you think Duncanville is going to run it back, I think you're within your rights. But we have to see somebody make them sweat before I'm willing to consider another team to to, to be there in Arlington. Maybe, you know, Westfield did make Duncanville sweat last year, but Westfield, and we'll talk about it, they got big questions, especially on the offensive side of the ball. And to beat Duncanville, you got to be a complete team because Duncanville is a complete football team. And you cannot be just a bit good defensive team and beat Duncanville. You got to be, that's why North Shore and Duncanville to me are, are they're, they're such, they're so well rounded and, and they're such mirror images of each other. It's, it's, it's literally the Spider Man meme. And talking, and I'll, uh, one more, one more thing on Duncanville North Shore. You go back and watch that game last year and go back and just watch the 6A Division II game between DeSoto and Vandergriff. And this is no disrespect to DeSoto and Vandergriff. North Shore and Duncanville are playing a different game than everybody else's. The level of speed, physicality, the the tackling, the it, it was a different level of football at, in that game than even in the 6A Division II game. It was it's just it's that you go down on the field during when those two teams are playing it, it's a war. It's it's just different. It's different than what anybody else in Texas is playing right now. So that brings us to 6A Division Two, and in 6A Division Two, our preseason preseason pick to win the uh, in the magazine is DeSoto to go back to back. There are, I think, a number of questions. Uh, not not necessarily about DeSoto. We can talk about them for a second. They they uh, they bring back a good amount from last year, six and six from from last year's state championship team, including the quarterback. In DJ Bailey. And we saw him at State 7-on-7. Seven seven, and I've said this on a number of different outlets, and I'll say it again. He's put on about 15 pounds of real good weight. Like, he's a grown-ass man right now. <laughs> yeah, and he can throw that thing, man. He his, his arm is, you know, are there questions about his height and how, how he'll translate to the college game? Yeah, probably. But I think Sam Houston's a great spot for him to, to, to get into the college game. And I guarantee if he if he kills it at Sam Houston, he's going to they're going to be the, the power power five type schools are going to are going to come call him before long. So great great landing spot for him. Um, I think he's a great high school quarterback. He's elite. He commands that DeSoto offense. But I thought that what made DeSoto special last year and what put them over the top was their commitment to running the football and being physical and not just being this finesse DeSoto team that everyone talks about. They really changed their identity and became a downhill running team behind Tiger riding in, in, in that big offensive line. And DeSoto's offensive line is going to be as good this year as it's been in quite some time. They're going to be, they're going to, they're going to rely on the running game, but that just makes Bailey even better because when he does throw the ball and those receivers are running, they're going to be running free because teams are going to have to put eight in the box to slow down the running game. It is a, uh, uh, when you take a look at six, eight division two, it's always the question for DeSoto, we do have questions, some questions about them. I think they start the year, in my opinion, as the rightful favorite in 6A Division Two. But the the mystery here is who's going to be there? Like, who's going to be in the 6A Division Two bracket? Uh, you know, one of the things that we were watching last year and we'll probably be watching this year again uh, is Westlake. Westlake is a team that that starts the year uh, right behind them at number four in our rankings. Last year, they went to 6A Division One. Uh, you take a look at the way that their uh, their enrollments uh, stack up. Westlake, uh, there is a there is a chance that they can go Division Two 
if a team like Austin Del Valley gets into the playoffs, uh, if like Travis, which we we would presume they're going to get into the playoffs, uh, things like that. But they would need Del Valley is the real critical, real critical team there. And, and they're down bad. I think that um, I would say Westlake is probably a strong bet to go Division One. But you look right next door, District Twenty Five. We were watching watching this till the very end. Vandergrift, there was a good chance Vandergrift could have slid over into Division One, you know, mm-hmm. because. You know, we were looking at looking at things, and we know that 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 Round Rock at thirty eight hundred is probably going to get into the playoffs. But w- really, what we were watching was Cedar Ridge and Maynard, because if if Maynard would have gotten the playoffs over Cedar Ridge, that would have pushed Vandergrift to Division One. Instead, Cedar Ridge got in, Vandergrift went Division Two, played for a state championship. So that's one of those districts that I think that you know, where Westlake's probably a long shot to go Division uh, Division Two. I think Vandergrift is. Probably, I'd say 65, 35 going Division Two, but that's thirty-five. That's a legitimate mm-hmm. possibility that Vanderbilt could go Division One. So that's that's more of a a viable possibility. And we one that we watched. I think I think that district came down to like a four-way tie for the last mm-hmm. playoff spot. And they had to go to like positive points or something. So that's another thing about six A is getting into the positive, negative points, and all that stuff is just wild. The other the other kind of elephant in the Division Two room, so to speak, is Katie. Katie, mm-hmm. uh, who starts the year uh, number five in our or number five in our rankings, uh, and brings back a good amount from last year's team, uh, including I think their offensive line is going to be really good. They bring back Seth Davis, the running back spot. They're going to be uh, no, I'm sorry, they don't bring back. So he graduated. That's right. He was he was very good, but they're gonna they're gonna have a running back. I am quite confident. Yeah, breaking news: Katie Katie yeah. will have a running back, and the fact that their offensive line is is pretty mm-hmm. experienced, they're they're going to be fine. They're, but it know, does they are the one. It does not. It does not take a lot to send them to Division One. Uh, no. They would need two of the following teams to get in to go to Division One: Katie Jordan, Katie Pato, Katie Taylor, Katie Morton Ranch, Katie Made Creek. So mm-hmm. they only need two of them. And by the way, right now, you take a look at like Pato. Kind of depends on how things break. Cinco Ranch is going. Cinco Ranch is the team that kind of sent them to Division Two last year. Mm-hmm. They are going to be. They lose a lot. From last year's young, young, young. Yeah, I, and my I know in our magazine we still have Katie going Division Two. We have Cinco getting in. I have it flipped. I think Pato gets in, and I think Katie goes Division One. And I think it's probably fifty fifty. Which talking to people in Houston, and especially specifically in Katie ISD, they think it's probably more likely Katie goes Division One than Division Two because Jordan, Jordan, everyone's pretty much assuming Jordan's going to be in the playoffs in year two with what they bring back. Pato's the one. Pato, after all they went through last year with with the with their head coach being arrested and all the off the field stuff, once David Hicks kind of settled in and and was named the head coach there at Pato, Pato played really well down the stretch, and I think people are really excited about them. They they kind of went back. They they tried to spread offense last year and tried to kind of go four and five wide. This doesn't fit their personality. When they kind of flipped to that defense and that downhill power running game that got them a state championship a couple of years ago, they they started playing really good football late in the year. Uh, so let's go. Let's go. Well, I don't really know how to do this. Are we just going to stink and go district by district? Let's go region by region, but kind of maybe touch. Yeah, yeah we'll, touch we'll see what we things. can do. So region yeah. region one. We'll go to region one. Uh, this is West Texas DFW, basically. So is what you're dealing with here. Uh, and the two teams that won the that that won the region last year uh, were Prosper and Denton Geyer. 
Prosper and Denton Geyer. They were that they that's I think deserving to start the the conversation there. Um, Den, let's start with Geyer. Geyer is a team that I think last year that lost to DeSoto. Um, I think that has huge ripple effects because that was I think last year was really supposed to be the year for Geyer. I really yeah. do. And and a lot of people picked Geyer to beat DeSoto, self included in that game. And you know, DeSoto came out and just just put it to him. I mean, they they raced out to a big lead at halftime. Geyer made it a game in the third quarter and made it interesting. And we were like, oh boy, here here comes the DeSoto collapse. Here we go. Yep. And Soto didn't collapse. They they held firm and got it done. So I think Geyer's going to be good, but I think they're in, they're in. You know, you can't lose a guy like Jackson Arnold and yep. Peyton Bowen. And expect to to be as good as you were last year. They're still going to have kids. They're still going to be be talented, but I just don't think they're going to be quite the the dynamo they were last year. I I think it's 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 telling that like we haven't really talked about how both state semifinals came out of the same district, right? District five six A, and neither of them were the team that you would think it was going to be, right? Uh, you know, it, one of one of them in Allen is the team that that you usually expect. I do think when I look at District Five Six A, I do still think that there's there's a we're going to talk about some other teams in, in Region One, but Five Six A still does look like the power nexus of Region One to me, uh, with at least three of the top six teams in the region probably there. Yeah, it's it's still the deepest region, especially at the top. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I do think there's a decent chance. You know, Mc, McKinney was real close last year. You know, McKinney mm-hmm. was probably the best fourth place team in the state last year and they they pushed they pushed allen and prosper to the limit last year guyer beat him but not i was at that game uh and guyer beat him but it wasn't like just this romp mckinney hung around in that game for a while and kept it you never felt guyer was always in control but you never felt like mckinney was out of it either so you know i think you got you got to install mckinney and, and guyer probably as the favorites prosper's got a lot of questions losing their coach losing a really good senior class three year starter quarterback can they continue to this momentum especially with the new high school the third high school in prosper opening up cutting into their depth and i think allen is going allen's going to be the really interesting team to watch cuz now we're in year 2 of lee wigginson's era he's actually had an off season to kind of do things but Big question mark at a really important position for Allen, the quarterback spot with the transfer of Mike Hawkins to Frisco Emerson. They had the kid from Nebraska move in who was all hyped on YouTube. You know, I'd heard he wasn't that, you know, I heard things weren't going that well. He he might not even win the job. He's gone to Oklahoma. Uh, So there's questions at quarterback there for Allen. I think, I think, I think Allen's going, going to rely heavily on their defense and their running game, but still a really good district. It's it's a really good district. And I'll, I'll say this. I know I, I mentioned this, I think, on TFT. Um, I think this is a really important year for Allen um, because it's it's strange to say, like, you go back to that 2018 state semifinal against Duncanville, and that really does feel like a changing of the guard in DFW because DF, Allen was the big bad wolf. Allen was the team in DFW you had to get through, right? And then Duncanville slayed them. And since then, it's been Duncanville's world. Yeah. Uh, now, now they're That's, different regions. Torch obviously. got passed in that game. That that was a passing of the torch game for sure. And and I I I'll just say this: I don't think people fear Allen anymore. No, they've all all the mystique about Allen's gone. They've they've lost games at home. They've 
lost district games, and they lost in the first round of the playoffs last year. Like yeah. like people forget they got Allen got beat in by district by Louisville, and got beat pretty handily. So mm-hmm. that that must that 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 aura and mythical that a doesn't really carry the same uh, same you know majesty that it did, that it did at one point. But they're still good, and and they're still a team to keep an eye on. And if you say Allen's the fourth best team in that district, that's a really good district. The the real uh, if you're interested, the number one ranked team in uh, in Region One is the South Lake Carroll Dragons, um, who bring back uh, a, a fair amount from last year's regional regional finalists. They have a towering quarterback in Graham Knowles, mm-hmm, who's mm-hmm. like I think he's like six six. He's huge. Um, yeah. They've got a great receiver in Jordan in in uh, in Josh uh, Josh Jordan Jordan Jacob Jordan uh, Jacob Jordan Jacob, Jacob, Jacob Jordan, Jordan yeah uh, they're going to be good up front um, I think it's I think once again it's kind of rinse and repeat I think South Lake Carroll is going to be once again very good my question is going to be they do lose Owen Allen who was so important to what they do how do they replace his his production, as well as I think they're gonna, they're they need to find some depth on on the on the defensive side as well. I think the guy that they were hoping was a, that was going to replace Owen Allen was Riley Wormley, the transfer from Colleyville Heritage. He was ruled ineligible a couple of days ago by the UIL, so they're not going to have him. Which means I think they're going to put a lot of the offenses offense on Graham Knowles' shoulders. Last year, Knowles came in mid mid season when their other quarterback got hurt. I can't remember his name. The kid, the guy, he went to Wyoming. Hayden Anderson. Yeah, yeah. When he got hurt. Knowles took over as a sophomore, and they kind of spoon-fed the offense to him a little bit and kind of relied on the Owen Allen. Well, now Knowles has played seven, eight games, mm-hmm. and I think they're going to let him kind of let it rip and rely a little bit more on the passing game. There were questions about Southlake whether they were going to go D1 or D2 last year. There still could be that that same scenario, but I think with Fossil Ridge probably being down this year, it's much more likely I think Southlake's probably – I, I don't want to say locked in the D2 bracket, but I would say kind of like Westlake, I'd say 85%, 90% they're going to go the Division II route. Um, one team that is not going to have trouble scoring, and this is not this is not necessarily a hot take, uh, I think Louisville's going to score. Uh, Louisville, Louisville has got some offensive firepower. We were talking about uh, Veer and Ellison, the running back, Lamar Kirby at the wide receiver spot, Jaden Hardy, who's such a two-way star for them. Mm-hmm. I think... They do lose eight starters defensively, um, but Louisville, I Louisville has like everyone's second favorite team written all over it as like, oh, they're just going to play wild ass games every week. Yeah, I, I think Louisville for me is the favorite on the Division One side in Region One. They got to the regional final last year, went twelve and two, lost a close game to Prosper. They bring a lot back on offense. I don't worry much about the Farmers playing good defense. That they're they're talented, physical big enough up front to, to they'll, they'll replace those guys. And I think be just fine on the defensive side of the ball. They're going to be really fun on offense and really dynamic. And you talk about the depth. This is a school with well over 4,000 kids. They're going to, they've got the depth, especially in the trenches that I think separates them from the rest of the pack. there in region one in the division one side of things. Last year's kind of, we mentioned them kind of their Cinderella in, in, or kind of, I wouldn't say Cinderella because it became apparent that they were going to be pretty good pretty early, but North Crowley, um, is a team that um, uh, quite a debut for Ray Gates there. Um, they do bring back six starters, but they got hit pretty hard. I don't think that really tells the whole story. I think they got hit pretty hard by graduate. I think that was a pretty special senior class. And so I am 
cautiously optimistic about North Crowley, but I could also see them just taking a step back simply because I think that that was a pretty special group of seniors who bought in really early. What's going to tell North Crowley has got the skill kids. They got the quarterback back. They've got the the receivers. They got the defensive backs. They got to replace guys in the trenches. You know, most of their offensive line graduated. They lost a linebacker who who signed with the University of Texas is Samaje Burrell. They're going to replace those guys kind of up front. Those guys you don't hear about. The, all the all the headline guys are back for North Crowley, but the trenches are what's going to tell the tale. And I think North Crowley is this year's South Lake Carroll. I think it's going to be really interesting to see because North Crowley could go D1 or D2. The team to watch in District 3 6A is LD Bell. Mm -hmm. LD Bell went um, six and four last year. Uh, TJ Dibble's done a great job at his alma mater getting that program turned around. If if you assume that Euless Trinity makes the playoffs, which wasn't a a given last year, but I think Trinity is going to be better this year. Bell took Trinity to overtime last year and lost. A lot of people think Bell could be better this year with eight starters back on defense. If Bell and Trinity get into the playoffs, that pushes North Crowley into Division Two, which makes, mm-hmm. I think, the Division Two bracket all really intriguing because you've already got some teams like South Lake Carroll, Highland Park, um, McKinney, um, Geyer, Byron Nelson that are locked into Division Two. So now you add in North Crowley into that mix, and that Region One Division Two bracket becomes a meat grinder. Highland Park is going to be really young, but they, they're always super senior heavy. So I don't necessarily like put a ton of stock into that. Uh, do you know they graduated 70, 70 seniors? It's just every year. I bet if you went back and looked, they would have 60 plus seniors. It's just, you know, Highland Park every year is going to lose about 60 seniors. They're going to have like two starters back on both sides of the ball. And we're going to turn around and, and they're going to like the, be 10 and 0. They're like the stormtroopers. They just come out and they just, they, they go out and go 10 and 0 and, and yeah. death taxes in the Scots. Yeah, they're going to be the yeah, the the Scots find a way as a as a man once said. Um, a great man uh, once said at one point. Uh, Arlington Martin is fascinating to me. Um, uh, a new coach there taking over with Bob Wager's uh, departure. This is a, a a a Martin team that I do think is going to be really interesting. I think they're going to be able to run the ball pretty well. I think their offensive line has a chance to be pretty good. Um, there's a lot of pieces about this Martin team that I like. Uh, specifically, uh, I, I really like the offensive line. I think Kanye Frazier, their running back, has an opportunity to be really, really talented or really good. But I also think th- if you want to see a team whose identity was largely wrapped up in the way that their coach did business in Bob Wager... I'm interested. I think this could be a real shift in the way that in what Arlington Martin looks like this year. I think they could be really different, even though they promote from within, right? They did. They did promote the offensive coordinator, Chad Revis. I, I I could see them being really different, though. Hot take. I think they're going to be down. Mm. I think they're going to be down this year. I mean, it's not a super hot take, but I, th- I think I expect Martin to take a step back this year. And I don't think they're really a team that's going to be in that region one discussion in division one as far as one of the best teams i think i think they're 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 probably a very limited ceiling you know first or second round third third round might be their ceiling this year i I just don't see it all right and now i would like to present to you the official region one greg tepper mystery box team matt step let's talk about the byron nelson bobcats Okay. okay they are a complete mystery to me because they bring back every starter on defense, 11 starters. They were turbo young defensively. 
And so they should bring back a ton from that 335 defense. They've got they have a certified stud in David Cabongo and in the mm-hmm. secondary. He's a superstar. Bet they use him on offense some this year, too. Oh, yeah. And yeah. yet they are losing QB1 and like one of the what did he lead the state in passing? Jake Wilson? He was up there. He had to be up there. Or he he didn't leave the state because Armando Lewin did. Shout out. Yeah, to but I, he was up there. Yeah, he was he was probably top five at worst. He might have led six a. So what do you like? They are such a miss. They I could see Byron Nelson winning the region, and I could also see Byron Nelson just like not figuring it out offensively and go like you know seven and four. So Byron Nelson, it's just seven on seven. They looked good in seven on seven. They looked they looked really really stout. They're, I think they're going to be fine, and they're going to be right in that mix, kind of as a as a kind of second tier Region One team, you know, kind of that next level of you know teams that could sneak up and knock anybody off, but you know, probably a third round team, just depending on the bracket. Um, their JV was ten and zero last year. They're, they're, Travis Pride's done a great job at that program. They're just going to bring guys in. I, I think they're going to be fine. I think they're going to get challenged for that second spot by Eaton. They're just their their rival, Northwest ISD rival. I think Eaton's going to be really good this year. I think it's gonna be a fun battle for for two three in District Four. Uh, do you see a team out west making a push? Um, I think Midland Legacy probably looks like the best team, the team to beat in the Little Southwest Conference. Although I think Permian, I think that I think once again it's gonna be a really good game. Um, and then probably the best team in El Paso is probably Pebble Hills again. So I think, I think West Texas, I think they're stronger than usual. I think Legacy with Marcos Davila, three year starter mm-hmm. at quarterback. They just missed out on getting to the third round last year, losing uh, a close one to Keller. I think Legacy has a chance to push to the third round in Division One, especially if the bracket breaks right, which I think it could in Division One. Uh, Pebble Hills is a team that nobody's talking about. They lost to North Crowley by seven last year in the second round mm-hmm. of the playoffs. First off, they, they put it to Permian in the first round, beat them bad, and then played North Crowley tough, lost 49-42. to 42. Pebble Hills has Gael Ochoa, the quarterback. I believe he's committed to UTEP. Yep. They've got um, some really good skill talent around them. Um, I, I think Pebble Hills, seven starters back on offense. They can replace some holes on defense. They lost a really good linebacker, Bobby Deal. Um, I think I think Pebble Hills is a real kind of sleeper team that could also in Division One because if you think about it, North Crowley goes Division Two. The Division One bracket, especially in districts one, two, three, and four opens wide up that's the, that side of the bracket really opens up and, and you could get a couple of teams from west texas making deep runs i do think the team to watch in 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 uh, the little southwest conference besides legacy who i think starts as the favorite is friendship um they're really they bring back 17 starters from last year's team i think they're gonna have some playmakers keep an eye on friendship maybe to crash that party it's a little to watch do you have a do you have a region one sleeper you want to throw out there i, I cap pebble hills and midland legacy if you want me to get real deep i mean I mean, we'll let you talk about a, a certain team in red and black here in a second. Uh, but I think Richardson Burtner has a chance to really take a step forward this year and be dangerous and dynamic there in District 7. Keep an eye on Burtner. Yeah, Burtner's, Burtner's got a chance. Um, it pains me to say, uh, because uh, somebody we work with went there, I think Arlington could be a lot better. I think Arlington's on the rise. They bring back a lot from last year's team. I know they're really excited about about the Colts down there. Um, and then, and yeah, uh, obviously, Coppell is going to win the region. I think we all know this. Second year under 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 the the, the coaching regime, uh, yeah. Cowboy fight never dies. We know this. 
are are you are you gonna have to get a new meme this year with 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 you with Stringer Bell being you know now you're back up so now now what's what's the new meme? I've got so, I've got something cooking. Don't worry, uh, I'm, I'm in the lab. I'm in the lab. They open up okay. against Saxy. Uh, it's, a, it's gonna be a big game there for uh, for the the fighting the fighting Cowboys. Uh, don't let me down, Coach Wiley, because I've I've said a lot. Uh, <laughs> all right. On to Region 2 we go. Region 2 is where both state champions live, Duncanville DeSoto. We've talked at length about them. They're going to be really good. Spoiler alert. District 11 going to be really good. Matt Stepp, who's the third best team in District 11? Mansfield. Wow, really? Yeah, I think Waxahachie takes a step back. Waxahachie is going to be really young, talented, but really young. I think Mansfield, especially if Mansfield can replace some holes on defense, should, I think is the team, the, the number three team in District 11 this year. Wow. Yeah. I'm, you know, so Waxhatchee, if you don't know, Waxhatchee Ennis is going to be the, uh, the, the Bally Sports Southwest, uh, Texas football days game, uh, on, uh, on the opening Friday night of the year, uh, Battle of 287. And so, uh, I'm interested to see get 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 some eyes on Waxahachie. They're they're interesting to me. Coach, I, I think Coach Shane Tollison does an, an outstanding job down there, and I'm interested to see how kind of this is year two for him, right? In Waxahachie, year three. Yeah, year three, year three. So I'm interested to see if they can kind of take that leap. Had um, a great year last year. Went ten and three. You know, mm-hmm. lost to lost to Westfield by three points. Yeah. You know, Westfield pushed Duncanville in the regional final the next week. So the 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 interesting thing we always talk about about Region Two is Region Two is the crossover region. Like Region One is like DFW, a little bit of West Texas. Region Three is Houston, Houston, Houston. Region Four is Austin, San Antonio. But Region Two is you get both. It's the it's the the Houston versus DFW region. And so yeah, even a sprinkling of of Central Texas and yeah. North Austin in there too. So and so so who are in your from your perspective, we've talked a lot about the DFW teams here. Mm-hmm. Who are the Houston area teams that you have an eye on that could crash what has been a, a region two dominated by the DFW area? Uh, you know, I, obviously, you got to start with the Woodlands and Spring Westfield, especially the Woodlands. They got a stud transfer in from Arkansas, Keandre Baker, um, committed to Penn State at running back. Um, they've already got maybe Mattower, the Wisconsin committed quarterback. They've got Quanell Farrakhan Jr. out wide. The Woodlands has kind of their version of the triplets. They're going to be really good. Their offensive line is going to be really big. Question for the Woodlands is on the defensive side of the ball. Can they get it done? Westfield, the questions are the opposite. Westfield's loaded on defense. They're going to be really, really good defensively. But they have a big question at quarterback. P.J. Hatter has graduated. They've still got the good running back, the good offensive line, but they've got a major, major question mark at the quarterback spot. The team that to me that's the most complete in the Houston area going into the season, I like Klein Collins. Mm-hmm. I look at Klein Collins on paper, 10 and 2 last year, seven starters back on both sides of the ball. That's the team that I'm really watching that could kind of crash that party in division 1 and maybe be the team that's the chief challenger to Duncanville from the Houston area. I totally agree with you. I I I am in on Klein Collins. Tucker Parks, their quarterback, I think he was I think he gets overlooked a lot, um, and maybe because they just didn't make that super deep playoff run. And yeah. uh, but like, and because uh, in the Houston area, it's really hard to get noticed with like all the noise of the big like blue blue bloods. But I think Tucker Parks is a star, and I think you're right. I'm in on Adrian Mitchell's squad there, Klein Collins. I think they're going to be really. I think they're going to be really talented. You know, Westfield is interesting. Uh, one of the things that I always appreciate about Westfield, why I think they are such a, and why I don't think that the close call against Duncanville is a fluke. 
I think they're one of the very few teams in 6A who can match up with those big boys in the trenches and who can win up front. And that's what Westfield does so well. And like part of that is just talent. Like they've got playmakers. But I also think that that, like there's something to be said about that. That's their identity. That's like what they're all about is we're going to knock you in the mouth and we're going to we're not going to be scared of you. And they're going to be able to beat. They're going to be good up front. They're going to run the ball well. I mean, I'm not here to tell you they're going to beat Duncanville. What I'm here to tell you is that last year, that scare is not an accident. Like that's, 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 that's a, that's a symptom, not a bug. Yeah. And you look at West Westfield and Collins that, you know, they played Collins went 10 and two last year because they had to play Westfield in the second round and lost 40, 41 to 38. Great game lost by three points. So this kind of tells you, then you see, see Westfield, what they did getting to the regional final against Duncanville. But, you know, there, there's those two teams, I think, and, and it's funny, they're basically on the same street in Houston, just on opposite sides of I-45. That's a kind of a, a rivalry that doesn't take place much because they don't play. They're not the same district, but they're all those kids know each other well. It's it's a game that I think could have major implications on the Region 2 race. And I think the winner, if they play again in the second round, the winner is probably the team that's probably going to get to face Duncanville in the regional final. Because I think the Woodlands, because the way the bracket breaks – it's probably going to get Duncanville in round three. Rockwall fascinates me. They start the year as our favorite in District 10, um, and I think for good reason. But I think with Rockwall, the thing that we always talk about with them is kind of like, okay, who's your quarterback? Like, I think because they've just established themselves as like, they're, they are a quarterback cool. factory. They put out great mm-hmm. quarterbacks every year. Their offense is really fun, and it gets cooking. Last year, they found a guy in Lake Bennett who who I think went to A&M Commerce, which is a really nice gift for Commerce. He was a, he was yeah. a playmaker for them. Um, they got a guy in Mason Marshall they like. He started three years, three games last year. Part of this is like we have to understand like we – okay, with Katie, we, like, we, we know they're going to have a running back. We're confident they're going to have a running back. We may we may have to get to that point with Rockwall and quarterbacks. Like Lake Travis yeah. and quarterbacks is that same way. Westlake and quarterbacks is that same way. We may have to get to that point with Rockwall. Maybe we're there. It's just not a known commodity at this moment. Yeah. I'm a little I I I'm not as high on Rockwall as everyone else, partly because I think there's another team in that district who's making a, a quick rise. And that's Mesquite Horn. Mm-hmm. Mesquite Horn gave Rockwall all they wanted last year, and Mesquite Horn was really a year early. I think this is the year Mesquite Horn really expects to be challenging Rockwall for that district championship and, and you know, kind of being the team that, that kind of pushes Rockwall aside. So I'm really interested in that district because of the, the race at the top between uh, Mesquite Horn and Rockwall. Obviously, Rockwall Heath, very tumultuous offseason. Rodney Webb is there. To, great hire to stabilize things mm-hmm. there for Rockwall ISD and, and all, the, all the, the, the drama that they had at Heath this offseason. But it's going to take them – probably a year to kind of get it going, especially because Rockwall Heath didn't have an off season for a couple of months there. They were behind the eight ball already. Um, I, I think Mesquite Horn takes down Rockwall this year. Blind Kane um, has got some star power. Like Gibson Pyle is like a, a four or five star offensive lineman. Um, uh, Blaine Bullard, et cetera. But they like the thing I can't get up, get over about Klein Kane is like they're going to go. I think they're locked into D one. He said confidently without looking it up. Uh, yeah, they're locked into D one. They're, the they're the biggest school biggest, in the district. Yeah, biggest school in the district. Um, and so they are, uh, like they are locked into. I'm fairly certain. Yeah, like they're going to get a second round date with the Woodlands. And last year it didn't go well. 
And I also think they're not going to be as explosive as they were last year. So that kind of, that's what gives me hesitation to like put them up in that, that kind of contender list is that like the playoff path does not behoove them unless there's just something we're not seeing right now. I agree. I I think they're going to be good, but I I don't see them amongst the elite. They're they're And it's kind of like saying I'm, I'm that way about Cy Ranch. Cy Ranch is going to be good. Can't put them among the elite. I just don't think the playoff path and what they have coming back uh, really kind of justifies Cy Ranch being in that elite tier. I think they're kind of a, a second-tier kind of team there, there in Region 2. Last year, we had a team from Central Texas that kind of rose up through the ranks and made it all the way to the regional final in, in Harker Heights. I think that team this year is Pflugerville-Weiss. Mm. I think if you're looking for a team outside of Dallas or Houston that's going to be kind of that that challenger I think it's Pflugerville Weiss. You go back and look at that first round playoff game against DeSoto last year on the road in DeSoto. Weiss went toe to toe with DeSoto for about three quarters before DeSoto kind of hit that next level, hit the jets and and pulled away late. You know, Vernon Hughes, I'm big Vernon Hughes guy. Weiss is loaded with talent. They they can match up with DeSoto in in a lot of the areas in the skill positions. Keep an eye on Pflugerville Weiss. Um. I, I I am a fan of Spring Decaney. I would like to buy a little bit of stock in Spring Decaney. I think they've got an opportunity to make. Uh, they've got like their top end talent is really really something else. A uh, Christian Nuosu and and Tuna Kynes, like they've got some dudes on that team. If they can put it all together, like they're going to be explosive. But they're going to be they're still a small six A team, and so some depth may be a bit of a concern. Um, Conroe Oakridge, Conroe Oakridge, yeah. I believe has two kids committed to Georgia. That's crazy. <laughs> Not a lot else around it, but they, they, their front-end talent is loaded. And we didn't even talk about Willis. They had probably the best yeah. quarterback in the region and the number one quarterback in the state in our rankings in DJ Lagway. Yeah, yeah. There, I mean, there's there's playmakers to be had in Region 2 that if you're only looking at the top of Duncanville and DeSoto, uh, you're miss, really missing the point. And then, Matt Step, watch this. Here's what I'm going to do. <clears throat> the sleeper here in Region 2 is Tomball. The sleeper here in Region 2 is Tomball. Watch out for Tomball. Do not sleep on the Cougars of Tomball. Have you heard the good news about the Cougars of Tomball? Because every year, the last two years. We don't talk about them, and then they're they're freaking playing on Thanksgiving. Now, two years ago, they were playing in the state semi. Tomball was in a state semifinal two years ago. And last year, they lost to DeSoto in the third round. But still, they got to the third round. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, I think they're going to be pretty good. Uh, they have some holes to fill offensively. Uh, they do have quarterback back in Carter Noyce, uh, but um, that they, they bring back I think nine starters on defense. They're going to be, be good defensively. Good. Yeah. Tomball is like they're, you know, depending on how Division Two shakes out, like they could be in that mix. And we have learned that you tout the Cougars at your own peril. If you're in Region Two, you just got in Division Two. You got to hope Tomball doesn't make the playoffs. You got to hope they lose a district yeah. and don't because they get in the playoffs. They're probably going to win a couple of games. Yeah, you got to you got to bury them because that's this is what they do. Um, the only district I think we haven't touched on here is District Nine. Um, uh, this is the kind of East Dallas region or district. Wiley, Wiley East, uh, Name and Forest. I think Wiley East is probably the best of the bunch. Um, I'm not, but the, I think one of the problems is I think that district 10 is going to be superior to them. And so I think it's going to be a tough first round draw, uh, for whoever comes out of there. But I would say probably right now, Wiley East, uh, with, especially on the defensive side, probably looks like the best, the best team in district nine. I agree. Yeah. Okay. 
That wraps up the left side of the bracket. On to the right side of the bracket, Matthew, and up to region three. We go. You know, like, do you have friends who call it like the top and bottom side of the bracket? Mm, once the playoffs come out, yeah. yeah. You know, you know who you know who does that? Craig Way does that. Well, if Craig Way does it, then it's right. No, I I can't get on board with that. I can't. I know. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. The the right side of the bracket is the Houston region. Um, we should probably talk a little bit about North Shore. Uh, about we talk kind of big picture stuff about them, but we should probably get a little bit more granular because, like, we haven't uh, like mentioned like the big headline, which is uh, uh, John Kay's not going to coach him. Uh, no. Willie Ga- yeah. Willie Gaston promoted from offensive coordinator. Uh, but this I this feels a lot like Alito promoting Robbie Jones. I don't feel like they're gonna you're not gonna no. i don't think you're gonna notice honestly no i don't think so either willie gaston's been he's been head coach and waiting basically he's been running a lot of things you know coach k prepared him well for this north shore is gonna be fine i, I wouldn't you know right now think too much too much of, of it I, I don't think they're gonna look any different uh i do think you know one of the questions is gonna be not questions because we think it's it's gonna happen um they are they will bring back Caleb Bailey, the quarterback spot. He should be back and healthy after missing essentially what ended up being about half the year for them, half the season. Yeah, I think week six or week seven, he yeah. went down. Yeah. Um, touchdown but, Dave did a great job. We're gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna miss Touchdown Dave at the high school level, but I'm sure he's gonna do a great thing to ETSA. Um, so uh, like I'm not like I do think they've got some playmakers around them. Christopher Barnes, Terrence Guillory, DeAndre Hardman. Um the defense the defense probably lacks that thumper that superstar but mm-hmm. we've probably just been spoiled about north shore recently i think if there's a question about north shore it's on the defensive line they graduated some good defensive line their secondary might be the best in the state and that's mm-hmm. hard stop might they might have the best group of bbs in texas offensively their skill talent you know you talk about chris barnes committed to the unt um, Paris Guillory, DeAndre Hardeman. They're adding in Dion DeBlanc, the transfer from Alden Eisenhower, who's a four-star commit or recruit uh, who was ineligible last year. You add him to the mix with Caleb Bailey is going to have some weapons to, to to move the ball. And Bailey, I thought was what made Bailey so good last year is he he really opened it up with his running ability last year and gave North Shore a dynamic dimension on the on the off on that offensive side of the ball. I think if there's a question, it's going to be on the defensive line, but. North Shore tends to find guys who can play defense, so not super concerned. The one of probably there, you know, as has been the case the past couple of years, the biggest challenge from within their own region is probably coming from within their own district. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's probably, I mean, Atascacita has been that team, right? And we've kind of been waiting for them to get over the hump. Part the problem is that like their best years have come at the same time that North Shore has been peaking. Yeah, yeah, it's been bad luck for Atascosita. They're loaded. Zion yeah. Brown's back for his third years. Zion Brown took over midway through his sophomore year. He's back. Corey Blaylock is an outstanding running back. They've got uh, a transfer, a wide receiver, Jelani Watkins, the LSU commit, transferred in from Klein Klein Forest. He's going to be eligible. They're going to be dynamic offensively. The question for Tasquasita is, other than Braylon Conley at corner, they've got a lot of holes to fill, um, especially on the front seven as well. Losing the big D tackle, uh, Samu, uh, who signed with Texas A&M, got to replace a lot of guys in the front seven. So Tasquasita's weaknesses mirror North Shore's weaknesses a little bit. And if that happens, I give the edge to North Shore, obviously. 
that's the thing is is that they've just they just haven't been uh in like the they just have not been in the position to break through the the you know that North Shore team especially when they get to the playoffs has been the big the big issue for them. Um, staying in District Twenty One Six A while we while we wrap it up, you mentioned Summer Creek, and I would like to buy a little bit of stock in Summer Creek as well. The numbers are not overwhelming with like they, I think they've only got like eight starters back uh, from last yeah. year's team, but I think that they are if it's possible to be a really impressive inexperienced team i think it's them because the the players they've got coming back lloyd avant that running back uh xavier atkins who who's a a four-star linebacker an lsu committee who transferred in from from louisiana that's Uh, the big thing he doesn't count as a returning starter but guess what he's it's almost me plug him right in and and you've got a instantly better defense they're going to be shocking in the front seven and that is really where you've got to win in 216A is you've got to be good up front and they're going to be really good up front. I agree. They're they're going to be they're going to be good up front and they're going to be able to run the ball. Lloyd Avant, they're they're running back on the offensive side of the ball. I think he's committed to Tulsa right now. Um that's the strength for Summer Creek. They're going to be good on the front seven. Stop they're going to stop the run and they're going to be able to run the football. And I think if uh, you go division 2, yeah, especially if Katie is out of there, I think that's a good formula for success come playoff time. Uh, speaking of Katie, uh, Gary Joseph uh, is two hundred and fifty-five and twenty-four in his career. So that seems good. That seems that seems pretty okay. good. Seems yeah. okay. and yet and yet doesn't get the big turkey leg at Thanksgiving this year. <laughs> no, he didn't play for a state championship. His 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 son played for the state championship last year. This Katie lost to uh, Vandegrift there in the in the regional Man. final. K- Katie's a team to watch this year because of what we talked about the the possibility of them going flipping into Division One. Yeah. Katie, if Katie goes to Division Two, you're basically rubber stamping them into a state semifinal. Mm-hmm. If they go Division One, you're basically saying we're going to see Katie North Shore in round three, hopefully at NRG Stadium in some kind of triple header, um, which I'll go to, um, and it opens up. The Division Two side, I mean, that, that's the you know, when, when Katie goes Division Two, that's when you get Katie Taylor, Beaumont Westbrook yes. winning Region Region Three, and just kind of going, oh, look at these guys, they're in the state semifinals. The um the other other teams in Region Three, and and by the way, Katie's going to be really good, especially up front. They're going to be good. They're going to be good in the secondary, and then the new running back is going to be a guy, Chase Johnsy, is going to be the name to know there. He's supposed to be yeah. the new bell cow back for Katie. He so. was the, he played fullback last year. I, I think he's going to probably slide a tailback and get... they got a couple of young running backs also, and then, so if those young running backs come along, I think he moved Johnsy back to the fullback position in their I-formation offense, and Johnsy's also a great receiver out of the backfield as well. What's our feeling on Cy Fair? I feel like last year was a little bit underwhelming, losing in the second round to to Cinco Ranch. Um, uh, they they look like a team that you know again they're they're going to go to the Division Two, they're going to go Division One, which is problematic because you'll have to run into North Shore at, at at some point. But this does look like the kind of team that. You know, we 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 think Jeff Miller's a ball coach and Jack. He's twenty seven and eight in his three years there. Like, let's not forget how good he's been. Um, but they lose they lose a running back. They do bring back a quarter a quarterback and Trey Owens. Um, I don't know. I think you could talk me into Cypher. Um, I think I just need. I think what I need to see is that defense, which is still to replace seven starters. I think I need to see them kind of like before I'm willing to buy in whole hog. 
I'm a big Cy Fair guy. I, I I think Cy Fair is gonna be really good this year. They got a lot of guys who are three and three year starters that are that are back, including Trey Owens, who's committed to Texas. He's kind of the tech Longhorns quarterback in this class. Um, I do agree that that the the playoff path uh, is tough because of, because of being in Division One, but I think Cy Fair offensively is going to be really really dynamic, and I, I think if they can find you know a couple of play couple of guys to go Landon Rink, their D tackle is a stud, another big time uh, recruit. They got to find some guys to go around him. I think Cy Fair is going to be really good. The problem is the playoff bracket's going to break tough. If Katie goes Division One, we're looking at Cy Fair Katie in round two. Mm. That's tough. That means a really good team, much like with Klein Collins and Westfield in, in Region Two. Somebody really good is going to go home in the area round of the playoffs, and it's just the way those brackets sometimes break. And so I think Cy Fair could easily be eleven and zero going into that Katie game. Who is your? And I, I'm asking a rhetorical question. I know the answer to it because you posted it on TexasFootball.com for subscribers. Who do you have winning District Twenty? Uh, it feels like you've got two options here. You've got the team that won it mm-hmm. last year and the team that came up just a bit short. Uh, do you go with Ridgepoint or Hightower? I'm going with Hightower. The Shirley Hightower is the team to beat. I was at the Ridgepoint Hightower game last year. Hightower, who did not have Jeremy Payne, the TCU commit at running back in that game, had Ridgepoint dead to rights. And then Ridgepoint uh, just went off on special teams and pull, pull, kind of pulled a rabbit out of their hat. They returned a kickoff for a touchdown and a blocked field goal for a touchdown that kind of propelled them to the win. Um, I think this is Hightower's year. I think Hightower gets Ridgepoint. Um, Katie Tompkins is probably the chief challenger to um, uh, uh, probably the chief challenger to Katie in that region. But one of the things that's going to be really interesting about this is when you take like if you want to talk about hellacious like by district matchups, District 19 versus District 20 is you get some real bangers out of out of the gate. Like last year, we got Ridgepoint Cinco Ranch in the in in the first round. Is that right? Uh, Ridgepoint, no, Rich Ridgepoint Tompkins. Uh, Ridgepoint Tompkins, yeah. Ridgepoint Tompkins. It was a great game. Yeah, you get those right out of the shoot. I think the Tompkins has. I think they may might have the juice. I'm not saying they're going to beat Katie because Katie doesn't lose district games, but. I do think that they're the second best team in that district, and they've got a quarterback themselves in Wyatt Young that I know they really, really like. Yeah, he's a Rice commit. He's committed to Rice as an athlete. I think they're probably looking at him as a receiver at the next level. Great player. Caleb Blocker, their running back, is really good. They've got two really, really athletic, disruptive defensive ends, and uh, I'm going to butcher the name. It's Adua Akunde and um, uh, R.J. Olienka. Um, Nailed it. Really, really – yeah, I hope so. I'm actually going to call one of their games this year on Texan Live, so I'm hoping for a pronunciation guy, because I want to get that right. Um, Tompkins is going to be really good. Hey, it's not that long ago Tompkins beat Katie. 2020, mm-hmm. when Katie won the state championship, they didn't win their own district that year. Tompkins That's beat right. them in district play. So I don't think K- – Tompkins matches up well with Katie, and I don't think they fear Katie. A lot of the other Katie ISD mm-hmm. schools, it's 14 nothing as soon as Katie blows up the you know the inflatable. I guess they don't have an inflatable. They run through a sign, but – Fourteen nothing when Katie gets off the bus. It's not like that with Tompkins. Uh, and Tompkins does have the A and M commit Ashton Funk on the uh, at the tackle spot, who is a who's a monster as well. Um, elsewhere in Region Three, um, I am I am intrigued. I'd like to buy a little bit of stock in Dickinson. I feel like every year I just buy a little bit of stock in Dickinson because you never know when it's going to pop off. And 
I'm I'm intrigued this year specifically because I think that their secondary is going to be pretty good, and I know that they've mm-hmm. got a quarterback they like in this John Solomon. So I'm interested yeah. in the Gators of Dickinson. Um, and then you know we talked about District 21. Uh, let's not leave out C.E. King. Um, C.E. King was a regional finalist last year. You may remember and gave Teddy uh, a run, but they got hammered by graduation. They got wiped out by graduation. Could be a retooling year there for George uh, George Taylor's ball club there at CE King. A team that I'm intrigued by uh, is Pearland. Mm. This is kind of one. Pearland brings back ten starters on offense, ten, but they only got three back on defense. So BJ got in his uh, second year there at the helm. They went six and five last year. You expect Pearland to be a lot more comfortable in Coach Gott's system. Uh, 10 starters back on offense is really intriguing, but they got to deal with uh, a Shadow Creek in their own district. Uh, mm-hmm. to, and then, you know, a Pearland Dawson squad that's also going to be pretty good. So, District 20, you know, Pearland Dawson's the opposite. Pearland Dawson mm-hmm. only has four back on offense, but nine back on defense. So, that matchup between Pearland and Pearland Dawson should be fun uh, inside of 23 6A. The other, the other, uh, like team kind of you mentioned with, uh, with a little, like a lot coming back on one side and then a lot of questions on the other side. Um, I am Cy Falls is real or Clear Falls rather is really interesting. Clear Falls mm-hmm. um is 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 got a quarterback and landed vessel that they feel really good about and and, and good reason why. They've got big time offensive line led by Jude Andrews. They're gonna be good, but they got hit hard by the on defense by graduation. Yeah. And so it's them and it's Dickinson that are gonna be the two kind of duking it out for district twenty four. I think you cannot two- clear springs. You can't cl- count clear springs out as well. That, that's a good district. Twenty four yeah. six A at the top is really good. And then shout out to Joe Dale Carey there at Brazoswood. Got them completely turned around into the playoffs last year. That you know that they it did a heck of a job in 24-6A. Uh, I think there's two districts we haven't talked about. We'll mention them briefly. Uh, district 18, that's the Houston ISD district. Um, Lamar has won that district since time immemorial. Um, I do like Heights, though. I like Heights, Heights took down time. Lamar. Heights took Lamar down a couple of years ago, and, and the, Lamar kind of retook the crown. I think it's a two-horse race between those, those two. Heights got that crazy playoff win last year. Remember against Stratford? On that Saturday afternoon, I was I was at that game and they pulled it out through a through a forty yard touchdown pass in the last play of the game to win it. So two really good teams there in eighteen six a. And then finally, we we, we must mention District twenty two six a. Um, and and uh, this was the district that was won by Channel View last year, but I think the Channel View is going to be pretty new on the back end of the defense, which gives me a little bit of pause, and that. I wonder if Deer Park's not the favorite in District 22 6A. They are my favorite. I think Iowa State legend Austin Flynn there at Deer yes. Park with the Deer uh, gets get, he, they get the nod in 22 6A. Yeah. Uh, anything else in District in Region Three? I don't know. I'm looking no, up. I think we covered it. Yeah, so we covered. Uh, we touched on everybody. Yeah, I think that's about it. There's going to be a team here that makes us look silly because they're always this. Um, all right. Finally, to Region Four, and. <clears throat> I, I like we're just going to have this conversation until we don't need to have this conversation anymore. Um, is is there any reason to believe that Region Four will not be dominated again by Austin? Because Austin has been since, especially since they moved two districts over to to Region Four, they have been the dominant force in Region Four, mm-hmm. and San Antonio cannot break through. Um, Matt Step, putting you on the spot here on August tenth. Is this the year that San Antonio finally breaks through? Yes. <gasps> I think so. 
Uh, I think they do. San Antonio, they they made strides last year. Brennan beat Lake Travis in the regional semifinals last year. It wasn't Lake Travis-Westlake in the regional final last year. Mm -hmm. It was Brennan and Westlake. Now, Brennan got drilled by Westlake. But I, I think it's, this is in, – in Division One, especially, it's it's twofold. I think Westlake and Lake Travis are going to be down and have questions, and I'm big on Steele this year. I think this this junior class at Steele is is loaded. They played a ton of them as sophomores last year. They've got great – they returned 42 lettermen from last year's team. A lot of kids mm-hmm. got playing time. And they also got some big-time transfers who are all eligible – that are going to make a difference. Cibolo Steel, skill position-wise, mm-hmm. has the best group of skill kids top to bottom in all of Region 4. And they can go toe-to-toe with the big dogs in Dallas and Houston skill spots. The question for the Knights is, can their young guys on the offensive and defensive line mature? Mm-hmm. But Steel's loaded. It's, I mean, we're talking recruit Knicks are going to be all over Steel this year. Yes. Chad Warner, their quarterback, Royal Capel, their, their, their big-time wide receiver, he's going to be a star. Their secondary is going to be really good with Alvin Williamson Jr. and, and company. They're going to be real—they are loaded. Like, like this is the year for, for, for them if, if they're going to be, be able to break through. And you remember, they came with it—like, Brennan did beat Lake Travis. You remember— Steel had like was what I think it was twenty four twenty one was the final against like yeah like Travis had to kick a field goal like Travis kicked the field goal last play of the game to beat him yeah Steel secondary has two two kids committed to to Vanderbilt right now in Williamson and Dante Carter they got a transfer in from Austin LBJ and Christian Watson who's an elite corner as well they got um, who's got big time Division one offers they got Brandeis's freshman running back Jonathan Hatton. Who's already got he started at Brandeis last year as a freshman, already got division one offers. He's at Steel now. And then a kid from California, a military kid, Samuel Harris from San Diego, who's also moved in, who's got a bunch of division one offers from West Coast schools. Steel could have three division one running backs this year. So they're, they're plus two division one, like they're loaded, loaded at the skill spots. The Reigning regional champion in re- D- Division One for the past umpteen years has been the Westlake Chaparrales, and this is a really intriguing Westlake team because I'm not quite sure we know right now what their identity is going to be. Um, we know that they are. We we here's here's what's so interesting about them. Right now, if you looked at the roster and you looked at what they do well. I would say this is going to be a running team that tries to shorten games and keep their defense off the field. Really young on the defensive side of the ball. They've got some talent on offense with Paxton Land returning. Jack Kaiser, their running back's kind of their guy. Um, Heath McCree, the receiver, I believe he's committed to Houston. Um, yeah. I want to say really good. So Wesley's got some pieces on offense that, that can get the job done. A lot of questions on defense, but if you're a West, if you're looking at glass half full for Westlake, you're like, we got Tony Salazar, the dude's a defensive guru. He'll find a way to put a strong defense out on the field and, and keep us in the mix. And I think they'll be in the mix. I just don't think they're going to be as dynamic. And plus, offensively, people forget how they, they did have a really dynamic receiver in Jaden Greathouse last year. Replacing him is going to be tough. And I think Westlake's they got a good sophomore class, but those guys are sophomores. You're going to rely heavily on those guys to to get it done. That's why I think they take a step back this year. They they just like one of the things that that has me a little concerned is the, the wrong word. Like I'm not I'm never concerned about Westlake, but like you look look at the star power they graduated. Okay, 
Jaden Greathouse, Colton Vosek, uh, Will Courtney, TJ Shanahan, right? Keaton Kubeka, who was super underrated for them, right? Uh, Hunter Luke, they are the star power is gone. With the exception of Jack Kaiser, who's going to be great, right? I, 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 he's a star. I am, I don't know. This is, there's a chance this is a different looking Westlake team. And I'll also say this I think for the first time in a long time, the best team in Austin is neither of the teams in the Battle of the Lakes. I think it's a strong possibility Vandergriff's the best team in Austin this year because of what they have coming back, plus what they added through their own transfer uh, approvals, uh, getting the Adams twins uh, in Deuce and Eli uh, at quarterback and wide receiver. So now you've got Eli Adams and Miles Coleman at receiver. Um, really dynamic. They got a dynamic quarterback, and then they they added the big D tackle from Lake Travis, Jacob Henry, who transferred over this offseason, who's also eligible. So not only did Vandergriff get better, but Lake Travis probably got a little bit worse on that side of the ball because of that transfer. Yeah, because Lake Travis, you know, coming off of what can only be described as a very bad year by their standards, like seven and five is uh is is like panic time in Lake Travis. Now I do think they're gonna be better because they were pretty young. But they got to replace a quarterback, uh, and they've got, or rather, they're, they're going to have Caden Leon. That's right, because Bo yeah, Anderson was, Lee, was banged up. They they were yeah they, they they had injuries at quarterback last year. I think offensively they're going to they're going to rely more because Caden Leon's more of a running quarterback, and they've got mm-hmm. the 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 running back is back who had a great year last year. The name name escapes me right now. I'm um, vamping while while I glance at our magazine. The running back. Uh, yeah, I thought they had a guy. Um, Nico Hamilton, that's right. Nico, Nico Hamilton, Hamilton had a right. good year. He's back. They're going to be good on the offensive line. I think the defense has a lot of questions for Lake Travis, and that's that's where I think they, they're they probably not going to be as good. Even though they bring back seven starters, I just wasn't a big believer in their defense last year, and, and right now they're going to have to show it to me. The, the, the Steel is probably the team to beat in San Antonio. The second-best team in San Antonio is probably Brennan, but they lost – him they got like, wiped by graduation. Ashley both graduated. They, yeah. they were wiped out by graduation. Um, I'm really intrigued by San Antonio Reagan this year. Mm-hmm. Um, because Reagan brings back seven starters on both sides of the ball, and they add a, they, Brad Jackson from Side Creek, who started since a fr- his freshman year at Side Creek and put up huge numbers, transferred to San Antonio and is now at San Antonio Reagan. So what that does is Caleb Capuccio, who's Reagan's quarterback gets to move to his more natural position at receiver because now Brad Jackson is there to play quarterback. So Reagan is kind of the team that I'm really watching to be a fast riser uh, there out of the San Antonio area. And I'm interested, Judson, I'm really interested to see Mm -hmm. Mark Soto year two, what Judson looks like. I thought there was marked improvement from Judson last year. They got to the second round of the playoffs with, you know, five and seven is not Judson football, but I think one of those losses was a forfeit. I think they did show some signs of getting things turned around. So I think you're too interested to see what Judson looks like. Depending on what you think of um, Lake Travis, Tripping Springs is either the second or third best team in District 26-6A. Um, but they they got hit hard by graduation, not necessarily in the numbers, but in the impact. Because, I mean, Austin Novosad, there's a real argument to be made that he was the most important player for a team in 6A last. He did so much for them. Big, big growth in, in Dripping Springs. I think they're going to be fine. I think they, they're going to be – their numbers are, are 6 eight numbers in their program. But replacing a, a generational guy like Novosad is going to be tough. I still think Dripping Springs is going to be solidly in that, in that third spot probably in District 26 6 there. 
Uh, Round Rock is probably worth mentioning. Uh, they have their own coaching change, but they uh, they get Mason Cochran back for his senior year. He's a stud. I I, I yeah. love Mason. He's just eight seven on seven quarterback. Yeah, yes. a quarterback slash linebacker. Yeah. And he is, he's a stud. He's a lot of fun to watch. He's one of my favorite players in the state. And I think their offensive line has an opportunity to be pretty good as well. So uh, Round Rock, I think, is, is an interesting team to keep an eye on. Vandergrift's going to be the team to beat in District 25, but Round Rock, I don't mm-hmm. think it's super. I think they're, they're certainly second best team in that, in that region uh, or that district, rather. Uh, down in the Valley, um, District 32. It sure seems like it's San Benito or Harlingen, right? But I guess your mileage may vary. San Benito brings back more, but Harlingen got him last year. Yeah, that Battle of the Arroyo is always fun. It's it's fun when both those teams are good, and they were they were both really good last year. San Benito went eleven and two, Harlingen went twelve and one. I think they're the two best teams in the valley again this year. But I give the edge to San Benito, especially with the game being in San Benito this year. The. I don't know if I have necessarily a sleeper here in Region Four. Um, maybe they're a sleeper, but they were actually. I think. I think really a lot of it is that like people maybe didn't notice how good they were. But uh, I like San Antonio Warren a lot. Um, I think Warren has an opportunity. They were they were a very quiet eight and four last year. Mm-hmm, they bring mm-hmm. back Antonio Meza, their quarterback, who was a third, nearly thirty five hundred yard receiver or a quarterback. They've got a thousand yard receiver in Elijah Rilzoa coming back. Uh, I don't know. They're going to hump. They're going to they're going to be able to score. And I think they've got enough coming back on defense that I think in District twenty nine they are probably the favorite. Either of them or Harlan. Yeah, I, I mean Brennan's probably. The universal. Oh, Brennan, I'm win. sorry, Brennan. Brennan's I apologize. 29-6A is really good. Um, I, so yeah, I, I think Brennan, Harlan, and Warren are, are top three. Just mileage may vary either way, especially for second and third between uh, Warren and Harlan. Um, Reagan was kind of my my sleeper that I already mentioned, but if you're looking for another one, I'm, I'm going to go with uh, with a team that that's near and dear to my heart, led by the original Matt Step. He got that dog in him award winner. Ty Hawkins right. in the San Antonio Johnson Jaguars. Uh, solid year last year in T.P. Miller's first year. They go 7-4, and 6-2 and two in district. They bring back 11 starters, 5 on offense, 6 on defense. And, and on offense, they got the guy in, in Ty Hawkins. So um, he's going to be a junior this year. He's probably the best quarterback in the San Antonio area, already committed to TCU. Um, if you're looking for a, te- a sleeper, and it's hard to call them a sleeper, but they did go 7-4 and four last year. So I think they're probably my sleeper pick in, in Region 4. Um, I would also be interested in seeing if if um, if San Antonio Taft can continue this this heater that they've been on. Um, th- this is their last year. They were pretty they were pretty experienced. The next this year they're going to be less experienced. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. They they they've got a cor- another great quarterback named Johnny Lott, which is awesome. Um, I'm intrigued by I'm intrigued a little bit by Taft, and then kind of off the beaten path, if you want to say, like if you get down in District 30, the the uh, Laredo Eagle Pass district, Eagle Pass is probably the 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 favorite there, but I think Laredo United is going to take a nice step forward. Um, yeah, Atzel, Atzel Chavez is a guy that no one's probably outside of Laredo's heard of. He's committed to UTRGV. He's one of their first or second uh, ever commits. Atzel Chavez is a really really good quarterback. He's fun to watch. Yeah, I think he's going to I think they're going to be I think they're going to be significantly improved. They were five and six last year. I think that they are, um, you know, what they match up with District 29. Problem is they're going to go D1 and they're probably going to see 
Brendan in the first round. Is that right? Unless they get that number one seed. You know, for a long time, Laredo United was kind of the team of record in Laredo. They kind of taken a step back, but for Laredo United, the key is going to be getting that top seed and and avoiding Brennan in the first round. That's exactly right. Yeah. Anyway, there's a look at region four. All right, Matthew, it is now time to zoom all the way out. And this is this is interesting because you're you're gonna be kind of telling on yourself here uh in a lot of different ways. Um with your state championship picks, you're gonna go re- region by region in division one and division two. Uh give us your regional picks and your state champions for division one and division two. All right. We'll start in six A region one, division one. Uh my division one pick is Louisville to beat actually you just need the regional champion uh i got louisville louisville over prosper um and in in division two i got south lake carroll over north crowley okay uh you got north crowley you got to be clear you've got north crowley playing in division uh two this year correct yeah i have have ld bell getting into the playoffs pushing north crowley into the division uh one side again north crowley goes division division two side north crowley goes division one i could easily see them uh making a deep run yeah. Uh, in Region 2, Division 1, I have Duncanville over Mesquite Horn. And a little bit of a surprise, and that's just mm. simply because the bra- the way the bracket breaks, because I, I feel like, uh, you know, the Woodlands and Klein-Collins uh, would be on the on the top side of the bracket with Duncanville. So Duncanville, they're all going to beat each other before the regional final. Or Horn at the bottom side of the bracket, I think, has a little more favorable draw. Uh, in Division Two, I got DeSoto over Pflugerville Weiss. I think Weiss is that team that, like Colleen Harker Heights, gets on the bottom side of the bracket and just pushes all the way to the regional finals. So that's that's what I got there in uh, Region Two. Uh, in Region Three, in uh, Division One, uh, shocker, I got North Shore over Atascosita. Um, you know, I just feel like that's that's probably that feels like know, the chalkiest pick. Yeah, it's it's pretty chalky just because I think Kate, Katie, North Shore, and Cy Fair are all, are all on the same side of the bracket, so only one team's going to get out, which is kind of the, the, the logic there. And then um, in uh, in a sorry Division Two, uh, because Katie goes Division One, I, I have Humble Summer Creek over Fort Bend High Tower. In yeah, Division let's two. get weird. Yeah, which is. Like six A Division two Region three always gives us kind of a mystery box, mm-hmm. especially when when Katie uh, goes the division uh, Division one route, and then in Region four in Division one, um, I have Steel in an upset over Westlake, wow. uh, and then I've got in Division two I got Austin Vandergrift over Dripping Springs. Um, even though I think Dripping Springs is going to be down, I think that side of the bracket, the t- all the tough teams are on the top side of the bracket that would with Vandergrift who would all knock each other off. So that's my regional picks. Uh, do you need my state picks or do you want to give your regional picks first? Uh, I'll do my regional picks here real quick and then we can, uh, and then we can continue on. So region. Uh, so I'll go, I'll go six, a division one, six, a division one region one. I'm going with North Crowley. I think they bounce to the, I think they stay in the division one bracket and I think they win region one. I like North Crowley in region one region two. I like Duncanville shock region three. I like North shore. Also shock. Uh, and Region 4, you've almost talked me into steel. Um, I'm going to go with Westlake because I'm a wimp. But I'm uh, going to go with Westlake because I'm, I'm just – I'm not going to overthink You're going to be watching you, steel now. You're going to be watching steel, got, aren't you? You've got me really thinking about the, the Knights. Region 2 – or t- Division 2, rather. 
I think I like McKinney. They pushed South Lake last year. I think I like McKinney. Um, I, I, I just have questions about South Lake Carroll being a role place Owen Allen. That's what it comes down to. That's it. And and I think I like McKinney. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with McKinney. I like DeSoto in Region 2. I like Katie in Region th- No, I don't. Because I think they're going to go D1. I think I like Summer Creek in Region 3. Although I could also see, like, Clear Falls. I could also Shadow see... Creek. Shadow Creek. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of. I mean, that's if Shadow Creek goes D two. I mean, you like that's the thing. Division, divi- if Katie clears out of of region of Division two, then it's it is, it is hand to hand combat yeah. there. I mean, right. Let's put it this way: if if Division two, if Katie clears out of Division two, you know who we would have projected as the fifth best team in that region? Heights. Nice. Okay. Like. So I'm going to go with Summer Creek for now. And then Region 4, I'm going to go with Vandegrift to make it back to the state semifinals. So what are what are your state championship picks, Matthew? Uh, in Division 1, I'm going out on a big limb here. I got Duncanville versus North Shore. Uh-huh. But I'm picking North Shore to win it. Ooh, a little revenge. Going North Shore. Caleb Bailey, I think healthy Caleb Bailey puts North Shore over the top. Uh, in Division Two, I have a repeat as well. I have De- I have DeSoto versus Vandergrift, and I have a repeat. I think DeSoto takes down Vandergrift in a closer game this year, but I think DeSoto takes down Vandergrift for back-to-back state championships. Division One, I agree with you that we will get Duncanville North Shore Volume Five, mm-hmm. but I think Duncanville does it again. I think Duncanville gets the win. I just I have still I have questions for for North Shore on the defensive front, which are certainly going to get sorted out over the course of seventeen weeks. But I do think that I like Duncanville to repeat against uh, over there, and Division Two. I like a full repeat. I like DeSoto over Vandegrift. I do think it's closer though, because I think Vandegrift's going to be really good. But yeah. I like DeSoto over Vandegrift in a state championship there in Division Two, and there you have it, Matthew. Your 6A preview and the entire Texas high school football world previewed over the last five episodes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We did it. What have we done? With our Marathon. Life? We've we've given the people what they want, which is more tap and stuff. God. I got it so much. Uh, and our reward is we're not doing an episode next week. <laughs> That's right. We're, yeah, we're off. But the next episode. I know. We're going to preview week one. And let me tell you, it is a loaded Week one slate. It is, dude. I was doing. I mentioned this on on um, on Texas football today, but I'm doing my week one prep, and brother, we it's got loaded. some heaters. <laughs> week the game, one, the game draft will be fun. Game uh, will be fun. And, I, and I'll be back in Texas. I'll, I'll be back gazing at your handsome face uh, right across oh, the table I, from me on Monday, I, Monday, August twenty first. What we're gonna do is we're gonna do the Lady and the Tramp thing, uh, except it's gonna be country meets. That's what an awful visual that is! What an awful, awful visual! What a perfect way to end this this uh, this monstrosity of a podcast. Thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Text Football subscriber, Steph. Thanks for your courage. Thank you. We'll talk to you on week one on Tap and Steph. <laughs>